There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, hey, Waffle Gang. I do hope you are well. Just to give you a warning on today's story, this is a compilation video stories that we've covered in the past on this channel timestamps will be down in the description below and i'm doing this video today because i'm probably somewhere else right now stuffing my face with mince pies much love to you this story comes from gift 8321 who asks am i the asshole for allowing my wife to wear expensive jewelry to dinner and subsequently embarrassing my brother-in-law Throw away because my brother-in-law uses Reddit. For starters, I absolutely adore my wife. She's my rock and has been an infallible beacon of light for me this year. I lost my job at the beginning of the year and when things got tough, she buckled up, got a part-time job to help us stay afloat and didn't have a single negative thing to say about it all. I finally got back on my feet again and wanted to do something nice for my wife once things settled down. She's a classic girly girl and loves to dress up, go out, etc. We really cut back this year, so when our finances felt stable, I wanted to splurge on something special for her. I bought her a diamond necklace, nothing too extravagant, we just got out of financial straits and I'm not turning around and blowing money I don't have. It's just a single solitaire diamond that in my opinion was classy and elegant, but something she could wear on the daily. Cue to Thanksgiving dinner and my wife wears the necklace to dinner. Her sister-in-law, her brother's wife, I'll call her Mary, notices the necklace and compliments my wife on it. My wife happily tells her how it was a surprise and Mary agrees that it was a super sweet sentiment, compliments me on my choice and overall the family thought it was a nice gift, especially knowing that we went through hard times. A few days after dinner, I received a text message from the brother-in-law calling me an asshole for using Thanksgiving dinner to show off and make it all about me. He said that I shouldn't have let my wife wear such flashy jewelry to dinner and upstage everyone else, and that it was super selfish and conceited of us. I was stunned to be honest, because the necklace discussion only lasted several minutes, maybe five to 10, and the rest of the family only had nice things to say about it. They seem genuinely happy for me and my wife. I'm starting to feel like an asshole because it's true that the family isn't incredibly well off and something like my wife's necklace would have been something very luxurious. My brother-in-law says I'm now putting pressure on him to get his wife something extravagant for Christmas. On the other hand though, I don't feel like it's really my responsibility to care about how brother-in-law feels about the gift I got for my wife and that if he feels pressure, it's not on me. I don't know. Was I the asshole for talking about the gift during dinner? And as I said, we do have an update to this story as well. Now, of course, absolutely not the asshole. Your brother's clearly insecure about something. And it's clearly a nice necklace to be bringing up a few days after. And this is still on his mind. Maybe wife's still saying, wow, that was a really pretty necklace and throwing hints or something. But definitely not the asshole to me. And for him to be basically saying, 
You allowed her to wear the expensive jewelry too. Holy moly. You said your reasons for getting the necklace, that you appreciate the way she's dealt with everything. And you know, that's just showing your love towards her. And it's not like it was a big flavor flavor clock. It's just a nice diamond necklace. Holy moly. <laughs> but fake Mona Lisa says not the asshole. Your brother-in-law's insecurities aren't yours to manage. You bought a common, typical gift for your wife. Engineering Dry 7999 says not the arsehole. And lol at your brother-in-law for the whole let your wife comment. She's a grown-ass woman and can dress herself. Your brother-in-law is the arsehole and apparently a misogynistic one to boot. Letter. Eileen Left says not the arsehole. His response says a lot about him and nothing about you. He's protecting his insecurities and jealousies. Brilliant Youth 3688 says, not the asshole, brother-in-law is nuts. I'm not expecting a Porsche or Porsche <laughs> for Christmas because my sister-in-law just got one from her husband. You sound like a great couple. She worked harder when money was tight for you and you showed your appreciation with a surprise gift because she's a wonderful wife. Lady type person says, not the asshole, a lovely gift got lovely compliments at a recent gathering. You didn't roll into dinner with a big sign saying, hey, look at my wife's neck, lol. Odds are brother-in-law's wife has been after him before about giving crappy gifts and her compliments about your wife's necklace were really aimed at him. Now he's mad because he'll actually have to get her something decent this Christmas, lol. <laughs> and one more from I can quote the office too, who says, clearly you're the asshole. What? How could you not have the foresight and buy a diamond necklace for everyone that may see your wives, like it, and not be able to afford it themselves? If you buy nice jewelry, rule of thumb is buy at least 15 more to carry in your pockets in case someone else thinks it's nice and can't afford it. Why do you think rappers walk around with so many watches on? <laughs> Gotta say you had me there. But <laughs> let's move on to the update to see what that says. So, update. Thank you to everyone for giving me the confidence to move forward with the situation. There are a few questions in my last post regarding how my wife, brother-in-law and sister-in-law were involved in the situation that I wanted to shed some light on. Unfortunately, the outcome isn't the best. The first thing I wanted to clear up is that brother-in-law is, in fact, my wife's brother. Secondly, the allow comment regarding my wife's choice in dress was from my brother-in-law. I have no interest or power in dictating what my wife chooses to wear, regardless of the occasion. Thirdly, while I won't reveal the cost of the necklace, I can assure everyone that it was in a reasonable price range that definitely wouldn't turn any heads if worn out and running errands, but was still special enough to my wife and myself. I initially wanted to keep the text messages from my wife in fear that it would sour the sentiment behind the necklace, but we're not the type to keep secrets from each other. When she read the text, she was livid. I've never seen her so upset, especially at family. She immediately called her brother and just reamed him out for his insensitivity. We were on the phone together, but I didn't really pipe up once. They started arguing since I felt they should work it out as siblings. They got in a long argument and her brother said he was worried that she was going down a slippery slope of becoming a superficial bitch and that we shouldn't force our financial success on other people. That comment honestly shocked the both of us. Because while they weren't close growing up, he's never talked to her like that before. At that point, my wife told her brother that if he wasn't going to be happy for her, that she had one thoughtful treat from her husband after a really shitty year, then she had nothing to say to him. A few hours later, my wife did get a text from sister-in-law. Apparently, she also heard the conversation and was mortified. 
She at least reassured us that she was happy for our success after working so hard and she tried to talk some sense into her husband, brother-in-law. Regardless, my wife and I decided to spend Christmas without brother-in-law and his wife. We'll be doing it separately on Christmas Eve with her parents. At this point, there's just too much tension and I didn't want to risk brother-in-law ruining Christmas because I wouldn't put it past him to find gifts we get her family too luxurious and pitching a fit in response. Her parents are staying out of the situation for the time being, but okay with meeting us separately and I respect their decision. And this might make me the arsehole, but I'm going to take some advice from a few commenters and get my wife a nice matching bracelet for Christmas. Edits, I didn't include this before because my brother-in-law didn't concretely admit to anything, but my wife speculates that her brother's behavior is due to a competitive nature. She said that he's always loved winning, even as a child. During my rough patch, he started coming around to help out, but now I'm starting to feel like it just gave him some sort of twisted satisfaction to see me failing. And in some ways, as always, I look at it as a positive and a negative that you found out about someone and the way that they feel and etc, etc. I know it's got to be incredibly hard for OP, his wife and their family at the moment to see them fighting like this because the brother's insecure and he has some jealousy issues going on. And the way that he's speaking to his sister is absolutely disgusting, saying, you know, she's going down a slippery slope of becoming a superficial bitch and that they shouldn't force their success on others when, you know, they've had a really tough year behind them and now they're making progress in their lives again. And it gives me a chance to say one of my favorite quotes again. And I said it on, on one of One Topic's posts the other day when he asked, what's your favorite quote? And it's from a song called Sunscreen from Baz Luhrmann, I believe his name is. And if you haven't heard that song before, please go listen to it. Absolutely amazing. And it's, don't waste your time on jealousy. Sometimes you're ahead, sometimes you're behind. The race is long. And in the end, it's only with yourself. And I think that's an absolutely amazing quote. But if I was you, Get that matching bracelet, get yourself, like I said, a Flavor Flav clock and, you know, rock your life. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> what do you guys make of this one? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. What do you think about the update as well? What do you think OP should do? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to another story. And our next post comes from Dazzling Ruin 6979 who says, Am I the asshole for inserting myself into someone else's dinner situation? Throw away. I know the title is confusing, but hear me out. I went out to eat with my 34 female, boyfriend 35 male, and two other couples. For context, I'm a mother to a five-year-old, not my boyfriend's child. So two tables away was a new parent couple and what I can only assume was the guy's parents. I assume this because I was that girl when I first had my child. Out to dinner with your father's child and his family and baby is being fussy. You're struggling and no one is helping you. Baby's crying for about 15 minutes now, all while the father or no one else for that matter is offering her any help or a break so she can at least have a bite of her food that's been sitting there cold for about 30 minutes. I really just wanted, I really just wanted to run to grab the baby for a bit and tell her to eat. This is where I might have been an asshole. Baby's crying again, no one's paying attention and she goes to comfort baby and breastfeed. Well, all of a sudden, she's the center of attention. Baby's father says, what are you doing? That's disgusting, go to the stall in the bathroom. At this point, I lost it. My boyfriend was trying to calm me down, the entire time telling me it's none of my business, but I just went ham. I got up from my table, walked over and told him, if he found it so disgusting, why doesn't he go and eat his sandwich on the toilet? I said, she has been struggling, hasn't had a bite to eat at all, while the three of you sit there enjoying yourselves and letting her drown. And then I said loud enough that 
the tables around could hear that anyone who was offended by a woman breastfeeding needs to get checked because breasts weren't made for men to suck on for pleasure. They were made for feeding and that's exactly what she's doing. No one said anything, but she also didn't go to the bathroom and finish feeding her baby who calmed down and she was able to eat. My boyfriend is upset I caused a scene in front of some of his friends and everyone really at the restaurant, but I just couldn't sit back and watch and say nothing. So Reddit, am I the arsehole for inserting myself and yelling at strangers? Just some clarification after all the comments. I do agree and feel terrible that I could have put in a position to get yelled at later. That wasn't my intention. I saw red, mostly because I've been through exactly this and have gone home in tears and feeling alone. I would normally not get in anyone's business. I appreciate all your feedback and for sure next time I feel the urge to say something, I'm going to take a breath and find a better way to communicate that doesn't put anyone in danger or interrupt other people. My boyfriend is still not talking to me until I apologize because again, I embarrassed him, regardless of the reason. I feel like I should just send a text to his friends and keep it moving. And I went into OP's post history to see if they answered any of the questions. And there was only one real one. They replied to a lot of the positive ones saying thank you. But there was only one asking for info. From grizzlyasfuck93 who says, I don't know. I'm not absolving you of this. Maybe asking for some info. How did the mother feel about you calling the attention of the entire restaurant while she breastfed? OP reply said, she, not anyone at the table, said anything. I said what I said then went back and everything was chill. They were chill after that too. In the parking lot, as we were saying bye to my boyfriend's friends, the family walked out and she smiled at me as she walked by. The other members didn't seem upset or anything, if you can actually observe that from a parking lot walkthrough. But I really do hope I didn't get her into more trouble. That makes me feel terrible. But to review this post says not the arsehole, you waited, assessed the situation and responded accordingly. I think if anything, the fact that she continued to feed her child proved just how thankful she was for you blowing up on them. Yeetus Deletus Fetus says not the arsehole and good for you for standing up for that poor lady. There needs to be more people like you in the world. Anchovy Mac and Cheese says not the arsehole, your boyfriend is however. If he is more worried about causing a scene than sitting there and watching this poor woman struggle and get berated for feeding her baby, then he ought to be checked as well. God forbid you are ever in a situation where you are struggling. Would he rather you struggle than somebody defend you? You rock OP. There is a good amount of assholes in the story, but you are not one of them. Pookie Monster says not the asshole, and I think you are amazing. No, it wasn't any of your business, but it's important to stand up for people. It says a lot about your character. Good for you. Friend Lily says you're amazing for doing that. I bet she'll remember that forever. I know I would. Also, women should support and stick up for other women, which is exactly what you did. Super proud of you over here. And sorry, but your boyfriend sounds like public opinion is more important to him than doing what you feel is right. That's a problem. Your boyfriend's attitude and quiet complicity are how all these abusive status quos like systemic sexism and racism stay in place. Not the arsehole. Shadow Observer says everyone sucks here except the poor woman and your boyfriend. The rest of the table should have been helping with a baby so she could eat and breastfeeding should not be regulated to bathrooms. But you caused a scene that just as likely embarrassed a woman as was appreciated. And you get to waltz away from it, patting yourself on the back while she's stuck dealing with any aftermath from her husband and family. Whatever, whatever, one, two, three, five replies that saying, yeah, I can't believe people are applauding OP so hard. She has no idea about that woman's life and very likely embarrassed her. I would be mortified if someone did this to me. Not to mention she has no idea if she's putting her in danger. Super inappropriate to go about it this way. 
and Shadow Observer replies that one once again, saying, same, a complete stranger turning what might have been a small private tiff between me and my husband into a loud soapbox speech to an entire restaurant that causes everyone to stare at me while I'm postpartum and trying to breastfeed would probably be one of the most emotionally disruptive things to happen to me all week. And one more from the real Eleanor who says, you're the asshole, you made a crap ton of presumptions here. Was that actually daddy's baby? Maybe it was a brother or some sort of setup situation. Was it perhaps mama's parents there, family, friends? Mama felt comfortable enough to breastfeed at the restaurant. Did you even wait for her to defend herself or see if the comments were even upsetting her before making your opinion known? Did you even realize you drew more attention to the situation by storming over to the table and then loudly announcing that she had every right to breastfeed in public? Was she even hungry? Maybe she wasn't eating because she didn't like the food or had eaten ahead of time. I probably wouldn't want to go out to eat with you again if I were the one of said couple's friends. You were so focused on something going on two tables away. I feel like you would be one of those women that used to shame me for formula feeding my children because they made a lot of assumptions based on their preconceived notions of what was happening. Now, what do you guys make of this situation? There's a mixed bag of comments here. Let me know what you would do in that situation. Do you think Opie was right to get up and, you know, publicly blast the potential boyfriend? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to another story. And our next story comes from Ugh1875, who says, Am I the asshole for refusing to snow blow my neighbor's driveway for free? Neighbors, neighbors. I, 27 male, live next to this guy in his 80s, and he's honestly a nightmare, but he's old. So, like in 2015 or so, I told him I would snow blow his driveway for free. Two years ago, I got a puppy who admittedly barked a lot. However, we did a lot of training with him, and he hardly barks at all now. I know this because I work from home, so I'm always here. My dog will bark maybe once or twice per day for less than 10 seconds each time. And it's always during daylight hours, usually around noon. I always shut it down quickly. I'm close with all the other neighbors on my street and I've asked them if they think my dog barks too much. They've all said that he doesn't at all. As long as we've had my dog, my neighbor has complained about him and his complaints are rude. He has called us incompetent assholes and fucking losers over our dog. This summer, he told us that my relationship with him was no longer friendly and we were to be strictly neighbors for the rest of the time that we lived together. He even threatened to report us to the HOA to see if they would make me get rid of my dog. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't make me get rid of him, but that did really make me angry. Anyway, last night we got our first big snow of the season. Instead of snow blowing his driveway like I usually do, I snow blowed mine and went back inside. 20 minutes later, he texted me saying that he was going to breakfast with his friend and needed his driveway snow blowed so he could get out. I responded that I would no longer be doing his driveway for free. Since he had said that our relationship was no longer friendly, I offered to do his driveway for $200 or I said he could pay one of the kids that lived in the neighborhood. He got pissed and told me that he didn't have the time to coordinate with the neighborhood kids and that he needed his driveway snowblowed. I told him I would do it for $200. He said he refused to pay me to do his driveway, so I told him I wouldn't do it. It's later in the day now and he hasn't cleared his driveway yet. I feel great, <laughs> but he called me an asshole in his text and my wife told me I might be an asshole because he's old. So I figured I'd pose the question here. Am I the asshole? As we always say in these situations, being old is an excuse to be an arsehole. And do we help out arseholes? Chant with me, people. No, we don't. 
And I think the only time I would do it in this situation, and maybe I'd be an asshole to myself, is, you know, if he was in trouble, need to get to the hospital, or something like that. You know, an emergency. And I may be even wrong for wanting to do then, but hey. The TARDIS Runaway says, Not the asshole. People need to realise being old isn't an excuse to behave like an asshole. Would you feel bad if he was in his 20s? Nope. He made his bed. Now he can lie in it. To which Compensate1995 says, Not the asshole. He complains about you and treats you badly when it's convenient for him. But when he needs you, he can exploit you according to his perspective. He can't guilt trip you into snow blowing his driveway. You don't need to work hard and paid for someone like that. He proclaimed that you aren't friends and acted with hostility towards you. So it's not surprising that you refuse to abide by his commands. He may be old and unable to do it, but if it was such a constraint, he would have paid you or someone else. You aren't the only one in the neighborhood available to do that. One crafty bird says, My son shovels out the elderly neighbor's driveway, which is crazy long and steep to boot. She gives him 50 bucks and tells him he's the most handsome boy in the world. I'm just saying this is the minimum standard. Tell your neighbor you'll do it for 200 or 50 bucks and being told you're the most handsome boy in the world. <laughs> OP replies that one saying, all right, this made me laugh out loud. I'll do anything to hear that rotten old man tell me I'm the most handsome boy in the world. <laughs> and the hyperbolist says, not the asshole. If he wants neighborly kindness, he has to be a kind neighbor. He made it very clear he wasn't interested in that kind of friendly relationship. So you don't owe him more than he asked for, which was strictly neighbors. If the old bastard needs your help, he needs to be your neighbor and not an asshole. Otherwise, he needs to find someone else to help him or pay for it. <laughs> not sure why it makes me chuckle when anyone calls someone else a bastard. But B. Yeah Woo says not the asshole. He wanted it, so he got it. After all, you are no longer friendly and strictly neighbors. Who does he think he is to talk down to people like that, calling them losers, assholes, etc., and then expect you to kiss his ass the moment he bends over? And then quotes, My wife told me I might be an asshole because he's old, and then says, I'll respect and help the elderly a little more readily than other folks, but in return they have a duty to act politely and graciously, like any other folks. This old man is a miserable curmudgeon. Let him stew in his own juices until he either apologizes to you or finds his own way out of his own driveway not the arsehole. And let's have one more from Pink Gem who says, God, I used to have a neighbor exactly like this who was also old, not the arsehole at all. He was the one who told you that your relationship was no longer friendly. It doesn't make you an arsehole to not snowblow a driveway of a neighbor that is actively hostile against you. My neighbor tried to report me to the HOA and had an absolute melty over my clothesline. HOA had rules against clotheslines, so this guy thought he had the upper hand and he was going to get me. But the state law actually makes it illegal to forbid the use of clotheslines. So I won that, but man, he definitely proceeded to be an asshole to me and actively, verbally harassed me every time he saw me until he moved. I'd recommend blocking his number. It's not worth letting him harass you over text. And now, and I think that's the first time I've ever said the word melty. But <laughs> what do you guys make of this situation? I think I pretty much note the outcome, but do you have a different perspective on this? Do you have a neighbor like this? You know I love a neighbor story. Let me know in the comments below and we'll move on to another story. And our next story comes from Independent Chain 6497. Titled, Am I the Asshole for Siding with My Husband When He Insulted My Brother? I, 27 female, the youngest of four children. 31 female, 33 male, and 35 female. I got married six months ago to my high school sweetheart, 27 male. 
My husband has been part of our family since we had our first anniversary together. He knows all my family members and they adore him. My family is very problematic though. All of them except one of my sisters are babying my 33-year-old brother too much. My brother is single and he's disappointed no woman approaches him. He used to date a girl three years ago, but she broke up with him because she couldn't deal with his immaturity. My brother is very immature and has a superiority complex. He's always putting other people down. He's very judgmental and he always wants to make himself the center of attention. He also insulted my husband behind his back multiple times and I've got in huge fights with him about this. He's admitted he's mad that my husband who's younger than him has his life set and he thinks my husband owes him respect because he's older and demands my husband never speaks of his goals or achievements in front of him. It's gotten so bad to the point we've gone low contact with my brother. My mum, dad and one of my sisters believe that life is unfair for my brother and they said they wished he had what my husband and I have. My mum also believes that my brother is too good for any woman since no woman deserves such a precious person like him. I'm now pregnant with my first child and I invited my family into a casual dinner to make the announcement. We invited my brother too. During the announcement, my brother commented something along the lines of, oh, now my dear brother-in-law is showing off about knocking up my sister, which was very insulting to both me as a woman, but also my husband. My husband then replied to him before I could talk and told him, with this attitude, you still wonder why no woman puts up with you. You complain about being alone too much for someone who displays behaviors that will be the reason you stay alone forever. Now apologize to my wife and then to me. My wife, dad, and sister sided with my brother, but my other sister sided with us. I told my brother that he either apologizes or he walks out and how he ruined our announcement with his entitlement. My brother got up and left. My parents and sisters stayed, but my mum and sister took me to the side and told me I'm the asshole for siding with my husband and embarrassing my brother by throwing him under the bus and, and how I could sort this out in private without speaking up. And we could see the reason for brother's entitlement immediately and quoting, my mum also believes that my brother is too good for any woman since no woman deserves such a precious person like him. And this person says you can't talk about your life achievements in front of him that you should respect him because he's older, etc., etc. not the arsehole. And I think this person needed a quick reality check. It's not like you did it, a shout out in front of a whole restaurant or anything like that. You just said to him directly after he insulted you by saying, now my dear brother is showing off by knocking up my sister. You called him out and he didn't like it. Mum didn't like it because he's her precious baby that can't seem to do no wrong. And it's not surprising that you've gone low contact with this person. And the fact that afterwards, instead of yeah saying, you know, I am sorry, that was a pretty shitty thing to say, just got up and left. Not the arsehole. But Photos, Beers and Teach says not the arsehole. If you can't handle being publicly called out for being an arse, don't be an arse in public. Funtime Chris 79 says not the arsehole. Kudos to your hubby for speaking the truth. Your hubby did the right thing, as have you. Your family are enablers. Your brother will never get better. He will always be dependent on your parents due to the entitlement, the enabling causes. No policy 4095 says not the asshole. Good for your husband. By the way, I could sort this out in private without speaking up. You see that? That is exactly the problem here. Your brother gets a pass on his shitty behavior in public, but you must speak in private. What your mum and sister and possibly others are willfully blind to is that they are encouraging and supporting his misogynistic bullshit and have taught him this behavior. Men can be unruly and outspoken, but women are to be seen and not heard. We air our differences in private. 
you may need to go low contact with them as well if they choose to die on this hill. Stone Cat says your brother is an immature jerk because your family has allowed him to be. Their coddling and excusing is doing him no favors and I totally understand if you want no part of it. Tell your mum and your sister that if your brother acts like a jerk, he's going to be treated like one and that you aren't going to ignore his behavior anymore. You're old enough to decide who you'd want to spend your time with and you're 100% entitled to go low contact with someone who constantly disrespects you and your husband. Cinder Droplet says in quotes, my mum also believes that my brother is too good for any woman since no woman deserves such a precious person like him. And then says, and here is the big reason why your brother is the way he is. Your brother doesn't need to approve your husband or your life events before you can talk about them. Your brother embarrassed himself with his behavior, not the arsehole. Almost sounds like this post belongs on Nice Guys, but hey, what do you guys make of this one? Let me know your thoughts in the As comments always. The story comes from Throwaway Question It, who asks, am I the asshole for leaving my mums early when her whole family took Christmas photos? Me, 16 male, and my mum don't have much of a good relationship. They had a bad divorce after my mum left my dad for some guy when I was seven, and I only saw her once every six months because she got married, then buys with her new family. Since last year, she wanted us to start talking more and seeing each other, and finally met my two half-brothers who are six and four, then her two other stepkids around the same age as me. I'm only with her on weekends, and last one they were doing Christmas photos they sent to the family. And I mean her husband's family and also my mum's. So like my grandparents, my aunts, cousins, etc. They had a photographer actually come. Everyone was dressed for it except me and she told me it just wouldn't make sense if I'm in it since the pics are also going to her husband's family side. But then I argued, well, our family side is getting pics of his kids so why does it matter? Like she said, she wanted me to be part of their family when I started staying over since last year, but now they don't want me included in their family photo. My mum told me it's not a big deal and I just went upstairs while they did the thing. I don't know why, but it just made me really mad, but also sad. I didn't want to stay there weekends, so my dad came after sending him a tech. My mum argued with him outside because it was only Friday. And I told her I didn't want to stay there if she doesn't want to include me in their family and I'd rather go be with my dad. My mum is still mad about it. She says she didn't mean to treat me that way, but how I behaved after cutting out our time was mean and that hurts her feelings. Am I the asshole for reacting that way, basically? For me, it still hurts so. Maybe that's why I don't see if I was wrong or cutting off our weekend short. Am I the asshole? And as mentioned, we do have an update on this story. No, absolutely not the arsehole. And who thinks this way? And I'm not talking about OP here. I'm talking about the mother. You know, she knows she has weekends with her child and then arranges a family photo knowing she doesn't want her son included in it. Knowing that's going to happen, she can't stand there and think, oh, how is this going to affect my son if I tell him to stay out of the family photo? Not that there's an excuse for it by any means anyway, because he is bloody family and he was totally right. If this is going out to all family, it's going to have the kids in there from the husband's family side as well. So for her to then turn around and complain about her hurt feelings after your cutting time short because of the way she treated you. Yeah, not the arsehole, the bloody cheeky so-and-so. But Fabulous Housing 102 says not the arsehole. Your mother is a terrible parent. 
Saz66 says, not the arsehole, but your mum certainly is. I don't blame you if you never want to go back. She's made it pretty clear who she thinks of as her family. OP replied saying, thing is, I didn't even want to start seeing her in the first place. She wanted me to, so I gave it a chance. And after all these months of going to see them now, suddenly she doesn't want me included. Phoenix Jade says, your mother doesn't get to choose when it's convenient to have a son. She either accepts you wholly into the family or not at all. You are not the asshole. Monkey Magic 1968 says, oh man, that would hurt my feelings something fierce. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. It sounds like your mum still is not certain what kind of relationship she really wants with you. I know that sounds awful, right? It is difficult in the extreme because you want a mum-child relationship and you did not get that. You probably will not get that with her now. Still, it sounds like she says what she thinks she should say and then does not know how to go through with it. Maybe her heart is not done figuring it out. You are not the asshole. She is behaving less maturely than you are, OP. And you should not have to be more mature than your parent. You're a good person and worth knowing. She may see that someday. If you can, please find a professional to talk about your feelings. They are very well trained in helping people deal with them. Personal experience here. Good luck, hun. Miss Adventurer says not the asshole. If she has the right to not want you in her photos, then I guess you have the right to not want to be in her house. She treated you like a second-class family member, so it shouldn't surprise her that you'd rather spend time with a parent who treats you like a valued family member. P.S. I'm sorry about your arsehole mum. She sounds like a selfish jerk. I'm glad you have your dad. He sounds like a good man. Driving to pick you up when you needed him without any hesitation and then standing up for you when he got there. Tell him how much you appreciate him. Now, we're going to move on to the update to hopefully get something positive out of this. So, update. Thanks everyone for all your comments in my other post. I'm still sad about what happened. Hate that I'm letting it bother me this much when my mum was the one wrong, just like you all said. It still stings. My dad hasn't stopped telling me he's sorry for encouraging me to let her be a part of my mind because maybe she's changed. I know he feels bad, but it's not his fault. Anyways, I know that people were saying that I had the choice not to go there anymore, and yeah, that's true. Even before posting the original one, that's what I was thinking about too. She can't do anything because it's my choice and she really wouldn't have anything if she wanted to take it to court. I mean, leaving me for all these years won't look good. I talked with my dad, then he and my mum talked. My mum was really mad about it still. More when I told her that I'm done trying with her. But I'm still going to her place on the weekends, just not sleeping over. And I told her it's not for her, so don't even try to act like a mum to me because she blew that. For now, I'm going so I can see my brothers. They're the only ones I care about and if she gives a damn about them, she should let it be like this or they're the ones who won't get to have me around anymore. I said them because it's obvious she doesn't give a damn about me. This weekend when I went, she said hi and let me in but we didn't talk at all and then hung out with my brothers in their room until my dad came to pick me up later. It's awkward as fuck but it's better like this. Don't gotta open myself up to trying with her anymore and getting my feelings hurt over and over. It's one of those ones where, again, it's a, it's a sad outcome in some ways that, you know, this relationship wasn't built, but it was the mum's fault. But also a huge positive that, that OP is able to set their own boundaries up like this and say, no, you've had your chance now. If you want me to see my brothers, this is what needs to happen. And I think that's a wonderful thing when someone can stand up for themselves like that. And But I got to say, I don't think this will be the end of it. I think mother will try to sort of wheedle her way back in somehow and whether OP accepts that or not is up to them in the end and it sounds like you know they've been pretty good at their decision making thus far so I think this can only be a positive in some way so I think they will make the, the correct decision 
time and time again. But what do you guys think of this one? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to another story. And before we get into our next story, I just want to warn you there's mentions of a car accident. So if you want to use the timestamps again, please feel free to use them. That's what they're there for. And it's from Am I the Arsehole Ex Nieces, titled Am I the Arsehole for Not Taking My Kids on My Ex's Days. My ex and I have two kids, 15 female and 13 female. I have them every other Monday to Thursday. Around a month or two ago, he called me and said that his sister was in the ICU after being hit by a car and asked me to take the kids for a couple of days so he could see her. I was reluctant because earlier this year, he gave me a hard time because I booked a vacation for me and my boyfriend, now fiancé, during my custody time. But I agreed because she could have died. We live around five hours away from them, so I assume he'd drive there, stay the night, then come back the next morning. But he was gone for almost a week. Then last Friday, the day after my kids went back to my ex, apparently his oldest niece, same sister's kid, maybe 16 or 17, called him and asked for help. According to my ex, the girl's stepdad made her be her mum's full-time caretaker, take care of her half-sibling, three girls under five, and do everything around the house. He asked me to take them again so he could pick up his nieces and arrange for his sister to be in some kind of care home or have a full-time carer. I asked how long this would take and he said he didn't know and estimated that it would be around a week. I said no because he refuses to take the kids during my custody time and he screamed at me saying this was a family emergency, called me a petty bitch and said I'm a horrible mum. I still refused to take them so he called my parents, explained the situation and left the kids with them. Now on top of my ex giving me crap, my parents are saying I should have taken my kids because this was an emergency. Am I the arsehole for not taking my kids during my ex's custody time? I'll start off with saying you're the arsehole to me, definitely. How can you not step back and see a situation for its full picture and we're not even going down the path of they're your kids anyway but how can you not have empathy for another person look at the full situation his sister is in icu after being hit by a car sister's at home and sister needs some kind of care home or have a full-time carer at this point which you know your ex needs to arrange by the looks of it the girl's stepdad is making her be a full-time carer for her mum and look after all the children around her as well. We read a lot about parentification on here as well, and that's what's happening to this niece, and this person can't step back and see, holy shit, that family is going for a lot right now. How can I help? How can I just look after my own kids to help out for this moment? And I know there was a part in there where you said, you know, he refuses to take the kids during your custody time, but it didn't explain further what it was. I'm sure it wasn't a family emergency like this. I'm presuming anyway, maybe that's wrong of me to presume. But if it was, I'm sure you would have brought that up right there. Got a feel for the niece and the girls in this position at the moment though. And I went through OP's comments and see how they replied to people and see if we could get any additional information. So E Hubbard 77 said, not the arsehole. They're 13 and 15. They're about old enough to stay without a parent for a couple of hours. Why would they need constant supervision at this age? Is the dad staying with them overnight? Can't the two kids kick in and help out their family? Maybe play or interact with their cousins. Why would the OP need to step in during this time? OP replied saying he's been gone for over a week and refused to take the kids because they had school and my daughter had a play. IPSVM says not the arsehole. He needs to figure it out on his time. Both of you need to stop asking each other to take the kids on each other's time. It seems like they are hot potatoes to both of you. At the same time, they are 13 and 15. They aren't 3 and 5. He could have them while he picks up his nieces slash their cousins. 
edit, wait, you only have your kids for eight days out of the month. To which OP replied on that one, yes, I have them eight days out of the month and my ex refused to take them because they have school and my daughter has a play. Calm Balance 8952 says the kids are fine and they both had the schedule agreed upon by the judge. It's not her fault that someone she's not even related to can't manage their home. Luthien replies that saying, oh wow, the delusion because someone can't manage their home. The aunt has been in a major accident and her husband, the stepfather of her children, is currently abusing her eldest and neglecting the younger three, who I assume are his daughters. This isn't a management issue. This is a crisis and family emergency on multiple levels. And OP, as these children's biological mother, is still responsible for these children's well-being, which includes making sure they don't necessarily skip school and are able to make it to the extracurriculars. What you are clearly missing or choosing to ignore is that OP is clearly being petty. One of her other comments said that she doesn't want to help her ex because he gave her trouble about a vacation during her custody days. This isn't tit for tat and a family emergency isn't comparable to a vacation. And further to your original point about men doing anything to get out of taking care of their kids, it sounds like the ex is doing the most to take care of not only his kids by helping them continue on as normal, see the above about ensuring their well-being, but to also take care of his sister and nieces. OP has no defense and your logic, there isn't any, sorry. Calm Balance replies to that saying, so call CPS and let authorities decide if it's true or not. The children are teenagers. I have no idea why everyone is acting like they are babies. It honestly sounds like the dad made some shit up so he could bail on them and go to the bar. OP replies saying, I know he's not lying because according to my parents, CPS was involved. He's his niece's legal guardian for the time being. He's coming home with them tomorrow and he's putting his sister in care home near us so her kids can see her. I still don't see how it's my problem. I don't care replies that one saying, they are your children. Why do you not just give up custody when you consider your children a problem? You are absolutely disgusting. And that was all from the section where OP replies to people. And we have a couple more comments from the main section, which is pretty much you're the asshole. From the ex Grim, who says, you're the asshole. Those are your kids, aunts and cousins. And you won't even take care of your own kids so he can make accommodation for his nieces when their mother might not make it. Sickening. Your kids probably think you're the asshole too. I'd be surprised if you didn't nuke the relationship you had with them too. How could you think you're not the asshole? Even your parents told you as much. You're the asshole three times. Darian Morgan says, you're the asshole. Going on vacation is not comparable to his sister being hit by a car. Now his niece is being abused. Read, parentification is abuse and he wants to help her and you give him a hard time. I'm so sorry taking care of your own children is such a hassle. No wonder you only see them for, for 14 days. And one more from Spectacular Turtle who says you're the arsehole. He doesn't agree to take the children so you can intentionally choose to go on vacation with your boyfriend over the time with them. He had actual legitimate family emergencies. Between intentionally booking a vacation with your boyfriend during your parenting time and refusing to take care of your children during a family emergency, it sounds like he's right. While he worded things he said harshly, they're not untrue. You are petty and you don't prioritize your children, your time with them or their well-being. Edit, my bad, he did agree to take the care of the kids. He just expresses distaste for you blowing off your parenting time to run around with your boyfriend. You are an even bigger asshole than originally indicated. Now, what do you guys make of this one? There was a couple of not the asshole comments in there. But I gotta say, I don't agree with them. What about you? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to another story.
and our next story comes from the chicken guy. <laughs> Am I the asshole? My children's mother wants me to build a chicken coop. I gave her a ridiculously high price for it. I love a story with a title like this. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why. I, 35 male, divorced my ex-wife about a year ago. We have two daughters together and they split time between our houses. Because of this, we still talk to each other on a regular basis. When we were married, we got some chickens. She wanted them, but it was a friend of mine that actually gave them to us. The original chickens have since passed, but she still has several. When we got the chicken, I built them a coop and run. This was several years ago, and she is telling me it needs to be rebuilt. I suggested she get one from the store. She said no, none were big enough and she didn't like any. She wanted me to build one. I said, hell no, I'm not doing that. She said, I should because the chickens were from my friend and if I had built it better in the first place, we wouldn't need a new one. She kept bothering me and asking me for it, so I eventually gave her a price. The estimated cost of the wood, $30 per hour, it would take and an extra 50 for being rude. This was high because building a run and coop takes a lot of time and lumber. It was way more than one at the store would cost. She said I was being ridiculous when I sent her the number. She says we're supposed to be a team working on it and I shouldn't force the chickens to live in an unsafe coop. I told her she could build one herself. She said she can't afford it. Now she's saying I'm neglecting the chickens and is saying she wants to redo the custody agreement. Now I'm wondering if I should just give her the coop. Am I the asshole? Now, definitely not the arsehole to me. Uh, I had to sit back and think after this one. When it got to the last bit of the custody agreement, I thought they were talking custody over the chickens. <laughs> but again, absolutely not the arsehole to me. These chickens are her responsibility. Sure, you built the coop when you was together, but now you've left, that they're not part of your life anymore. I mean, like you said, she could buy one or learn to maintain it or fix one up herself. This is for the chickens. And while I feel sorry for the chickens, the poor things... But Dracula says not the arsehole. Please tell me you have her saying that she wants to redo the custody agreement because of the chicken coop in writing. And OP replies saying, I do have the text messages sent about it. And Moral Prolapse replies that saying, You've got her then. She committed a felony. You shouldn't threaten her with it because you could accidentally put yourself in the same boat she's in. But you can't threaten to do serious harm, physical, emotional or otherwise to someone unless you give something of value. That's extortion. Tess here lurking says in quotes, I told her she could build one herself. She said she can't afford it. Now she's saying I'm neglecting the chickens and is saying she wants to redo the custody agreement Then goes on to say she wants to redo the custody agreement for your kids because she's unhappy about the chickens. Not the arsehole, not the arsehole at all. To which little panda 20 says, what the cluck? <laughs> ah, love a pun. Screams in Bean says not the arsehole and I'd keep records of what she's texting if she's going to be petty and redo custody because of this issue. You can buy decent chicken coops and with them not being big enough, you just buy an extra one. OP replies saying I am keeping records. I don't think she'd go through with it because she's the type of person to threaten to do it and then not actually. Taco says not the arsehole. That is her house. Those are her chickens. Those things have nothing to do with custody agreement. Hope that the custody agreement was through the court system. If not, then she could change things. And one more from G42 who quotes, she said, hell no, I'm not doing that. And quotes again saying she kept bothering me and asking for it. Then goes on to say, not the asshole. As someone who builds, you can't give a price high enough. As soon as people find out you can nail two boards together, it's I want, I want, I want from everyone. Fuck them. If it's so easy to build shit, build it your fucking self. Other people have shit to do besides filling other people's wish lists. Now, 
What do you guys make of this one? What would you do in that situation? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to another story. And our next story is titled, Am I the asshole for telling my mum my grandma will no longer sleep in my room or I'm moving out? I, 18 female, live with my mum, 35 female. My mum struggles with money and to prevent her from being homeless, I live with her even though I have enough money and income to move out. I pay about $2,000 a month just for rent and food while she helps out a bit with as much money as she can give in. My grandma, 60 female, visits us whenever she can. She has extreme back problems and due to this when she visits, I let her stay in my room and I sleep in the living room. A problem arose when I realized that whenever she came over, my things would go missing, such as AirPods, clothes, jewelry, hair ties, shoes, etc. Anything she could use, she would take. I told her that I didn't like that she kept taking my things and never giving them back. She said she understood, but then I noticed that she just kept doing it. I decided to ignore it since out of respect, I couldn't yell at her, so I left it alone and replaced the thing she took. A few weeks ago, she came over to visit. As usual, I went to the living room to sleep and she slept in my room. One morning, she came to me and told me that a necklace I had caught her eye and that she really liked it. The necklace she was talking about was a necklace my boyfriend, 19 male, had gifted me two years ago when we were 16 and 17. It was made of gold and it cost him $3,570 to buy it. He had spent all summer working just to be able to afford it. Since it held so much value to me, I told her I would like it if she didn't take it since my boyfriend gave it to me. She scoffed saying she wouldn't do such a thing and she just thought it was nice. Well, a few days ago she left. I said goodbye to her and then I returned to my room. I had a date with my boyfriend the day after she left and I always wear that necklace. While looking for it, I started to panic because I couldn't find it and then I remembered my grandma's comment. I called her and she told me that she took it since it was so nice and she would take good care of it. I hung up instantly in an attempt not to lose my mind on the phone and instead went to my mum. I told her to tell grandma to return the necklace and that when she came over, she would no longer sleep in my room and would sleep on the couch. My mum yelled at me saying she couldn't believe what I was saying, saying that I knew my grandma's back problems were bad and I couldn't do that over a necklace. I told her that if the necklace wasn't back and she didn't respect my boundaries, I would move out. My mum broke down and I walked away. My boyfriend told me it wasn't big of a deal and that he could buy me a better and more expensive necklace to replace that one. I told him the price didn't matter and that I wanted the one he gave me when I was 16. Since then, my mum has given me the cold shoulder, but she told me my grandma mailed the necklace back and that it'll be here next week. I feel kind of bad because my mum and grandma are both upset at me. Am I the asshole? Gotta say straight away, necklace in the mail? I don't think so. That necklace ain't coming back. I remember a story, oh, I don't know, it must have been a year or two back about the camera where someone borrowed the expensive camera, took it to the beach and suddenly, oh, it got lost, but apparently it was actually kept and they was using it. Same situation. And I got to say, if I was you in that situation, I'd be moving out. If you can afford to be by yourself at the moment, I would absolutely do it. Your mum is allowing her mum to get away with this shit and it's just not on. But Flychick420 says not the asshole, you should still move out. Your mum is an enabler and a mooch and your grandma is a thief. You shouldn't have to deal with that nonsense. Quaint says not the asshole, that is a horribly toxic situation. Honestly, once the necklace is back, then you should move out regardless. Nobody is entitled to steal your possessions or kick you out of your own room that you pay for. Unapproved activity says you may need to call the police. Grandma is probably going to sell your necklace. 
Futaba says, not the arsehole, what the hell? She doesn't respect your privacy or belongings at all. I'm surprised your mum is siding with her. She's actively stealing your shit. I would have drawn the line at the AirPods, but a necklace with sentimental value? Fuck that. And one more from Parsimonious Salad who says, Your grandmother either has a mental disorder where she's unable to stop stealing or she needs the money she gets from selling your things. Either way, neither your grandmother or mother are showing you any respect. Let them live together and try to make it financially. Your mother can reap the consequences of not protecting her own daughter. You should move out and stop enabling them both. Not the arsehole. To which OP replied to him, My grandma's well off and doesn't need money. It's just that when she likes something, she buys it. If it's mine or my mum's, she just takes it. Now, I think we know what OP needs to do in this situation. What would you do if you found yourself in that one? Just got this vision, this mental picture of like, like grandma's house being like one of these dragon's caves. Like you go in and they're just like gold piled everywhere. AirPods over there, a gold necklace over there, you know, all the stuff grandma's stolen over the years. And she's sitting in front of it like some sleeping dragon. I wish I could draw. I'd draw that. <laughs> anyway, what do you guys make of this one? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. This is from a throwaway account who says, Me, 17 male, believe my mum, 42 female, is having an affair with her personal trainer, 27 male. I decided to play detective and got some info, but still not sure, even though I feel pretty confident, although hesitant to tell my dad, 44 male, since I really am not sure yet. What a title. So yeah, found this one out since mum has started to act weird lately. She started working out because she wanted to get into shape about a year ago. She worked maybe once or twice a week, but then she worked out from Monday to Saturday. Nothing unusual, but mum got very fit and she started getting attention from guys. She was increasingly more happy, which my dad had no problem with, and seemed happy that she was happy. Mum started acting kind of weird. I asked dad before I found out if he felt mum had been acting weird and he brushed it off and said she just feels good about herself and genuinely was happy for her. Mum has been more affectionate and I was not sure what the hell was going on. She is not mum anymore and almost felt like she switched brains with someone else. It was getting disturbing and one day I got curious when she said she would be late from work and frankly it had been bugging me for months. So I decided to bike over one evening to where she was working. The car was nowhere in sight. No lights in the building, her workplace has two floors and even checked the local parking garage every damn floor, no cars. I decided to go home and could not sleep. This was a Friday and then on Saturday, I confessed to a friend what I might be suspecting. He suggested I use the Find My iPhone app. I asked my mum if I could borrow her phone to look something up since mine was not charged. She unlocked it and I enabled the app and she had her Apple password stored on the computer. I used to be allowed to rent a movie on there when I was younger so I knew the password to her Apple account. Anyway, she left for work. Praying she did not turn on mobile data, I logged in and saw the phone was nowhere near her workplace. Instead, she was in a neighborhood across town. I googled the address and found out a man lived there and searched for the name on Facebook. One mutual friend, guess who? and saw he worked as a personal trainer at the gym where my mum went. Now I was fairly certain that something was not right. I screenshotted the find my iPhone map and the information I had. Still no evidence she was actually cheating, but I felt I had enough. 
She had lied to my dad about working late and what the fuck was she doing at her personal trainer's place on a Saturday night? Should I tell dad about this and show him what I have now? Or do I keep digging because I'm fairly certain she is cheating? I still have not confronted mum about it. I am of course going to tell him if that's the case, but accusing mum of cheating when I'm not 100% sure? But what other possible reason could she have for lying to dad and then being at her personal trainer's on a Saturday night when she was supposed to be working late? And to all who judge me for digging, nope, I'm not sorry. It was bugging me so badly, I could not take it anymore. Now, the update is actually attached to this post, so some of the comments are going to be covering that update as well. So we're going to cover those after we cover that update, and then there's a final update after that. But the first part of this post to me, I was rubbing my chin and I was thinking, you might be barking up the wrong tree here. You know, people, when they exercise, they generally are happier and they feel better about themselves and they start being, you know, maybe even kinder to other, their family around them and other people around them as well and showing affection more and all this kind of thing. I feel that way when I exercise. I feel absolutely fantastic. It's that little boost that you get. And I need to get back into it myself, actually. <laughs> but you know your mum better than we ever could. So obviously you could see other signs there as well rather than just being happy the behavior did sound suspicious and i think it's a very dangerous game that op is playing at the moment as well yet if you accuse your mum of cheating to your dad you could create all manners of hell but do you go and tell your dad with this information that you have it, i mean come on it does sound very suspicious she says she's working she's clearly lying to hubby here at, at the very least and to be at the personal trainer's house, it is throwing bad signs. So, you know, if, if this is the case, then I think husband deserves to know. But let's move on to the first update to find out what happens. Update. Hey, everybody. I've decided to follow the advice and told my dad and showed him what I had of evidence. Mum came home and decided to let dad take it from here. She admitted to the affair and I told my mum what role in all this was and that I had suspected something was off for quite a while. I told dad he suspected something was off but I was the one who told him. Dad was very calm, no yelling or screaming, he just calmly asked her what she wanted. Yes, I was listening and then she said she wanted to try and save the marriage. She came up and talked to me and I admitted my role in all this and how I suspected something was off for quite a while. Told her I was sorry but you were acting very strangely and it was driving me nuts. Mum just asked me why I did all of this. I just responded funny. I was about to ask you the same thing. Dad does not deserve this, I said. And she said no, he does not, and she was sorry. I also explained how her behavior lately was getting on my nerves and how it was bugging me. You were never that affectionate. You started giving me a kiss on the cheek, more hugging. Part of me wondered if you were taking drugs. So yeah, that was weird for me. I said, hell, even my friends thought you were acting strangely. I got questions at school from people who were wondering what has happened to you. I am letting them figure this out now. I am doing okay with this and if a divorce happens, there is not going to be a custody issue since I turn 18 in December. So for me, things will not change that much. Dad and I decided to go and see a movie later in the evening. We saw Suicide Squad, had already seen it, but it was fun seeing it with him. Me and dad used to go to the movies a lot. He is a movie buff and we had not been because of COVID, so it was fun seeing a movie with him again. All in all, my dad is going to be okay and so am I. Dad has made it clear to me, do not be mean to mum and treat her with respect. She is still your mum and she loves you. Yeah, I said I will and that was that. And before we go on to that final update, we'll start off with 99 Orange who says you have a good dad. 
He must be heartbroken, but he doesn't want his feelings to trump your relationship with your mum. That must be hard for him, but it is the right thing to do. At the same time, you're allowed to have some feelings about this and take some space from your mum while you process. This is also a betrayal for you. Good luck. Fanny Bell says, it's kind of messed up that your mum being happy is so out of the ordinary. It makes you think she's on drugs and become suspicious that you started tracking her. Got Locked Out says, hey, I don't know if you will read this and it's probably unwelcome, but if I'm reading this correctly, you got suspicious because your mum was happier than normal and it was bothering you. I really don't want this to sound like I am blaming you. I do not think you did anything wrong. But if her being happy made you unhappy, that might be something to speak to a therapist about. Your relationship with your mum and how her happiness and unhappiness has influenced your relationship and your happiness, it might be worth unpacking. Just a thought. To which OP replies saying, no, at first it did not bother me at all and was happy for her she started working out and dad seemed happy and so did she. But after a few months, she almost changed personalities and started working more late and acting way more affectionate towards me than she had ever been. She just turned into another person and that is what bothered me. Like I stated earlier, it's one of those scenarios where everything seems fine, but something still feels off. At first, I put it out of my mind because mum and dad seemed happy, but then she started acting way more strangely and even my friends noticed it. This went on for months before it got to the point I just had to know what the hell was going on. At first, I had no idea she was even cheating or even considered that at all. I honestly was a little bit worried about her and thought something was wrong. Summer says, personal trainers always F all their clients. At least that's my experience. I don't trust any of them and will never work with one again. Take care. And we have one more comment from Vile Rook who says, wow, I'd be so angry. She has the nerve to ask you why you did all this. An apology should have been the first thing out of her mouth. Not only did she disrespect her marriage vows and hurt her husband, she also risked her family as this could or even still might tear it apart with divorce. And she didn't handle her adult business with her husband and work on whatever problems they may have had and got caught by you. Putting you in the terrible position of being caught between the two and having to deliver the heartbreaking news to your father. Honestly, if your parents want to try and save their marriage, that's one thing. It's good on your father to remain calm and ask you to still love your mum as she is your parent, but they need to consider your feelings as well. This isn't just between them anymore. Mostly it is, but it's partially your business because this affects the family and you were the one caught in the middle. So they really can't expect you to go back to how things were. That's broken, gone and done. Your mum threw it away. Your dad can expect you to still love her, but trust, respect, and forgiveness are completely different. She will need to mend her bond, not only with her husband, but she will still need to heal her bond with you as well for putting you through this and in the middle. And one more reply from OP who says, I think she was flustered more than anything. And keep in mind, she'd just been told by me that I was the one who informed dad. Before this happened, I was planning on moving out anyway since I turned 18 in December. So I don't really have to deal with this for way much longer. Dad understands that I don't trust her and neither does he to be fair. He just wanted me to keep the peace and, and I'm still allowed to be pissed, he said. So now we'll move on to the final update. I just wanted to give a quick update since so many have asked. I'm doing okay and so is my dad. Mum moved out of the house two weeks ago and we have not really spoken since except a few texts. She got her own place and told mum I would stay with dad even though she keeps asking me to come over for dinner every Sunday. Just told mum I need some time away from her and she just texted okay back. Dad asked if I wanted to stay with mum this weekend but told him no. I'm honestly relieved she is out of the house. They are still technically married but they are still divorcing. 
I told my mum I will be staying with my dad until December when I turn 18 and she agreed. So that's it. Not sure if anything else is going to happen really. I guess my mum wants to stay in touch but I'm just avoiding her for now. So not the most exciting update but that's what happened. And yes, I am seeing a therapist since my dad convinced me to speak to somebody. And Rock You Like a Master asks a question saying, so are you feeling more relieved now that she is gone? Do you think that in the future you'll be able to forgive your mother or do you think it's something difficult to happen? Even if you forgive her, do you think that your relationship with her will be the same as it was before? Opie replies saying, I do feel more relieved since I'm not constantly walking around feeling there is something wrong all the time. And yes, things have changed. It's not gonna be the same between us. I just feel I've gotten more suspicious towards people in general. A friend of mine has a girlfriend and she gives me bad vibes as well, but that's something I will stay out of. I've spoken to my therapist and he said, it's natural that I have trust issues after this. Now, I couldn't imagine dealing with something like that at 17 years old. And I know it happens often in relationships, but seeing your parents go through that, potentially splitting up, it must be an absolute scary and unsure time. I know they're turning 18 soon, but I, they're still your parents, aren't they? And if I had a hat right now, I'd take it off to that father for being so... I can't even think of the word. I was going to say mature, but it's, but it's not immature to be angry at a situation like this. But the fact that he let, you know, he encouraged his son to still talk to his mum, that she still loves you, etc. And not get bitter and try to break that relationship up like we see in many other posts as well. Anyway, what do you guys make of this story? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to another one. And our next story comes from Young Sezon, and it does follow with an update as well. It says, partner 32 female says I'm perfect, but unsure about building a future with me, 29 male, after going to her best friend's wedding. I've been in an, an on and off again relationship with this person for the last two years. We got back together three months ago after four months apart, where we both dated other people. Since getting back together, she has told me how perfect it all felt and she has never had a partner she felt more connected or attracted to. Well, after we went to her best friend's wedding, things have changed. She's explained to me that after hearing their vows, it didn't sound anything like our relationship and made her question if I was even the right one. Since then, she has asked for space. She said she feels she wants to test the waters with the dating apps again and has been incredibly hot and cold with me. I'm so taken aback as she had just asked me about my interest in moving in with her, what a wedding would look like, etc. She also said she feels in love with me for a while, then freaks out when things get too serious and then feels I'm maybe not the one. Despite how great a partner I am to her. How should I proceed? What do I make of all this? I feel hurt as she wanted to rush back into things and made me feel like she was serious about a future together. Should I just cut my losses and leave? And as I said, we do have an update. Now to me, and I can only come into this one thinking what I would do in the situation with the information that I have here, I would want nothing to do with this. I think this is only damaging yourself staying with this person. They don't seem to know what they want. And seeing the words, I want to test the waters with the dating apps again, and then being incredibly hot and cold is just sending up those red flags for me. So I would want absolutely nothing to do with this situation. But Adegni says... To me, it seems that she views you as the right partner to have. The life you have is stable. You take care of her. She feels loved and satisfied in bed. Yet she feels that you're not exactly what she's looking for. Something must feel off and that's why she wants to run from time to time. Let her go. You will never be her first choice. She will settle at best. You deserve so much better. Opie replies saying, This is exactly what she said when she tried to explain it to me. 
just feels weird after all the I choose you as my person and love of my life statements. Yesterday, she says she wants to be allowed to do what she wants and not feel obligated to spend time with anyone. She also said she wished I could be her best friend with benefits, which hurt to hear, just days after her telling me how great we are together. Adigny says, I definitely understand how hard it is to navigate the situation, but you can't be a part of it. You need to be with someone who is absolutely sure about you, and this will never be her. In the long term, cutting her off will be better for both of you. Best of luck. And OP replies saying, That's probably right. Navigating it though will be tough. This honestly all hurts so much and has me feeling low. It doesn't matter how frequently she could tell me this is not a problem with you, it's a me problem. I feel pretty inadequate about the whole thing. I feel so discouraged and frustrated that she could even entertain finding what she is already getting elsewhere. Each time we have broken up, she has come back because she tried finding a partner to make her happy, only to realize that I was giving her what she was looking for. I don't know what I am doing anymore. I've tried to move on and went no contact each time, but cannot seem to get over it. I feel awful. Yesterday, I told her I was feeling bad and told her that even if we are going through a patch where she needs her space, I would like for her to be sweet to me and love on me a bit with her affirmations, etc. She went to the store and bought me some snacks I enjoy and shared some dinner she made with me, but it all felt cold weirdly. She kept saying, I do love you, I do care deeply about you, but snapped at me when I asked if we could watch another episode of the show we were watching. On the one hand, those are nice gestures, but it felt like I wasn't getting any of the emotional assurance or affirmation I said I needed. Corgi Lover 90 says, cut your losses and stop getting back together with her. You are a safe backup and that is exactly what she will use you as. Don't let her. Tell her she is welcome to go explore the dating apps, but you two are done. No ultimatum, just be done. Because if this is how she is now, it will not get better. OP replied saying I told her a softer version of that the other day, but haven't been great about not communicating. I so badly want a life with her and was told that she never believed she wanted to marry another partner before, but felt that way about me this time. That was a week and a half ago, now this again. I'm struggling with understanding why I'm viewed as a safe backup to her, when I am also who she considers her best partner. I agree with you, it doesn't make any sense to me. Sex is great and she tells everyone about it. She says I make her feel seen and unconditionally loved, that I'm her best friend who she wants to share her moments with. Then why not me as a serious partner? South Coastal says, it sounds like she wants you as a backup and these breaks where she is unsure of you are just way of legitimately being allowed to sleep around, then come back to you because she misses you. She's 30, she should have scratched that itch by now. So I'd say she's not the marrying kind and if you do get married, she'll either cheat on you or carry on asking these ridiculous breaks whenever she meets someone and feels excited by the chase again. If you're looking for commitment, it's time to move on because you won't get it with her. OP replies one more time saying, I think that's right. I had legitimately a good time too while we were broken up, but dated casually and found myself missing her a ton. She was in a bad relationship with a partner who didn't meet her needs. I also think she should have scratched that itch by now. She says she has despite the obvious. I just feel so lost though. I felt confident when I was dating and had fun, but it wasn't the same. From the first time we hooked up to now, the sex has been amazing. We have the same idea of fun, same values, quarantine well, pushed each other to be better, and her family is so good to me. I'm afraid I won't find this again. I struggle to find it while dating around. It's like we have this chemical connection and I'm, and I'm having difficulty finding that elsewhere. So now we're going to move on to the update to see what that says. Update. 
We broke up after I found out she cheated on me pretty much immediately after the wedding we went to. She kept texting me, but the text seemed to become increasingly less affectionate each day. I learned that she is leaving me to get back with the guy she left me for the last time, who she left to get back with me. I'm deeply disappointed and feel pretty numb, to be honest. She often expressed how he was not a very attentive or considerate partner and was not particularly good in bed, which I wish I didn't know, even if she meant it as a compliment to me. I figured he was out of the picture after he had a bad public freakout and embarrassed himself by putting his hands on her and showing up to her place sobbing after calling her 30 times when she refused his advances and told him she and I were together. We had a conversation last night, likely our last. She acknowledged that I was the better partner but for whatever reason cannot see herself marrying me despite trying to. I asked her if she thinks she will marry him and she said she believes so. Yeah, right. She flip-flopped a few times at dinner saying she doesn't know whether or not she will marry him but currently has very strong feelings for him. She mentioned that one of the selling points of her getting back together with him was that he agreed to go to therapy after his breakdown and would allow her to keep me in her life if she wanted. I told her I had no interest in being platonic friends and that I felt like she was making a big mistake if she did end up marrying him. Her family and some of her friends were surprised and upset by her choice to get back with him. I told her I hope she finds someone who does treat her well and that she is sure about marrying and reiterated that. As someone who is involved in her life that she may regret the decision to get back with him. She acknowledged there are definite red flags and hid her head in my arms when I showed her her sister's responses to us breaking up slash cheating on me. We walked out of the bar, held each other for a while and went our separate ways. I don't know what will happen to her, but now I'm left to pick up the pieces. I am still pretty sad as this all happened in the span of the last three days, but I hope to continue working on myself. I take solace in knowing I was a good partner who was adored by her friends and family. I hope I will find someone who possesses her good, fun qualities, but I can trust and is sure about me. I'm not as despondent or as angry as the last two times we broke up, but feel pretty sad. Depressed? This will likely sting for a while. And I just gotta say, you don't want to be with this person. This person doesn't know what they want. Do you think that they're going back? They're probably telling this other partner exactly the same thing she's telling you. Do you think she goes to her partner and says, well, you're not very good in bed, but the other guy, he treats me nicely. So I'm, that's why I was with him. She tells him exactly the same things that she tells you. And I'm about 85% to 90% sure at one time she's going to message you again and want to get back together. It's, it's, and do you want that in your life? Do you want to go through? Like you can't trust this person. There's no way you can trust this person. Relationships are built on that. So I'd go far as no contact. This person isn't good for your mental health at all. But Lilith88 says, don't let the door hit her ass on the way out. If she thinks a man that does this and quotes, he had a bad public freakout and embarrassed himself while putting his hands on her and showing up to her place sobbing after calling her 30 times when she refused his advances and then says, is marriage material? She's fundamentally broken and that's on her to fix. I hope you heal and find whatever it is you are looking for in life. You don't deserve this kind of treatment. OP replies saying, lol, seriously, I don't get it. She called it scary little dick energy, but is deciding to get back with it. She said last night that she feels like a broken person to not want what I am giving her. Her friends and family are even saying they never saw her so happy with a partner as they did when she was with me. But apparently that isn't marriage material and this guy is. I seriously do not understand it and she says she doesn't either. She acknowledged that part of it may be his family has money and she also comes from money. 
I grew up poor, which I think is more of a subconscious turnoff for her than she is acknowledging. This dude so clearly is just trying to control her and views her as an extension of resource acquisition. She told me when we got back together that he would frequently talk about her parents' money and believes the purpose of his life is to procreate, obtain resources, and die, which is pretty fundamentally different than what she believes. I seriously do not understand this decision at all. And then the rest of the comments on this thread are just saying, dude, just leave her. Just let it go. You can do so much better for yourself. And I truly believe that in that situation as well. And I do worry about some of OP's language that, you know, if they she was to come back, would he go back with her? Yeah, hope not. But what do you guys think of this story? What would you do in that situation? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Now Titled 31 Female. Because of my husband's 42 male actions, I'm losing my friends and family. And as always, our relationship stories do come with an update. We have been married for almost 10 years and have two children together. Over the past few years, my friends and family members have distanced themselves from us to the point where some will no longer spend time with us. I know that my husband can be very rude and controlling, e.g. dictating where everyone sits when we're out at dinner with friends, playing only his music when we have people over at our house, picking fights with me in public, etc. And I can understand them not wanting to spend time socially with him. However, he will not let me go and spend time with them on my own. He is quite jealous of me. I asked my sister, 35 female, about this and she told me some rather disturbing things. Namely, that after her husband and mine had an argument, my husband had then started spreading rumors that her SO had interfered with our children. He then contacted her directly and implied that her husband was cheating on her. What the hell? Neither of these things have any basis in truth. One of my other friends recently told me that my husband told them I cheated on him all the time. They figured it was lies but felt uncomfortable talking to me about it. After I asked him why he would say that, he had a heated argument with them and screamed at them for interfering in his marriage. He picks fights with me when we're visiting with friends, making it awkward for everyone and has previously abandoned me at others' houses because he was angry. All of this adds up to them not wanting to spend time with him, but he makes it very difficult for me to maintain those friendships due to his jealousy. There is more, but I don't know how much information to provide. Please ask me if you have any questions. And there is like an, a mini update to this one, some relevant comments, then a further update as well. So I think we go to the mini update first and says, I just spoke with my sister and apologized for what my husband has said. As difficult as it was to get out, I told her that I was really unhappy and didn't know if I should stay with him. She told me that while she was not comfortable spending any time around him, she would always be there for me no matter what I decided. I am welcome in her house at any time. She also said that if I do decide to leave, she would love to have a stay with her while I sort things out. And when I asked her what she thought I should do, she said she couldn't tell me, but that I should think about things as though I was a close friend talking to myself. I don't know if that makes sense in writing it, but I hope you get the idea. Right now, I don't know what to do. And thinking through not only this, but other things he says and does, I am quite shattered. I feel sick. I don't know how I'll be able to handle my emotions when he gets home. The fact that he's spreading rumors, real horrible rumors that could cause an immense amount of trouble, jealous of you and being very controlling, even like when you're in a, a large friend group telling where people where they have to sit will only play his music and this is the way he's acting, dictating to people. And he's even gone as far as abandoning you at 
other houses when he gets angry and like calling you out in front of friend groups like that not having like a private discussion but calling you out in front of other people i gotta say is this someone that you really want to be with and it sounds like it's going down that road in the story at the moment and we'll find out in the update in a minute but we're going to cover a couple of comments then read the relevant replies to those and then move on to the update a deleted user says sounds like you need a divorce he's controlling your life in a way that you obviously don't want go seek help from a professional or confront him about these things yourself infernal wedgie says he's emotionally abusive no one likes him including you you want your kids to learn that abuse is the normal way to conduct the marriage no you don't open your own bank account lawyer up file for divorce generous heart says eventually the effort to maintain these community ties will become too exhausting and you'll let them go when that happens he'll be your only source of support and love you won't feel that you have any choice but to be obedient and please him because without him your world will crumble if that's not the kind of future you want get out now and one more comment from a deleted user who says, So I bet 10,000 bucks to pull a Romney that your friends and sister think you're in an emotionally abusive relationship. The anger, the lying, trying to drive people away. They know. If you search through this subreddit, you can read what almost everyone agrees will happen if, if they tell you that and try to get you to leave. If you aren't ready to admit it, there is a very good chance you'll deny it. Tell your husband what they said and they will be cut off from your life. It's embarrassing. You don't want to tell people. Your husband will certainly not want you to talk to them if they know. They won't be able to offer the little support they can right now. They are waiting. They're trying to stick it out for your sake, to give you what support they can and be there for you. Because if you weren't involved, they would have stopped talking to your husband years ago. He's a manipulative, lying asshole. He attempted to poison your sister's marriage with accusations of cheating. She certainly isn't doing anything for his sake. It's all for you. No one can force you to leave. Trying to force you will almost certainly fail. My advice to people in your sister's and friend's position is almost always to wait until the person asks for help, to accept the frustration and pain of watching this happen. Because trying to force someone to leave is almost impossible. This advice sadly does leave people in your situation feeling almost abandoned because surely your sister or friends would have said something, offered to help you, given you advice, told you to leave, done an intervention style thing. They would have done something, right? Maybe it's not as bad as you think because no one is telling you it's bad. They're just waiting and watching it happen. Maybe they don't care. I think they care. I think they put up with your husband's bullshit, lying and manipulating to keep you in their lives, to support you if you decide to leave, to be there for you. I bet if you call your sister, she'd be thrilled to help you. She'd tell you she's thought he was abusive for years but didn't know how to approach you about it that she's been waiting for you to ask so she could help you. I would be very surprised if she told you she didn't care. If she didn't care, I think she would have cut you off years ago and stopped putting up with your husband's bullshit, especially when he accused her of cheating and tried to ruin her marriage. Now we're gonna move on to the relevant comments from OP. So relevant comments. Commenters suggest couples therapy. I've raised this issue a few times now and his response is along the lines of I only said slash did this because he refused counseling even though I begged him to attend with me. It feels like he simply doesn't care I'm losing friends and when I show that it's upsetting me he criticizes them and tries to convince me that I'm better off without them. I'm scared of him and what it might spark if I leave and being on my own. That sounds pathetic even to me but I've never lived on my own or been responsible for everything myself. 
I moved in with my husband directly from my parents' house and it wouldn't be so scary if it were just me, but I have my children to care for and at present I work in our business. I would essentially be walking away from my job as well as my husband, but I also didn't expect such an overwhelming chorus of leave him, so I'm a little shaken right now. Commenters ask if OP can talk to anyone in her life or ask for help. I think I could talk to my sister. We've always been close. I'm ashamed and embarrassed by what my husband said about her husband. He doesn't know. I hope that she told me what he had said. Most of my friends have gotten married in the last few years, so no, no divorcees there, but none of them would judge me, I think, and although I don't see my parents that often, I know they would give me their support. They do live a few hours away, though. And all of those relevant comments that from that last large comment we read where, you know, trying to separate you from your friends, and in that very first comment, it said, he's trying to convince you that you're better off without them. And it's crazy how the mind works, isn't it? You know, everyone in the comment section seeing... The, the, the signs there but obviously op isn't because they've been stuck in the situation and you know they've relied on this person ever since they moved out of their parents house and lived with them for all this time so they don't know any different and this post is the wake up that they may potentially need which we're going to find out in the update right now so updates well it took about a month to finally tell him that i was done i was leaving but i did it Another month before I was able to move out properly, but I stuck to my decision and here I am eight and a half months later. I struggle a lot with the things he has slash is putting me through, but my friends and family have been fantastic support. One thing that stuck out in all of this was his reaction when I first told him that I wanted to leave. He broke down, told me how sorry he was, he would change, he loved me, etc. And I had some hope that things would improve. The next morning, he started the most god-awful fight, screaming at me for even thinking of leaving him. How could I do that to him? How he would never trust me with his heart again, and all kinds of other bullshit. He started throwing things, ripped the curtains down, drank about half a bottle of vodka, and I just left. All I could think was how his reaction was all about him. This kind of crap continued for the next couple of weeks. I slept in the spare room, but would wake up to him snuggling against me. He kept buying me perfume and flowers, but then would smash something or scream at me in front of the kids. He didn't lay a hand on me, but I think there were times where he was close to it. Oh, and then he overdosed on some anti-anxiety medication his doctor had prescribed. So I called an ambulance and let them take him to hospital, which meant that I didn't care at all apparently. His new girlfriend moved in within weeks of me moving out. That was a surprise. I honestly don't know if he cheated on me, but he had her lined up pretty quickly hasn't stopped him from sending me about a million messages demanding that we work on our marriage. At the same time, he spread lies about how I left him for another man or he dumped me because I cheated on him. So many lies I don't know how he keeps track of them all. I just don't reply to him or his friends anymore. It will be another few months before I can file for divorce. We have to be separated for 12 months first, but I'm happier. My days are peaceful, aside from the nasty messages I get and my friends are wonderful. I've been in counseling, which has helped me some, but to be honest, I think just being away from him has been the best thing for me. I don't know how the property settlement will end up. He keeps making threats to bankrupt us, which I doubt he would do, but still. The court system here is pretty fair apparently, so I just give it to my solicitor. It's too much stress for me to try and deal with. My children are adjusting slowly. They are with me almost all the time. When we were going through the breakup month, my ex was pretty horrible in front of them, so it will take time for them to heal, but we will be okay. 
got to say that update set me off on the very first paragraph to hear you know that they finally got out of an abusive relationship and their friends and family came together to support them oh we after reading one of those relevant comments where you said you felt ashamed and embarrassed by what your husband said about her husband and you know you felt trapped in this situation to then read that update was just amazing and i know you're not out of the woods yet in the in, in your mental health and your children and stuff like that but this is just a huge bloody positive in my books and one day i hope we do get a further update to see how their life has improved and it will improve and i do wonder what the ex is going to be up to are they going to continue to harass op can op get some sort of restraining order against them because that is just not someone that you want in your life is it hobo gauntlet says congratulations it's hard but you'll pull through it good job i wish the best for you and your children to which op replies saying thank you it's been hard but i know i've done the right thing decolt says thanks for the update it sounds like this is as close to a happy ending as you're going to get as far as the nasty messages go you might want to think about getting a restraining order that would also have the advantage of getting his behavior on record before divorce proceedings begin op replies saying yes not the happiest but i am happier i couldn't bear the thought of staying with him for another year now i turn this one to you guys what do you guys make of this situation as i said i think the update is a positive one although it sounded like op had a bit of a, a road ahead of them this can only be a positive right let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to another story and our next story comes from pixie mixie who says I, 30 female, just learned my husband, 31 male, has feelings for my sister-in-law, 29 female, and hates my brother, 32 male. Hi Reddit, sorry if this ends up being a clusterfuck. I really need some advice. Throwaway account and names change just in case. My sister-in-law, Kate. My brother, Kate's husband, Charlie. My husband, Jack. I've been married to Jack for four years and we've been together since high school. Our marriage is pretty great and we have our ups and downs, but we're usually able to work through it and talk about our feelings like adults. We were just starting to discuss having children before this came up. Now things are a mess and I don't know what to do. Charlie and Kate have been married for five years and also have been together since high school. My brother and I have been extremely close since we were kids. He's always there for me and I love him with all my heart. Kate is a wonderful person and is one of my best friends. She's my family now too, and I love her to death. She's sweet, funny, and a great friend. Charlie and Kate have a great marriage. Honestly, even better than my own. They're a real team. They're always there for each other, and you can tell that they really love each other. From what I know, they're currently trying to conceive. I'm so excited to be an aunt. We've all gotten along until now. This is the first time anything like this has happened. About two weeks ago, Charlie invited us over to have a few drinks and hang out at their place to celebrate Kate's birthday. It was going okay at first. We talked about having kids and our jobs and generally caught up. Jack ended up drinking way too much. He started flirting with Kate and she was obviously uncomfortable. Told Jack to stop it multiple times and tried to stay away from him. Charlie started getting irritated, rightly so. Jack was flirting with his wife and being a drunken idiot and told Jack to stop again multiple times i also tried to get jack to knock it off and shut up but he wouldn't and i was honestly pissed off too jack got pissed when charlie tried to intervene he told charlie how much he hated him and wished he was dead then went on to confess how much he loves kate and wishes he would have ended up with her 
Jack decided to try and kiss and touch Kate. She freaked out and Charlie was done. He told us both to get the fuck out. I dragged Jack out of there and I was shocked and disgusted at his behavior. The next day, Jack told me he did have feelings for Kate and was resentful of Charlie because of it. He told me that he loved me and he would never cheat on me. He was drunk and what he did was a mistake. He apologized over and over again for his behavior, promised me he loved me and wanted to be with me, etc. He apologized to Charlie and Kate for what happened, but they aren't happy. I'm still not sure how to feel. His behavior was awful, inappropriate and borderline assault. It also makes me feel shitty that he hates my brother. I talked to Charlie the other day. He told me that he isn't comfortable having Jack around anymore, especially around Kate. Apparently, she's pretty shaken up by what's happened. The unwanted touching, attempted kiss and love confession and incredibly uncomfortable around Jack. I understand completely, but now I'm stuck. I'm just angry, upset and unsure of what to do. I don't want my relationship with my brother and sister-in-law to be ruined because Jack was an asshole. I don't know what to do about Jack's confession. It honestly makes me feel sick to my stomach. It all came out of nowhere. Everything was great before this. We were all friends. Now my husband apparently loves another woman and wishes my brother was dead. I want to salvage this because I do love Jack, I really do, but I have no idea where to start. I want to start to be a part of my future nieces and nephews life. I want to be able to be around my brother and sister-in-law because they are wonderful people and I love them so much. It's all crashing down and I don't know how to handle it. Is there a way to work through this? What should I do? Can I salvage this? Perspective, advice and opinions please. Now, to me, he did this when he was drunk, which, you know, is not acceptable in any way whatsoever. But then, the next morning, when he was sober, he said exactly the same thing, that he confessed his love for Kate. There's only one thing for this, I believe, and that is to get that divorce. Why would you want to be with someone who's confessing their love for someone else? It seems pretty clear-cut to me, unless I'm missing something here. And I'm not playing down that you've been together for four years and you obviously have a lot of feelings for this person but you also say you know your marriage is pretty great but it's not as good as someone else's marriage which worried me as well maybe it shouldn't have but hey a couple of comments on this one says you really want to stay with a man who tried to force himself intimately on your brother's wife told her in front of you and her husband that he's in love with her and wishes he wasn't with you and told your brother he wants him dead come on op have some self-respect Oh my God says, you get divorced. He admitted while sober that he was in love with her. Love says, honestly, OPE, I think this was a gift to you. You were both just talking about having children together. You were literally just saved from being attached to this asshole for the rest of your life through a child with him. You were spared, OP. You seriously need to talk to a lawyer and get a divorce in the works. I know you've been married for four years. You've been together since high school, but the length of a relationship is no reason to settle just because you are comfortable. You might try to justify it and say, well, he was drunk. Well, I say that's exactly the point. I'm not sure about anyone else, but alcohol and getting drunk makes things that are hard to say much, much easier for me. Liquid confidence, as they say. He got totally trashed and let his emotions, rage, jealousy, and desires spew out, but not just to you, to your brother and his wife. He practically assaulted your sister-in-law. He 100% completely betrayed you. He made an irreparable tear in his and your brother's relationship. Shit, he made an irreparable shitstorm between everyone in this. Honestly, OP, if you want to save your relationship with your brother and sister-in-law, you need to get rid of this fool. 
Sometimes there are scenarios that are worth the work and try to save a marriage and relationship, but this one screams divorce from every direction. You shouldn't settle. You shouldn't permanently damage yours and your brother's and your sister-in-law's relationship over this. Most importantly, you shouldn't stay with a man that will apparently love you second to your sister-in-law. And one more that says your husband has just blown apart your marriage and your family relationship unless Charlie and Kate end up with amnesia. I can't imagine them ever comfortably interacting with him again, especially not in situations with alcohol. If you do choose to stay with him, you should prepare yourself for the fact that he will not be welcomed around them again. So now we're going to move on to the update to see what happens next. Update. I want to start off by thanking everyone for their advice, kind words and even tough love. I've decided to end our marriage and get a divorce ASAP. It's heartbreaking and painful for me to do this, but honestly, I don't think I could live with knowing my husband loves another woman and assaulted her in front of me. The fact that this is my sister-in-law makes it even worse. I don't think we can come back from this and I would always feel like I wasn't his first choice. Plus, he touched and kissed Kate without her consent, which is an awful thing to do by itself. I sat down and really, really thought about what happened and how it made me feel. It made me feel disgusted, hurt and angry. It made me feel like an idiot. It broke my heart. I couldn't believe the man I loved, the man I had been with for almost a decade of my life, would betray me and hurt me like this. It almost doesn't feel real. To think we were going to have kids, to think I trusted him and gave him all the love I could, it fucking hurts. A lot of you suggested that maybe he married me so he could be close to Kate. We sat down last night, I showed him your comments and he broke down. He admitted to me that yes, he did marry me to be closer to her. It's always been her. From day one of our relationship, it's been a ploy to stay close to Kate. Not only is this devastating to me, but it's extremely creepy and I feel bad that Kate ever had to be around Jack. His intentions were almost predatory. Who knows what he would have done to Kate if her husband and I hadn't been there to intervene. I honestly think he would have done some truly horrible things to her, given the chance. He begged me to stay. He promised he loved me. He could get over Kate. He wanted me. I was his soulmate. We were meant to be together. He would go to therapy to work on his issues and we would be okay. He was sobbing and begging, trying to convince me to stay. I wasn't hearing it. I'm done. He's a liar. He's been lying to me for years. He's creepy, horrible, and I can't live with him knowing what he did and how he truly feels. I called Charlie to talk to him about everything. Like always, he's here for me. He's incredibly pissed at Jack because of what Jack did to Kate. Kate is still shaken up and upset. She feels violated and her trust in Jack, someone she considered her friend for years, has been destroyed. Charlie told me that if I had chosen to stay with Jack, it was very likely our relationship would have died right then and there. Charlie told me he refused to talk to anybody who believed what Jack did to Kate, assaulted her, was okay or forgivable, even if that somebody was me. He also thinks what Jack did to me for all these years is beyond cruel and he's angry about that too. I still have to contact a lawyer and get things in order. It's only been a day since I've made my decision. But you were all so, so helpful to me. I can't begin to express how thankful I am for your comments. In the end, my brother and sister-in-law are the people that matter most to me. They're my real family, the people who love me. And they are here to support me through this decision. I'm young. There's still hope for me to find someone who sincerely loves me. There's still hope of starting a family. There's still time left for all of that. 
I'd rather take my chances of finding someone new than staying with Jack. Thank you again for everything. Editor Update 2 Thanks for the condolences and kind words. It really means a lot to me to address some concerns. I will be extra careful and keep an eye out for anything Jack tries to do. Like many of you have said, his obsession is unraveling. So he might do something drastic. I'm going to contact my lawyer ASAP to start seeing what I can do. Change all of my passwords, get my bank accounts in order, etc. I've also removed any information of my future whereabouts and plans as some of you suggested. I'm going to book an appointment with a therapist. I feel like it would benefit me and help me work through this whole thing. Kate doesn't want to talk or interact with Jack, but she is thinking about getting a restraining order. Understandably, she doesn't feel safe around Jack at all and would rather have nothing to do with him. She's also going to be extra careful. Since she's the person of Jack's obsession and he'll probably try contacting her or doing something crazy. Charlie is there to protect her. He's a former Marine at 6'3 and pretty dang intimidating. I'm sure they'll both be okay. We're all here for each other. Some people don't believe this is real because of my timeline. I said we've been together since high school in the last post, but then said almost a decade in this post. This was a mistake. I meant to type over a decade. I can't prove the validity of my story, so you have to take my word for it. I don't really feel the need to explain myself here. You either believe me or you don't. It's a bizarre situation. I can't explain Jack's behavior any better than you can. On the bright side, Charlie and Kate are still trying for a baby, so there's a pretty good chance I'll be an aunt in the near future. There's still hope for me to find the one. In the meantime, I'm going to focus on me and moving on from this whole thing. My wordy word, where do you go from that? Obviously, the update is a positive update. Getting out of that situation was the right thing to do. You are always going to be second best in that situation, as we discovered. But to find out that all this time, everything was like a ploy to get to someone else is absolutely mind-blowing to me. How about you? What do you guys make of this situation? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Girlfriend thinks she is 80% the reason for my success and got mad when I told her she is not. I've been dating my girlfriend for about three and a half years now. I am 29 and she is 28. Overall, our relationship is great and we have a good dynamic. Today, we hosted some family members because I got a huge promotion. While her mum was congratulating me, she said something along the line that she is 80% the reason for what I have achieved in life. To this, I just said, yeah, you wish. After this, she has been pretty mad at me. I don't appreciate her, which is not true. I do appreciate her and acknowledge her help, but 80% seems a bit too much to me. To be fair to me, it's me who has a double masters and an ACCA qualification. It is also me who has worked 85 hours a week for the last four to five years. To her, I am trying to take away her sacrifices and just being an ungrateful douche. It's not like she stayed back and hurt her career for mine. She did also work towards hers, but only got a bachelor's and has worked 35 to 40 hours a week for the duration of our relationship. I see this as a little red flag. Not enough to end the relationship, but I would like to get the credit where I deserve it. She says we can talk when I am ready to acknowledge what she has done for me fairly, which to her is again 80%. How the fuck should I deal with this? My mum thinks I should just agree with her if that makes her happy, but I don't think that's fair to me. Any advice and opinion on my relationship? English is not my first language, so please forgive the spelling and grammatical errors. Edit. Looks like I need to add some info because this is being asked again and again. We don't live together. 
We'd planned to move in together, but due to COVID, we couldn't. We did help each other financially, like loaning each other money, but was for like three months at a time. I don't know why people think I'm trying to flex working 85 hours a week, but I'm not. It was info that I thought was essential to give context in the post. 85 hours is no flex, but I had to do it to turn my life around. Me saying above that she only has a bachelor is just in comparison for the sake of this post and to give context. I've not ever shitted on her achievement and considered them inferior to mine, nor have I ever claimed 80 of what she has achieved. To be honest, if she wouldn't have quantified it, I would have no problem with it. Like myself, say this, that I couldn't have done it without her, but 80% now, come on. People also seem interested in why and how I work so much. Well, I have a job every one of us does, which is 40 hours, six days a week. And I was also trying to get my business started with my brother, which I work 40 to 45 hours, seven days a week. If you average this out, this is equal to 12 and a half hours, seven days a week. All that being said, I couldn't leave one or the other. I needed my job to pay bills and have money while I also wanted to get the business established so I could chill a little. Right now, I think I just have to keep this up for a couple more years to get everything where I want it. Edit two, I did mention this in another comment. The things she has done from my point of view and that I know she did are being emotionally there. She loaned me a significant amount of money once on short notice, which I paid her back in three months. I've done the same for her. She also takes care of my dog once or twice every two months when I'm out of the city and I'm grateful and thankful to her for these. My house chores, cooking, cleaning and laundry situation is different than most. My neighbor has a catering business and I worked out a plan for them for three meals a day. I also have a maid that comes two times a week so my place is in living condition and not a pile of shit. I do my own laundry like I should. Now before we go into the update, I'm not sure how I feel about this one. I definitely think that the girlfriend is wrong for saying, and it's even strange that someone would come out and say, I'm 80% responsible for your success. Even just mentioning that percentage seems weird to me. I'm not sure about you. And you cleared up your some of the language as well, where you're saying she only got a bachelor's degree in, which sounded a bit negative at first, but then you cleared that up in the edit that you didn't mean it that way. And I don't want to play down girlfriends feelings at 100% here because there must have been some sacrifice given here make it hate for this because you're working 85 hours a week for the last four to five years you've been together three and a half years so for most of that time and I'm not saying you're the bad guy for for working that amount of hours but just will it work for your relationship it just might mean you're incompatible at this moment in time I don't know but end Karen's now says, so you don't even live together and she's got it in her head. Your multiple degrees in hard work are because of her sacrifice. How the fuck? What did she even sacrifice? Not seeing you every weekend. OP replied saying, only see each other once a week did suck, but I'm not gonna lie, you know. We both were trying to be somewhere by the time we are 30. The emotional support was there, but I can't quantify it. But if I was able to, it wouldn't in hell be 80%. 60k replies that saying, look, this shit isn't reasonable no matter how you slice it. I have a very demanding job, but my girlfriend is in grad school. So I work, but I also come home and take care of most of the household items and our pets. You know what I'm not doing? Her work. When she graduates, I'm going to take zero credit for what she's achieving right now. And we live together, so I'm able to offer significantly more support than your partner was to you. If I were you, I'd take a long, hard look if you want to be with someone who feels comfortable trying to lay claim to someone else's success like that. 
on the bright side, you may end up with a brilliantly overpaid middle manager in your life at least. Trainer856 says, y'all are absolutely crazy. First of all, they don't even live together, so it's reasonable to assume he's taking care of wherever he lives, mainly by himself. Secondly, she hasn't provided any financial support to him while he's been doing all this, and all you people can concentrate on is how he's diminishing her achievements. What the fuck? She has literally, in front of her family, attempted to take 80% of the credit for his ridiculous amount of studying and work, and you people want to talk about diminishing achievements. This sub is wild sometimes. Shake my head. Look, man, I'm in the same boat as your partner. My girlfriend has almost finished the final part of her four-year nursing degree while working pretty much full-time throughout it. She goes to work, comes home, goes straight into study for hours. Therefore, I cook our dinner, clean and tidy the house, make the bulk of the money, and try to make her life easier any way I can. But I would never, ever attempt to tell anyone that I deserve any credit, let alone 80 fucking percent. And I think I'm probably doing more for her than your girl is doing for you. That shit is wild, and the fact that she's pushing the issue is just another red flag. Do not do what your mum says and just agree with her to pacify her as this could set the groundwork for a very unhealthy relationship. Sit her down, speak to her, maybe ask why she thinks she deserves 80% of the credit for the work you've done and go from there. Edit, holy shit, thanks so much for the awards. My first ones ever. To clarify, because I look like a dude yelling at clouds <laughs> when I first read this through. The top four to five comments were all having a crack at OP about how he treated his partner. He has also since clarified that she did loan him money, but he paid it back. Medio says, it's so weird that she specified a percentage. Coconut1231 says, why does she think that? What did she do that she thinks she's the reason for your achievements? Did she work for you? Did she study for you? I don't get it at all. To which OP replies saying, I do believe having a supportive partner helps a lot in times of stress, but quantifying this and taking more than three quarters of the credit is just unfair and stupid. And one more from Libra Woman 1 who says, wow, you're 29. She's been in your life three years, yet she's 80% responsible for all your successes in life. Doesn't leave much room for your parents or you. The ultimate Mr. Bean slacker who apparently stumbles around all day, not getting anything actually done. What I see here comes down to she has to have credit, attention, and limelight on her. She can't have anyone else receive recognition, accolades, a moment in the sun, and must make it about her. To this end, she feels she also has to push others down. She sounds tiresome. If she's the type to constantly talk about what she does, sacrifice, contributes, especially when it's not extraordinary, and tallies up on a scorecard, that is not a collaborative partner. Now... What are you guys thinking so far on this one? Let us know your thoughts before we move on to the update. Update. Girlfriend and I talked about what happened and, and how we both could have refrained from saying what we said. After talking it out, the best option just to take a break and be friends. Most people in my last post wanted me to sit her down and make her write her contributions, which honestly, no offense, sounded like a terrible idea. It was too confrontational and I knew she wouldn't have written anything meaningful anyway. Like, what was she supposed to write? That she got me an Egg McMuffin the other day? <laughs> I simply asked her what was going on and why she got so upset when I was dismissive, rightfully in my opinion, of her outrageous claims. She admitted 80% came out wrong, but she only doubled down on it because I handled the situation horribly. I do appreciate her being there, but her literal contribution to my life is close to none, other than the 3,000 she lent to me once. 
which I paid her back three weeks later. I can't think of anything else. As for the emotional support, I 100% agree that was there and made things a little easier now and then. I still have a few more years to go before I have my business all sorted out so I can leave my job, but until then, I'm sticking to my schedule. And before we go on to the next paragraph because this needs to be filled in, it says, we have decided that we need to take a break and figure ourselves out first before we continue this relationship. Then goes on to say, this break kind of also makes sense with the promotion. I got transferred to the HO and will definitely increase the distance between us. Managing the business will be a little difficult, but my brother has agreed to manage all local activities fully, so that eases my burden a lot. My brother owns part of the business. This is not the way I imagined things to turn out, but here we are. She brought up to remain exclusive, even though we're on a break, which made little sense to me. As of now, there are no boundaries and we are just friends. We have worked out most of the stuff and we'll iron out the remaining problems as friends and probably will date again if either of us didn't find anyone else. Also wanted to say to all these people that jumped on her, she isn't a bad person. We all say stupid stuff and do ridiculous things. It was just not her day. Edit, like one commenter said, just be exclusive. Then during the break, if either of you wants to date or sleep around, then that person can make the break into a breakup. I'll talk to her about this. This honestly didn't come up in our conversation and seems like a good approach. There also seems to be a misunderstanding. If you read my original post, I said that English is not my native language. That's probably that is why what I said didn't come across right. We talked about this. We both agreed on everything at the end and everything is clear to both of us and we do want the same thing. Guys, also take it easy on the English. Some references you're all using, I don't even understand. <laughs> Now, how would you feel if you was in a similar situation? Say, you was with your partner who was with four years or more, say, and, you know, in front of the family, they claimed that your successes in life was 80% because of them. And they specified this percentage, which, again, I find weird in itself. But how would you feel if your partner did this? Would it bother you? Would it not? This couple clearly went on to have a break and this may be final. Who knows? But what would you do in that situation? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to another story. And our next story comes from Throw Rain to Me 12, who says, My 28 male girlfriend's 30 female best friend told me that my girlfriend didn't like me when we started our relationship. And this story does follow with an update as well. We have been dating for six years. My girlfriend and I met and she was doing pretty badly for herself. She had dropped out of college, working a dead end job, and her anxiety was through the roof. Over the last six years, she has done remarkably well for herself. She completed her degree and she is much better able to deal with her anxiety. Her career has started to take off and she was hired for a dream job. She is thriving and I want her to. She has changed and I'm so happy to see her be who she wants to be. She has been very busy with her new job lately and we rarely get to spend time together. She is also making new friends at work and hanging out with them. I've met them a few times and they are all smart, attractive people. People have always looked at us oddly because she is gorgeous and I am not. A few people have stared bug-eyed at us and said, you guys are dating. It really didn't affect me as much earlier on, but now that she is doing so well, I'm just starting to wonder if she's going to wise up and she deserves better. Sometimes I worry that she started to date me because she has very low self-esteem and she just wanted someone to love her. We were hanging out at our place with her best friend. We were all pretty drunk and my girlfriend fell asleep on the couch while we were still drinking. 
Her friend has a tendency to talk a lot when she is drunk. She talked to me. She told me that she liked me and she hadn't really expected the relationship to last because my girlfriend wasn't really into me but wanted someone to care for her and dote on her because she was feeling really horrible about herself. She told me that being with me has been really good for her and then she started to cry and talk about how she was incredibly worried about her during that time. I awkwardly comforted her and fell asleep too. I have been thinking about this conversation a lot. I know it is silly. My girlfriend has been nothing but loving and this is a great relationship, but all my insecurities are being inflamed by what I learned. I haven't talked to her about it, but I feel like it's a gut punch. I am so worried now that she is going to break up with me when she realizes she can do better than me. I just don't know what I can do about this. I think she doesn't know what her friend told me and I just feel incredibly wound up right now. I just should talk to her, but I'm not really prepared for what could happen if it goes sideways. Now, I think it's pretty easy to come into this one like myself and come from the outside and say, dude, you've been together for six years. Give your head a wobble. She obviously loves you for being with you for that amount of time. And you're clearly a wonderful person that she loves. But it's obviously not that simple because these insecurities are in your head. And, and I may be wrong in this one, but I think communication will be key in this you know approaching your girlfriend like you said at the very end there i mean what do you expect to happen if you say that you're having some issues yourself you're having some issues mentally with the way that you're feeling and you're seeing that she's doing so great and blossoming which you love obviously you wouldn't put it as a negative on her because this is not her problem this is your own insecurities at play here and maybe i'd maybe even go as far as showing her this post because I think your first paragraph was absolutely beautiful. The way that you talk about your partner, I can see you clearly love her and you want her to do the best in life, but you've got some insecurities going on yourself at the moment. And I think that's part of building these relationships, sharing your insecurities, sharing your feelings with each other, and it can only make you stronger. That's kind of the way I feel about this one anyway. And before we go to the update, we'll cover a couple of the comments giving some advice to OP as well from 8 Cirrus who says, so I have this friend whose type is basically immature self-centered douchebags. That's who she gets excited about after one or two dates. That's who really gets her going with a new relationship energy. Unsurprisingly, her relationships tended to go to shit after six months because she kept dating immature self-centered douchebags because uh, these dudes totally sucked. She went on a few dates with a fella and he seemed really nice and she found him pretty attractive but she wasn't super into him. Like he seemed great but maybe not for her. All her friends and I were like, dude, think about the guys you're super into. They all suck. You kind of like this guy and he's, but he's not really your type. We've established your type ends badly so give this dude who isn't your type a few more dates and see how it goes. It went great. They are still together even though she wasn't crazy about him in the very beginning. It's been like 10 years. Sometimes what you think you want isn't actually what you want. And sometimes you try something you're not that into and it turns out perfect. If your girlfriend is still with you after six years, it's because she decided she really does like you, even if she wasn't sure at the beginning. The Mirror's Truth says, I think you really need to stop equating your value with your physical appearance. If you're a good partner, a good person, a good friend, etc., those are important. You were there for her at her worst. If she leaves you because she wants someone better looking, she isn't trading up. You are. You're worthy of love and respect, but she's not one expressing any of this. As per your words, she's been nothing but loving and it's a great relationship. Don't listen to the friend. 
she could be jealous or prefer keeping her friend down. But you should talk about it with your girlfriend and get resolution. Edit, one more thing to add, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You and others might not find you gorgeous, but she could. OP replies saying, I have a hard time doing it. I grew up being treated like shit because I wasn't fair. It really fucked me up. I will talk to her. I don't think her friend was trying to be malicious, but just has no filter when drunk. Eden Burning says, I think it would be a wise idea to tell your girlfriend you're struggling a little bit with your self-esteem and tell her how you feel. I would want to know if my partner felt the way you do, and then you two can work together to address that, and therapy wouldn't hurt either. One more from Rattler Big who says, dude, you're looking at this wrong. For example, if she's a 10 and you are not, and sounds like you're happy to admit that you're not, it means that the rest of you, personality, intellect, etc., is a seriously impressive package that she finds appealing. If someone hotted into you, take it as a compliment it is and move ahead with confidence. So let's head on to the update to see what that says. Update. I really needed people reassuring me because I was assuming the worst things. I knew that I needed to talk to her. I told her what friend had told me and it was bothering me and I was not in a good mental space right now and was blowing it out of proportion. I just wanted her to reassure me a little. She was surprised but she said she had been into me but she wasn't sure I was into her and she had thought she was wasting time dating someone who wasn't into her and was trying to cool her feelings for me. She complained about me a lot to her best friend at the start but she said she had a huge crush on me before I asked her out. She said she had been expecting to be swept off her feet and for me to pursue her intensely, make grand romantic gestures early on and I was not doing all of those things and she thought if I had no interest at the start then I would be a lousy boyfriend. She was expecting me to show my real nature just like her ex-girlfriend did. She said it took her some time to realize that our relationship is healthy and I was really into her. She realized the immediate you are my soulmate, I will love you forever thing that her ex-girlfriend did was incredibly toxic to actually building a healthy relationship. It really did reassure me because we have talked about her ex-girlfriend before and the impact she had on my girlfriend and it was a very toxic relationship. I also finally talked about how I felt out of the league. She told me she found me attractive and she didn't care what others had to say. We had a long conversation about our relationship and we're going to make more time for each other. I will probably cut my hours at work. I'm also pretty sure she's going to propose soon. She said, I even bought a ring when reassuring me. I pretended not to hear that. I'm going to start therapy. These are all things that I was able to just shrug them off, but they are bothering me now and that is mostly on my self-esteem rather than anything my girlfriend has done. I quite enjoyed hearing the girlfriend's side of things, the way she got herself into the relationship and she thought you wasn't really into her. And I, I'm guessing again, because of your own insecurities that gave off that vibe initially. And I can see myself, especially in my, my younger years, giving off that vibe as well. Thinking I'm not good enough in some sort of way to approach another person and just have a conversation like that. But OP playing it smart and going to therapy and you know, proposing soon from the girlfriend it sounds absolutely amazing and so I'm, I'm taking this as a complete positive update to me but what do you guys think of this one have you ever found yourself in a similar scenario before i would love to hear it down in the comments below asks my girlfriend 32 female told me 27 male to get a real job or else she is going to break up with me for the last three years i've been thinking about the conversation i had with my girlfriend and i don't know what to do 
I cannot tell this to my friends or my family because they are not really fond of my girlfriend and I already know what they are going to say and I need objectivity. I should begin with giving a little background information on what I do and about myself. After my freshman year of high school, I was sent to live with my grandfather's brother, who was recently diagnosed with stage 5 chronic kidney disease. My uncles were living abroad, my parents were working and my grandmother was taking care of my grandfather, who was constantly sick and was too emotional to look after my granduncle and I took the responsibility because he was family and we take care of each other in my family. My granduncle had lost his wife and son in a car accident in the 1990s and had been alone ever since. Although he used to come to family gatherings, he worked as a crane operator in the Far East and invested nearly all of his money in our home country and had a small fortune by the time he died. I stayed in the city he lived in, where he and his family used to live and he refused to move to our city despite our pleas during the rest of my high school years and studied college there. I grew up so much there and I learned so much from him and he used to describe me to people saying, he is like my son. After college, he urged me to go back to the city where my parents lived and start my life there because there were more opportunities there and he could find a nurse for himself. I was 22 at the time I moved back into the city and into my own place. It's around this time my girlfriend's mandatory service in the east as a doctor, neonatologist, had ended and she returned back to the city. We were first introduced in a housewarming party of a mutual friend and then run into each other in a coffee shop and we've been inseparable ever since. I started working as a translator for a TV network. As a freelance writer for foreign news outlets and I would give private lessons to elementary school students. One of my uncles is child free and is against relationships and he would send me money every month. All in all, I was in a very comfortable place financially. About one and a half years into our relationship, my granduncle died and I inherited nearly all his wealth, including all his assets and most of his money, except for a small amount he left for the nurse that took care of him after I had left. Later, I learned that my uncles and my father advised him to do so because they all trusted me to keep the family comfortable and use the money smartly. And my uncle even told me that I deserved it for being there for him when he needed someone. I invested the money smartly and rented most of the houses. I also kept my job as a translator and a free agent writer, but I stopped working as a private teacher. A friend of mine wanted to move his textile business to a bigger place and offered me to be his partner, which I accepted in a heartbeat because it was a great opportunity. I've been traveling and talking to our clients and making the deals and that's basically all I do. So I've been working at most two to three hours a day for the last two years and I've been focusing on improving myself intellectually and physically and I spend more time with my family and friends. All in all, I make more than three times that of my girlfriend. I thought she was happy with my life choices and I thought she got my back but it turns out she really despises my work life and wants me to get a desk job somewhere other than my firm because that would not be fair. She says I need to be a responsible adult and show our future kids a proper work ethic and she says I have been immature and a man-child. I tried to reason to her that I was spending more time on myself and I get to do things that I couldn't in the past regarding reading, studying, different topics, languages and working out. I had an accident in the past so I had to stop working out but now that I have the time I want to do that. When I told her this, she told me that muscles don't make a man and told me to either man up and find a real job or she is leaving me. I really don't want to find a 9 to 5 desk job. I didn't want to do that even before I got my inheritance. That's why I was working from home as a translator or writer. I don't want to break up with her because I love this woman so much and I look up to her and admire her. 
I cannot talk this with any of my family members as they all still hold a grudge against her for a thing that happened three years ago. And my friends are, I sense, not fond of her either. They don't know what she means to me. I don't know what to do anymore. How do I navigate through this? I tried talking to her again, but she straight up told me to give her an answer and she has been giving me the silent treatment. Please help. Now, I got to say with that last paragraph, red flags were going up for me when, you know, you said something happened three years ago and your family members hold a grudge against her. But then you also went on to say you think your friends are not fond of her either. So I certainly hope we're going to find out more about that in the update. But to me, for someone to put you down, for wanting to live your life and do better for yourself, you know, to make positive changes in your life and then to bring you down and want you to do a nine to five. Why would someone that loves you want that for you? And that's what the question that's popping into my head. Why would someone that loves you want you to do the boring nine to five and to drop an ultimatum like that on you, you know, get a job or I'm leaving you. Yeah, it just makes no sense to me. And I think this is only going to end one way. But let's cover a couple of comments before we move on to the update. And we're going to cover a couple of comments which are which OP replies to first from Coop de Romance who says, I would also look into your attachment with this woman, that you love her so much and look up to her despite your family and friends saying she's bad for you, despite her emotionally abusing you by calling you a man child, disrespecting your work history and jealousy over your well-to-do work status. Your feelings for her sound like they're overpowering your will to follow your own reason. Something is not right here. I could be wrong on this one, but sounds like you weren't initially happy parting with your parents. Did that or something else ruin your relationship with your mother or father? I feel like somehow this is letting you think the way she's talking to you is okay. My advice, make up your own mind, do what you want. You said not a nine to five, I'd stay at your attractive work. Tell her you love her and this is your choice. Either she's happy for you or you part ways. You'll eventually get over it. One more thing, if I'm right about your parents, see a therapist and see to it that you never settle for another manipulative person who doesn't appreciate what you have achieved. You have a good life, friend. Keep making it better. I wish you luck. OP replied to this saying, thank you for the advice, but I feel like I need to clarify some things. My parents are amazing people and they have always been there for me. The whole family has. When they sat me down and explained why I needed to go and stay with my granduncle, I was really truly okay with it. I am extremely happy that I did because I learned so much from my granduncle and my time apart from my family made me want to spend more time with them and see what's truly important in life for me when I return back to the city. My relationship with my parents is really unique among friends too. I go out with them as if we're friends and we do different activities together. I even hold their hands, imagine like a toddler, as a joke and we laugh at the reactions people give to us. Again, thank you for the advice. I really, really appreciate you taking your time to analyze my situation and giving me your perspective. Shopping Various 1009 says, I stopped reading when I read that your family and friends don't like your girlfriend. Family is one thing, but your friends don't like your girlfriend? That's a huge red flag if I've ever seen one. The red flag is from your girlfriend, by the way. OP replies saying and explaining a bit saying, I think they are being unfair to my girlfriend. I explained the situation in another comment and I am pasting it here. I used to do voluntary work, be it helping kids in orphanage with their homework, helping animals, etc. Back in high school and college whenever I had the time. During the first summer of college, I was presented with an opportunity to help build a library and renovate a school in Somalia as part of a greater project made by my college and country. My mum took care of my granduncle for a month until I came back. 
It was a great time and I have met with one of my best friends, Hazel there, and loved every bit of it. Hazel was our team captain and she stayed there longer than I did and after she graduated, she was offered a job by a humanitarian organization and I've been helping people in the region ever since. Fast forward to around the first year anniversary of my relationship with my girlfriend. Hazel called me and told me that the school we worked to renovate is looking for Turkish and English teachers. But I needed to hurry to get there as soon as possible with the next flight because she wasn't supposed to just inform one person, but needed to choose a person among the volunteers and she was really doing me a favor. The moment I heard the offer, I was so sure this was what I wanted. It was like a golden opportunity and I loved helping people there and being a teacher there for a year made me thrilled. But the timing couldn't be worse as just a week before, my father and I helped my uncle, my mother's brother, pay off his debt and in general help him and his wife who was also pregnant out during a financially difficult time for them. So neither I or my father had cash needed to buy a ticket, which was very expensive. My uncle, the one who used to send me money, would have happily covered me, but he was on a hiking trip and I couldn't reach him. My other uncle was paying a loan and couldn't have covered my expenses. Then I asked my three closest friends and all of them lended me as much money as they could, but I still needed a few hundred bucks. I then asked my girlfriend and she told me that she didn't want to give me the money. She didn't think it was a good idea. I ended up not going there, but I never blamed her. The timing was just awful and there was nothing I could do about it. I mean, it sucked, but I got over it. My family, on the other hand, didn't like this at all. They didn't invite her to family gatherings for a while and they are still not over what happened. Now, I don't know if that explanation was meant to help matters, but I think it just painted the girlfriend more in a negative light. That it sounded like your dream job came up and she had an opportunity to help you in that situation, but instead, she didn't think it was a good idea, so never gave you the money. Not that you're entitled to money, but if someone came to me and it was their dream to get this job, I'm sure I would help them out if I could. But senior being says she is controlling dude. It was her right to think that what you wanted was stupid and who knows, maybe she was even right. Also, it was her money. She had a right to refuse to lend it. But what you were describing here is that she denied the money just to force you to do what she thought were, was right. She took it in the hands what should be your decision. She was not just unsupportive, she was awfully controlling. Now she made an ultimatum, a really dumb one by the way. She will boss and nag you forever. Everyone around you already saw this. If you give in to her ultimatum, then you will really be immature. Grown-ups discuss their ideas with their partners, if they have one, but in the end, they make the final decision alone. Even if the decision is what their partner suggested. The difference here is that grown-ups don't have their hands forced. Also, she is arrogant. She believes that she is smarter than anyone, smarter than you. If not so, then why would she simply offer a point of view, but, but knowing that she could be wrong would listen and respect yours. She not believed that you could be right. Sorry for saying that, but she is trash. And just one or two more comments from the main feed. Crisis here says, you are asking for advice on the completely unreasonable ultimatum you were given by the person who none of your friends and family likes. Come on, it really sounds like this is an easy one. It will be sad to lose her, at least until your blinders come off and you realize that you escaped someone who is at the very least not right for you. Are we the bad, he says, you have rental properties and are a partner in a textile business that does translations on the side. What exactly does she want you to do? Sit in a cubicle all day getting yelled at by a shitty boss. You have a job and you're managing rental property and part owner of a textile business. Dump her and find a woman that appreciates you for you. It sounds like your friends and family don't like her for a reason. 
And one more from a deleted user who says, your girlfriend sucks, your life sounds good. You had good fortune and you made smart choices. It's not like the only thing you are doing with your day is sitting on the couch. She's just jealous, she has to work and you don't. Do you really want to be with a person that is toxically jealous? Do you want her raising your kids? Move on, live your best life. Edit. Ultimatums and the silent treatment are emotional abuse. Also, I guarantee they are right to not like her for a thing that happened three years ago. So update. I want to start by thanking everyone who commented on my post and those of you who text me. I read each and every single reply and comment and you guys really helped me navigate my way through this. I first tried looking at things from her perspective and how my inheritance and fortunes may have affected her. I don't really have a luxurious life. I live in a small apartment and I don't even have a car. I use public transportation. But I realize that I'm more lucky to be in this position. And since she has never seen me work, as I made sure to focus on her when we are together, I decided to ask her to come with me to my next business trip so that she may see me working. If not, then I at the very least wanted her to take a day off and just observe me. The overwhelming majority of the comments were telling me to break up with her. I didn't want to break up, but I tried to prepare myself for it. In short, I was hoping for the best. I was prepared for the worst. She came to our apartment this afternoon as she was staying over at her sister's house and we sat down and started talking immediately. I said everything I mentioned above and proposed her that we can also go to counseling. She told me that her going with me on to a business trip would only strengthen her previous opinion and that she didn't think it was a good idea and she said she was too tired for counseling. I told her that I wasn't going to throw away my life over an issue we could fix if we just tried to solve it. She then told me she was too tired to be with me and she was unhappy in our relationship and I was too unpredictable and that she told me that if I ever decided to pursue another girl somewhere else, she wouldn't know it until I leave her for the new girl. All of these were extremely hard to hear for me. She then asked me one more time to settle down and find a new job and then we can take our relationship further. I told her I didn't want this and that I thought it would be best if we went our separate ways. This is not my first heartbreak and I don't think it will be the last. So I think I'm going to manage to break up just fine. But there is this feeling inside me that I can't seem to shake off. Like I now I am alright but I just feel numb. My heart still pounds fast with what happened but I'm not panicking or anything like that. She will return tomorrow to get her things to her sister's house and I will go no contact after that. Thank you guys again for giving me your thoughts and opinions. So the section where it said that if you decided to pursue another girl somewhere else, she wouldn't know until I leave her for the new girl. So she was worried that you were off cheating because of your job, because you travel around, I assume. And I think it simply comes down to in the end, you know, if there is no trust there, what is the point? It's, it's that simple to me in the very end. And I think you are right to break this off and go no contact. I mean, what is the alternative? You do what she says and go to the nine to five. No. I don't think so. But what is your opinion on this story? What's your opinion on the update? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to another story. And our next story comes from a throwaway account and does come with an update as well. Titled, My 26 male girlfriends, 28 female, ex warned me about her BFF, 32 male. I think he was right. We have been dating for four months now and everything has been great except for one thing her BFF. Dude is clearly in love with her, but she refuses to see it. He's always joking about he is the one that will make her the happiest, that she should be with as they are soulmates, etc. 
She has known the dude for close to eight years now and has never dated him, but he has been her BFF for a very long time. It didn't bother me till she started bringing him on our dates as he was feeling lonely and he has no other friends. Seriously, dude is 32, but I've never seen him with any friends. In fact, our first fight was also about him as she was asking me to take him with me when I was going to hang out with my friends, but I drew a clear red line, not happening. Also around one month ago, her ex contacted me via Facebook. We attended the same college and asked me to be careful about the BFF. At the time, I thought it was just something a jealous ex would say, but now that I agree with him 100%, dude calls her regularly when she is out with me, always tries to come with us on our dates and generally makes demands on her time so much that sometimes I feel like a third wheel. Now I should make it clear that my girlfriend never crosses any boundaries with him, but at the same time, she doesn't shut him down forcefully. At first, I thought about giving her an ultimatum, but ours is a four-month-old relationship and they go back eight years. There's no point in giving an ultimatum. So the only other way is to break up with her, which is a shame because she is an awesome girlfriend apart from this. Is there any other way, Reddit? Anything I can do so that our relationship doesn't break down? I'd really like to hear any and all plans please guys thank you and a lot of the comments in this story are just replying to the updates as well so i'm not going to go into those just yet but to me i wouldn't say give an ultimatum but i would certainly say to explain your thoughts because again what is the alternative to this that you eventually you will just break up so you you may as well say how you're feeling in this situation and say you know i think he's intruding on your time together and he's making things difficult for you you know, and then if she can't see it, then that's on her in the end. Surely she must eventually realize when these people are splitting up with her because of this person, she must realize what's going on. But anyway, we'll cover a couple of the updates here and then we'll move on to some of the comments. Update one. Edit, I've decided to break up with her. Sure, I can talk with her again, but I've already talked to her five times and nothing to show for it. So I'll do it tonight when I got off work. Doing it over text doesn't seem to be nice. Thank you for helping me reach a conclusion. I appreciate it. Final update. So I broke up with her. It was difficult to do, but I knew it was the right thing to do. I went to her apartment and basically told her that this relationship is not working for me. She was surprised as we just watched a movie on the weekend. So I took that opportunity and explained to her that it was supposed to be a date with just the two of us. Instead, she bought her BFF there. I told her that I have no issues with her friendship with her BFF, but he has been regularly infringing on our time and that is something which has always overshadowed our relationship. And I have absolutely no interest in competing for her attention with her BFF. Also, the dude openly flirts with you right in front of me and I have absolutely no desire to be this kind of dysfunctional relationship. So this is goodbye. Hopefully you're able to put boundaries with your BFF before moving on with someone else and if you don't, then it's not my headache anymore. And then I walked away as she was trying to say it's not like that. She has no feelings for the BFF and he was just lonely. I honestly didn't want to hear anything at that point so I walked away. I'm sad right now but I will be okay eventually. Thank you for the support guys. It was appreciated. And I think the reply to you there, you know, it's not like that. She has no feelings for BFF and he was just lonely. That's not the reply that you wanted to hear. That's just more of the same pretty much, isn't it? You wasn't worried about this guy, you know, her getting with this guy because they would have done it before, surely. But you don't like the fact that he's taken over your time with your girlfriend, which, you know, would frustrate anyone, I think. But Kit KitTayTay2021 says, if she can't see the problem by now, she never will. 
JB says and quotes, I walked away as she was trying to say it's not like that. She has no feelings for the BFF and he was just lonely. And then says, she seems to be completely missing the point, which only reinforces your decision. Wake of the Fall 24 said, similar thing happened to me, except the guy was my friend. He started hanging out alone with my wife, like all the time when I was at work, texting all hours of the night, etc. Dude was even in our wedding. She swears up and down nothing is going on. She texts me on our one-year wedding anniversary that she wants a divorce. Spoiler alert, they were sleeping together. They dated a bit after this and I found out not much later she cheated on him also. And one more from Sweet Ragnarok who says, you had a very mature response and I hope this strikes a chord with her to set up boundaries. The issue is with both of them. The BFF's obsessive clinginess and her stringing him along and not setting healthy boundaries. They both need to work on themselves so they won't be toxic. Be glad you are free and I hope you find someone that values you as you are. Now, what do you guys make of this one? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Am I the asshole for not allowing my future mother-in-law to be a part of my pregnancy? My boyfriend, male 20, and I, female 19, just found out we're expecting a baby. Ever since we found out, we've told his parents and my parents. My parents are being super supportive, but his mother, on the other hand, well, isn't. For context, she hasn't ever trusted me since I've started dating him in 2018. She has always accused me of being an attention seeker. For example, in 2019, when my car got stolen and she said I was doing it for the attention and my car didn't actually get stolen. And she did the same thing when I got into a major accident that left me without a car for a few months and going to the doctor for a checkup every other week. So when she found out I was pregnant, she was being super nice to me. We've had a few conversations alone and then later that night, my boyfriend would text me everything she would say. She would say that she's the one at fault here or that I'm just faking the pregnancy so I can get attention. Also trying to twist my words around telling him I had told her we weren't using protection, which we were. After that, I told him I don't want to talk to her by myself anymore. Just so you all know, my boyfriend has been sticking up for me to his parents and anybody else who decides to bash me or our baby. A few days later, she walks into his room at 6.30 in the morning to wake him up and tell him that I did it on purpose to baby trap him, to make him get married to me. The only way I knew about this was because he texted me at 7 that morning to tell me what she had said. And it broke my heart because I wanted to have a good relationship with my future mother-in-law. So I told him I didn't want her involved in the pregnancy anymore if this is how she was going to treat me for the rest of my pregnancy. When he told her, she started crying and apologizing to S, but she hasn't apologized to me and everybody except my boyfriend is telling me to let her help with the pregnancy. But I don't want her involved at all and people are telling me I'm the arsehole. So, am I the arsehole? Now, we've got some comments down below which is asking for some additional info which we're covering in a moment. But for me, the way she's talked about you saying that, you know, you're baby trapping him that you're lying about your pregnancy and all these other toxic things she's saying. Yes, I wouldn't want someone like that who's accusing me of those things around me either. So not just being a part of your pregnancy, but being part of your life at all if this is the way she's going to treat you. But Kombuncha Enema says, Info, is your boyfriend living with his mother? Is he in any way financially dependent on her? If the answer to both of these questions is yes, then you're in a tough situation. You don't owe mother-in-law anything, but your boyfriend does. Until he is financially independent and living with you instead of her, you don't get to kick her out of your life because that would mean kicking him out of your life. I know you use protection, but obviously that pesky 1% chance of failure came into play and now you're pregnant and your baby's father appears to be living with his mother and not with you. 
You can cut her out your pregnancy, but the real issue is that he needs to move out or else you'll never be able to actually keep her uninvolved. Do you two have plans to get a place together? To which OP replied saying, we do. I live in a small apartment, though it's not big enough for the two of us, so we're looking for a bigger one. And he stayed home to focus on college, so he didn't have to work so much except on the weekends. But since he's graduating within the next few weeks, he will be working more and he'll be able to move out with me and the baby. 14 forever says not the asshole. Haven't you wondered why your boyfriend persists in telling you every negative thing his mother says about you? Are you sure she's really saying these things and this isn't your boyfriend underhanded way of pushing you away? In a normal situation, a boyfriend would downplay his mother's negative comments. You need to ask yourself whether this woman has said any of these things about the stolen car, the car accident, or the baby to your face. If she hasn't, you need to ask yourself whether your boyfriend is manipulative enough to make this up. Deep down, you know the answer. He may not be willing to make a commitment to you and your baby and he may be using his mother as an excuse. Compare his talk to his behavior. How are his actions showing a commitment to you and your baby? OP says he's not manipulative because I've seen how she is when she talks about him. She will talk bad about him to me and then be nice to him five minutes later. Especially when he was in the pavilion, she constantly badmouthed him to me while we're discussing what all had happened. So in reality, it makes me believe him a lot more than I believe her when she says anything nice to my face. 14 says, then ask yourself, why is he repeating every cruel thing she says about you? Which OP replies again saying, because I ask him what's making him mad. We communicate and we share our feelings with each other. He wants to have this baby. There is no doubt about that. And a couple more comments, one from Pookapotamuses who says, not the asshole, you owe her nothing. She is being incredibly toxic and rude to you. And the Borch says, not the asshole, she can be part of the pregnancy when she directly apologizes and works the issues out with you. Now, let's cover the mini update to see what that says. For all of you all that are wondering, we are currently looking for a new apartment. He is still living with his mum because he's had to focus on college, so he has only had time to work on Fridays and the weekends, and luckily, finals are next week and he graduates pretty soon. So be able to work more and we can find a better apartment, but my lease is ending soon and my apartment is too small for the two of us, so that's the main reason he hasn't moved out with me quite yet. And I hope we get further updates on this one in the future to find out how they get on you know, once they moved out together and how the mother acts with that. Because i got a feeling it's not going to go quite as smooth with that kind of mother-in-law. But what do you guys think of our first story? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to another story. And our next story comes from Disappointment6 who asks, am I the asshole for being ungrateful of the cake my boyfriend made me? I, 33 female, have been dating a man, Alex, 34 male, for almost three years. Alex has a 13-year-old daughter from a previous marriage that he has full custody of. When we met, Alex was doing very well. He made six figures and he had a decent house in a fine neighborhood. I had a slightly lower paying job. Almost a year and a half ago, his job had to cut some employees and he was one of them. He had to take on a job and earn much less than he had before. I moved into their house five months ago. Since I moved in, I've helped a lot with the bills, usually half or more of them. Yesterday was my birthday. I wanted to celebrate at a nice restaurant near us, however, it was closed. There was another one a little closer to us, although it was more expensive. I suggested going there for my birthday to Alex and he said that he couldn't afford to pay for dinner there and if we went, we wouldn't need to split the bill. I was a little upset, but he said he would make something himself. The cake I wanted was admittedly somewhat expensive. I pointed it out to him and he said again that he didn't think he could afford it with Christmas coming up and would have to go half. 
I told him I wasn't paying for a cake for my own birthday and he said he'd see what he could do. Well, yesterday came. He made dinner and it was quite good, better than most meals we eat, although not as good as what it would have been at a restaurant. However, when he brought the cake out, it was just something he made himself. He said he was sorry he couldn't afford the nicer cake, but he had made this one and his daughter had helped. I pretended to enjoy it, but after, I told him that I was hoping for a slightly nicer cake. He said he had tried his best and he couldn't spend the money he had set aside for bills on a cake. I guess his daughter heard because now he's also saying that I made her upset after she helped make it. He keeps saying I should apologize to her and say that I really liked it. Am I the asshole? And to me in this one, it does feel like you're being quite a, a bit ungrateful of the situation. And I'm a big fan of homemade birthday cakes anyway. I can remember a couple of years back, one of my nephews came in so excited that he had made me a cake and it was a Minecraft cake. It looked like a creeper head absolutely blown away by it and more than the look of the cake or the flavor of the cake or anything like that it's the thought that went into it that this person was so excited to make me a cake and hand it to me and that just made my day someone took the time out of their day to stand there and think about what i would want absolutely amazing and for someone in this situation you know who's been cut from their job and you know having to save their money to pay for bills to pay for christmas to then also go out of their way to bake you a cake and and try to make something you'd want out of love like that is absolutely amazing and and it does just sound ungrateful of you to me in this one so i am going to say you're the arsehole potentially controversial i don't know yet we shall find out but evening jellyfish one says you're the arsehole wow you sounded conceited and unappreciative of what you have i'll consider a homemade cake and meal much more of a heartfelt birthday gift than someone forking out 200 dollars on me at dinner you lucked out with this guy but be careful because it sounds like you don't realize it and soon enough he will end up with someone who does eta wow thank you everyone this is my top performing comment ever <laughs> blogsy mucks blogs a lot replies that saying the boyfriend doesn't deserve her he deserves much much better so does his daughter you're the asshole times 100,000. hope you like those six figures late for dinner says oh my god a 33 year old bitching about a cake when this is a responsible man prioritizing his bills, providing for his child, and being an overall awesome guy. Sounds like you had no problem when Buddy was making six figures, but now that he's an average Joe, he's below you. Let this man go and sink your claws into the next walk-in bank account you find. Edit. You're the asshole who needs to remove their head from said asshole. <laughs> also, your username is fitting. You're a damn disappointment to this man. Something new says you're the arsehole. Honestly, I would, I would much rather a home-baked cake than a shop-bought one. I get you're disappointed, but it sounds like your SO went to a huge amount of effort to make your birthday special within budget and, to be blunt, I think you're being a bit of a brat about it. Triracle says, My mum makes me a carrot cake every year I am home. Has since I became an adult. I hate carrot cake. There is nothing about it I like. I always hug her and say thank you and then eat the cake after demanding to know how many innocent carrots had to die for my beautiful cake. Now I love my mum, but the woman can't cook or bake, but the look of her face when I start saying I'm going to report her for carrot murder makes the really terrible cake worth it. That's lovely. Cillian Nellis says you're the arsehole. Either break up and date someone who can afford your taste, pay for your shit yourself, or be quiet and grateful for what your partner tried to do for you. Those are your options. Instead, you rejected his admittedly very nice meal and the cake he baked for you and made his child who tried to help make your birthday nice feel like shit. You're 33. 
grow up and act like it. Yeah, and I didn't even mention that in my comment about the whole six figures thing, and that certainly did jump out to me as well. But what do you guys make of this one? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below, and we'll move on to another story. And our next story comes from Pissed Winehead, who says, Am I the asshole for giving the PS5 my husband bought to my nephew? I'm a 35-year-old woman, and my husband is 37. I discovered the other day he bought a PS5 as a gift for himself. But the thing is, he used my money to do so without my permission, using a portion of my emergency savings that he had access to in case of, you know, an emergency. Which I do not believe being able to get your hands on a new video game console classes as. This led to a huge argument and I took the console away and reboxed it up. I debated on returning it to the shop for the money, but I know my sister has been struggling to find one for my 13-year-old nephew for over a year. So instead, I wrapped it up and took it around to hers and put it under the tree and quietly explained what it was and what had happened. My sister then gave me the money for it. My husband went ballistic, shouting and demanded I go and get it back, which of course I refused to do, telling him as it had been bought with my money, it was my choice what happened to it. He is now sulking and refusing to talk to me and acting like a huge child. Edits for anyone curious about our money situation and why I'm so angry. We each put half our salary into a communal family fund for the house, bills, groceries, etc. The other half is ours to play with as we want. My husband always blows through his and never saves a penny. Half of my expendable money goes into savings for emergencies and I'm more realistic. Second edit, stating here because of comments. He refused to pay me back as it was an emergency. Third edit, I've emptied the emergency account that he has access to and put it all in my personal account that he does not have access to including the money I got from my sister for the PS5. Now on this one, I think you was correct on the very, very first paragraph. It was an emergency fund. I don't think a PS5 counts as an emergency. Now I know there's probably a few of you out there who's probably just went, hell yeah, it's an emergency. But come on now, you know it's not a real emergency. And from this huge negative, not only did you get your money back, you've also made your 13-year-old nephew's Christmas absolutely amazing so I, th I think it's a great thing that this huge positives come out of this negative situation what you do with your husband here i don't know wow i can see from the edit that you've already like taken that money out of the emergency account and put it in your one which i think was the best thing to do in this situation it wasn't joint money it was your emergency savings by the sounds of it, what you saved so absolutely not the asshole from me but Terry Sarah says, not the arsehole, cut off his access to your money. There is no emergency so immediate that you couldn't pay it yourself. Gemma says, not the arsehole, and I'll take away his access to the account. If he wants a console, he can pay for it. He didn't even ask you. What the fuck? He's an adult and he needs to sort out his finances. Pure Mango says, not the arsehole, it is your money that he technically stole. He's a grown adult and he should know that emergency money is for an emergency, not for a brand new gaming console. Since it was bought with your money, it's yours and you can do whatever you wanted with it. If he wants a PS5, let him work and save up for it. Betty Moon says not the arsehole, but you guys clearly have bigger issues. Healthy relationships don't lead to one party going into the other's emergency funds to spend on a console. You probably could have handled it better. I'd be selling on eBay and making my money back and then some, but I think you need to maybe look into some couples counseling. OP replied saying, I considered returning it to the shop, but my sister has been looking for one for so long and the kid deserves it way more than my husband. 
And one more from Butterscotch Super 393 who says, All the men calling you an arsehole, lol. Not the arsehole. We are taught as children not to take what isn't ours. Just because you want something doesn't mean you can just take it. Now, what do you guys make of this situation? I knew there was going to be a couple of people in there somewhere that says you're the arsehole. Couldn't find the comments myself though. <laughs> so let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to another story. And our next story comes from Specialist Page 9589 who asks, Am I the arsehole for telling my husband that if he wants his spoiled brat of a daughter to come over for Christmas, he can cook? My husband Rob and I are married later in life and each one have a daughter from a previous relationship. I'm going to refer to my stepdaughter as Maggie. To be 100% honest, I would not have even considered marrying Rob if Maggie had been underage. She is extremely difficult. I blame Rob and his ex for a lot of it, but some of it seems beyond anyone's control. She has never worked a day in her life. She was never held accountable for being a mean girl in school, and even as an adult, she throws tantrums. I've seen her throw herself to the ground, cry until she can't breathe. Her husband responds by treating her like an actual toddler, tickling, rocking. It is very weird. She is 35 now, has two kids, but they are always with the nanny, and she just seems unaware of her privilege. She is unhealthily obsessed with her husband and calls Rob during the day, despite him still working full time, and demands attention because she doesn't know what to do with herself when her husband is at work. I'm not trying to be some wicked stepmother, but this woman is annoying. Last Christmas, I made her a homemade sweater and she loved it. She picked the colors and design, and she found out my daughter had the same one in a different color and cried and accused me of wanting to humiliate her. She constantly is smug about what her husband buys her and tries to imply that my daughter is poor, despite my son-in-law making excellent money. When anyone else is getting attention, she bounces around, clings to her husband, or causes some scene to put the attention back on her. In the past, when I asked her to help me in the kitchen, she threw a fit, despite liking to cook, because she didn't want to be in the kitchen with me. My daughter, my sister, and my niece, because she thinks we all talk shit about her which I think really translates to she made a fool of herself trying to upstage my daughter at her wedding and my family witnessed that. Anyway, she normally does Christmas at her house. I don't go because I want to spend Christmas with my daughter and because Maggie is a lot. Maggie isn't hosting this year because of a minor surgery, ruptured breast implant, but she doesn't want to do all that cooking, which is fine but Rob wants me to host this year and invite both of our daughters. And he cites that my daughter just had a baby and shouldn't have to cook either. I was going to go to her house and cook. I said, I don't really feel like spending Christmas with Maggie because of her behavior and my daughter should relax, which is impossible with Maggie bouncing off the walls and talking a mile a minute. He accused me of just not liking his daughter. I said, if he wants to host Maggie and her husband, he can cook. He can't and I will go to my daughter's like planned. He thinks I'm being unfair because it is Christmas and she is his only blood family and he feels I would be angry if he did the same with my daughter. Edit for all those people asking what Maggie did at the wedding. She wore a very over the top dress which was so beaded and sparkly even she was uncomfortable at some point due to it being scratchy and made a joke about how my daughter isn't in love and and only like 1% of people can actually experience love and we aren't deep enough. She threw a fit about that she was going to pass out because it was hot and demanding food. It was kind of warm, but she has no health issues that should make it so she needs cake at that moment or will die. She complained about the food, complained that my daughter was getting attention. 
Her husband got drunk and was sucking all over her, and she ended the night by loudly announcing that her parents didn't love her enough. When you mention the bit that she's on the floor like having a tantrum like a toddler kind of thing, and then you went on to the next bit and you said, she's 35, I was like, what the hell? And it became a pretty much not the asshole from that point with me. And, you know, the father to be enabling this kind of behavior, it just has to stop. Who wants to spend Christmas with someone like that? They just don't. And quoting the section where he said, he accused me of not liking his daughter. And let's face it, he's not wrong about that, is he? You don't like her because of the way she acts and he enables that as well. But suggesting that you have to invite both daughters and you do the cooking when, you know, he can't cook himself is like... Yeah, not the asshole to me, but Southern Hamster 338 says, not the asshole. If it were me, I'd go to my daughter's house and cook. Sorry, honey, I have plans because my daughter just had a baby. And I don't want her to have to travel or be around a bunch of people with a newborn, period. End of story. He'd be welcome to either come with me or he could go to his own daughter's house. And if his daughter is so rich, then she can afford to hire someone to cook their Christmas dinner. I'd send a lovely gift with him and a beautiful daughter-in-law card with it so she couldn't say mean things about me. Not that I would stop her, lol, but this is what I would do. Enjoy your Christmas with your daughter and new grandbaby. An empowerment princess says not the asshole. Rob's poor parenting enabled Maggie's unacceptable behavior. Maggie sounded like she is very spoiled and entitled, but she might also have a mental illness that was never addressed. Your response is appropriate considering Maggie is a grown woman. You don't need to have her in your life. I think you and Rob need to go for counseling and, and you should go if he refuses. If this doesn't work out, it's time to consider leaving him. Mibinakami says, and quotes, he accused me of just not liking his daughter and then says, well, he's not wrong. That's pretty clear. But it sounds like your stepdaughter has given you ample reason not to like her. I'd say no one's an asshole here. Dad wants to spend time with his daughter, which is reasonable. Even if she does sound like a monster. She's his monster, I guess, and you want to spend time with your daughter and new grandchild without having to tiptoe around your stepdaughter. Explain that honestly and see where it goes. Yellow Stop says not the asshole. Family dynamics aside, don't volunteer to host a holiday and shift the burden of hosting and preparing the meal to another person. If your husband can't cook, he's perfectly capable of ordering a prepared meal to heat up and serve. He can host his daughter and her family and you can go to your daughter's house. And the Katamari kid says, When I first began reading, I was appalled thinking you were talking about a child or teenager. Then seeing she's 35, I was shocked. Clearly she has issues and honestly her parents didn't do anything to nip that in the bud and aren't setting boundaries now. It sounds like an insufferable situation. I'd say not the arsehole. Your husband needs to set boundaries and also respect yours. His daughter isn't a child regardless of her behavior. Does her husband put up with her behavior as well? Are her children acting similarly? If so, God save them. You don't need to cook for this 35-year-old, especially considering this wasn't going to be a part of your Christmas plan. It's not like you're inviting everyone over and cooking for them, leaving her to fend for herself. Sounds like an entitled brat. Now, what do you guys make of this one? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Low. Now, today's first story, I found it actually trending on Twitter and conveniently being Am I the Arsehole post as well? I thought, well, we gotta read it. It's an absolute wild one that I loved. So I hope you enjoy it too. And let's get started. And it's from Throwaway Orange Cat who says, and it does follow with an update as well, titled Am I the Arsehole for Perpetuating Ethnic Stereotypes About Jorts. And before we get into it, if you'd like to follow Jorts, he's on Twitter, at JortsTheCat. This post is about two cats who are named Jean and Jorts. And we'll start off with a bit of cat tax. The story, we have two workplace cats in one area of our worksite. They add value to the worksite, we all love the cats, and the worksite cat's presence is not the issue. One of the cats, Jean, is a tortoiseshell cat we have had for years. The other cat, Jorts, is a large orange cat and a recent addition. Jorts is just kind of a simple guy. <laughs> For example, Jorts can't open a door even when it's ajar. He shoves it whether he is going in or out. So often he closes the door he's trying to go through. This means he is often trapped inside the place he was trying to exit and meows until he is rescued. My colleague Pam, not her real name, has been spending a lot of time trying to teach Jorts things. The door thing is the main example. It's a real issue because the cats are fed in a closet and Jorts keeps pushing the door closed. Jean can actually open all the other interior doors since they are a lever type knob, but she can't open this particular door if she is trapped inside the closet. Torty Jean is very nice to poor orange Jorts and she has kept busy letting him out of rooms he has trapped himself in. So this seems easy to resolve. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I put down a doorstop. Pam then said I was depriving Jorts of a chance to learn and kept removing the doorstop. She set up a series of special learning activities for Jorts and tried to put these tasks on a whiteboard of daily team tasks. I erased them. She thinks we need to teach him how to clean himself better and how to get out of minor barriers like when he gets a cup stuck on his head, etc. I love Jorts, but he's just dumb as fuck and we can't change that. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, watching her try to teach Jorts how to walk through a door is hilarious, but Jean got locked in the closet twice last week. Yesterday I installed a cat cutout thing in the door and Pam started getting really huffy. I made a gentle joke about, you can't expect Jean's tortoiseshell smarts from orange cat Jorts. Which made Pam furious. She started crying and left the hallway, then sent an email to the group including volunteers and went home early. In her email, Pam said I was perpetuating ethnic stereotypes by saying 
orange cats are dumb and is demanding a racial sensitivity training before she will return. I don't think it's relevant, but just in case, Pam is a white person in a mostly minority staff and no, she is not ginger slash does not have red hair. Am I the arsehole for enforcing an ethnic stereotype by joking that orange cats are often dumb? Bloody Pam! I'm not sure where to go with this story. I mean, it's, it's definitely not the arsehole from me. In realistic terms, you should probably be documenting this behavior, but is anyone going to take it seriously? <laughs> Come on now. So I'm going to be really interested to see what the update's going to say. So we're going to cover a couple of comments straight away. And Nana Banana says, not the arsehole. You can't be racist against a cat or any animal for that matter. It's an animal. Jorts does not care if you think he's dumb. He will not report you to HR for orange catphobia. <laughs> Pam, on the other hand, might. OP says, yeah, she already did. I'm swinging between absolutely roaring with laughter and feeling bad and unsure how much delicacy is needed to proceed. Pam is being an ableist and you're trying to provide Jort with a reasonable accommodations <laughs> pertaining to ADA laws. Personally, I'd love to see your boss have a diversity training meeting, but instead of people, it's all about different cat breeds. <laughs> Stress Relief says, not the asshole. I've never met an orange cat and that wasn't exceedingly dumb. Maybe a catologist can call into this thread and confirm that they are in fact stupid. But in this case, the cat is in fact stupid and she's just torturing the poor little guy. OP replies saying, I didn't go into much detail, fortunately, but he is exactly typical of an orange cat. He's big, chill, super friendly, and exceedingly dumb. Sykes of People 2 says, not the asshole. And for the record, I am white and I have red hair. That's literally one of the funniest and craziest stories I have ever heard. By the way, if you do have the training, point out that you weren't stereotyping, but basing it on the individual behavior profile of Jaws. It's clear that Jorts needs more accommodations to enhance your effective communication with him, and Pam is just insensitive to this. It's well known that Siamese and Abyssinian top the list of intelligent cats, and that Tabbies don't even make the list. You were just doing your best to identify and work with Jorts' unique needs. Whereas Pam isn't taking those into account, and instead trying to force the poor creature into behaving like Jean. You were merely trying to sort this out for Pam by mentioning the cat's colors and breeds so that she could work better with them by recognizing Jort's significant relative weakness. I gave you about 12 buzzwords relating to HR. Have fun. <laughs> now let's move on to the update to see what that says. So update. Thanks for responding to my query, which had truly upset me. I worked to have a good relationship with my team and the situation had gotten weird so gradually that I lost perspective. I just met with HR. She'd already met with Pam. HR was concerned about Pam's comparing ethnic stereotypes with giving a cat a doorstop and they addressed that which went well. HR will follow up to make sure Pam understands. The replies to my query were helpful to me for this discussion. HR also addressed Pam assigning other staff jorts related tutoring as it's not appropriate for Pam to assign others work. This also went well. We both think Pam had a hard time with the transition from volunteer to staff and may have new kid sensitivity projected to Jorts. Pam got emotional about her perception that I favored Jean over Jorts and gave specific examples. Some of these things are fair. Jorts deserves respect as a member of our team. There are three buildings in our workplace. Jean and Jorts are limited to one. HR told me that there were five holdouts about vaccines and restricting unvaccinated people from entering the building to protect Jean and Jorts was enough to win over four of them. That's crazy, but great. 
More importantly, the cat's presence greatly enhances our work with our clients, and Jort's friendly nature has been so great. Both cats truly are doing important work. Truly, Jort's deserves to be treated with respect. We all deserve to be treated with dignity at work, so I will apologize to Jort's about some things that were insensitive or disrespectful. A. Jean has a nice cat bed with her name on it, while Jort's has chosen an old boot tray in my office with a towel in it. Recently, a visitor put wet boots in the boot tray and Pam saw Jort sleeping on the wet boots. I bought a bed for Jort today and a name tag has been ordered. B. I will apologize to Jort and remove the sign saying, day since Jort had a trash can mishap. Zero. Jort likes to fish dirty paper cups out and he often falls into the bin and, or gets a cup stuck on his head, etc. He's able to get out of the bin by tipping it over so it isn't a safety issue. See, Jean's staff bio has a photo of Jean, while Jort's bio has a photo of a sweet potato. <laughs> I did not actually know either cat had a staff bio, but we will use a photo of Jort's instead of a sweet potato. Oh my god, I've lost it. HR also suggested changing Pam's duties, so she is in charge of the cats. This I refused. The cats are my staff, not Pam's. I think Pam was well-intended, but actually not meeting the needs of either Jean or Jorts, so they remain under my supervision. Pam is also not to put cups on Jorts' head or intentionally put him in, into frustrating situations given his unique needs. Lastly, and this made us both laugh so hard we can't deal with it in person and will be said via email. Pam admits that she's been putting margarine on Jorts in an attempt to teach him to groom himself better. This may explain the diarrhea problem Jean developed, which required a vet visit. Pam is not to apply margarine to any of her co-workers. Jean has shown she is willing to be in charge of helping Jort stay clean. If this task becomes onerous for Jean, we can have a groomer help. I am crying laughing typing this. Oh, me too. I am in tears. Added, I'm so glad this brought joy. Fan mail can be directed to jornsandjean at gmail.com. Or follow the Jorts and Jean joke account on Twitter at Jorts the Cat. Please do that. Oh man, that sweet potato thing, that absolutely sent me over the edge. <laughs> and we're going to finish this absolutely exquisite post with one comment from Owl Royalty who says, I can't believe she fucking buttered Jorts. <laughs> oh my word, I got to go on to another one. I'm losing it here. Thank you so much, OP, for sharing your story. That has absolutely made my day. Much love to you, Jorts, and Jean. <laughs> I don't know about Pam. Now, our next story is from Throwaway Question 86, and it does have like a bit of an edit slash update at the very end of it. Am I the asshole for jokingly emasculating my boyfriend in front of his family? Throwaway to protect the guilty. Alright, so I, 28 female, have a boyfriend, 31 male, that I just moved in with earlier this year. We've been together for a year and a half. He's a good guy, mostly. We're not engaged yet, but plan to be sometime next year. That being said, I'm not really an easy person for anyone with strict gender role expectations to deal with. I'm career military and serve in a combat role, meaning I have to stay in a very good shape, so I lift and box for exercise. I'm not what you would call demure and I don't often soften my edges the way a lot of women do to make people comfortable. It's caused problem with dating in the past because of a lot of guys get weird about that. But my boyfriend has always seemed to take it in his stride and I love that about him. His family live nearby so we spent Thanksgiving with them. 
they're more traditional and anytime I'm around them, there are always a few comments or something about me being different in some way. But I like them for the most part. Boyfriend gets uncomfortable sometimes, it's never been a problem before. I brought a smoked ham and stayed out the kitchen before dinner because I would be in the way but told his mum to leave the dishes to me afterwards since she and his gran and sister had all done the cooking and should sit and visit. While I was sitting with my boyfriend and the men in the living room, his dad was asking about my work and told my boyfriend he'd better pop the question before they ship me off somewhere. That turned into his brothers ribbing him about being the little woman at home while I'm deployed. His dad said that being a military spouse is hard work. I agreed. I put my arm around my boyfriend and jokingly said that I thought he'd make a great Navy wife. It's a joke that he's made before himself, but he bristled immediately and was quiet until we left. Then he exploded on me and accused me of emasculating him and told me that the least I could do was let him be the man in front of his family instead of barging in with the guys where I'm not wanted and putting him down. We're speaking again, but he doesn't think he's wrong and wants me to hang out with the women at future gatherings and be normal. I can sympathize, but I think he's overreacting. Now, I think I'm going to come at this one from two sides. I will say that I do feel like you're the asshole for making your joke about that boyfriend. Obviously, he didn't like it. Simple as that, really. But some of the comments he also made in this situation where he said that he wants you to let him be the man in front of his family instead of barging in with the guys where you're not wanted and then says he wants you to hang out with the women in future gatherings and be normal those things did jump out to me so i am kind of leaning towards the everyone sucks here verdict and we will cover that edit slash update after some of the comments mad hatter 1391 says everyone sucks here you need to know how to read a room my girlfriend and i make all kinds of comments and jokes too and about each other when we're in private those comments change in front of friends they change further in front of family always try to avoid embarrassing your significant other he also overreacted big time and comes off a little insecure also you can hang out with whoever you want to at gatherings the whole women in the kitchen thing is so 1950s sam spade pi says i'm going with a mild everyone sucks here he might have joked about being a Navy wife between the two of you, but I think you should have known not to say something like that in front of his brothers. Let it come from him, I mean. He was more of an arsehole, however, for exploding on you after dinner. If he could control his temper all through dinner, he can control it when he's explaining to you why he was upset. And he's also the arsehole for telling you to stop barging in with the guys. He shouldn't try to control whom in the family you feel comfortable talking to. Opie replies saying, I guess my thing is, if he doesn't like being teased like that, he needed to speak up for himself when his brother started it. He won't even mention it to them, but he'd yell at me. If he was uncomfortable, a simple, this made me feel bad and I know my brothers are dicks and won't listen, but I'd rather you not do this would be fine. Weft alright says, you're the asshole, gotta know your audience. His family is traditional and makes jokes like this to bring him down and make him feel less than because y'all's relationship is different. Of course it hurts his feelings. It's not cool that he exploded, but you should discuss how to handle this family as a united front so he feels like you've got his back. One Mike Nation says you're the asshole. You insulted your boyfriend in front of his family. Why'd you even need to ask if you were in the wrong here? OP replies saying, because I don't see femininity as an insult. I'm a woman and I kick more ass than everyone in that room combined. It's only really an insult if you're being a wife or a woman as an insult. And I didn't have no time to pander to people who think that. 
Bella Bell Bella says you're the arsehole. Your whole post reads like a r slash not like other girls post and your comments reinforce that. That's great that you stand up for yourself and have confidence and do your own thing. That doesn't mean you're better than women who choose to be a stay-at-home mum or a corporate employee or anything else. Your husband was being bullied by his family. That sucks. He could have used you to be his rock in that situation. And one more from Mary Dom who says, you're the arsehole. I was gonna go with everyone sucks here, but your comments changed my mind. You're a difficult person and it seems that you really enjoy having your ego stroked and are willing to throw others down to get it. You admitted that you don't regret saying it. Your apology to him was half-assed. Sorry you feel that way and admit you'd do it again. You obviously do not need to stay in the kitchen, but you also don't need to pile on your SO and put him down. Teasing in private is one thing. Teasing with friends is two but don't put him down in front of his family. So the edit slash update bit says, interesting threads. I took some of the info and talked it over with my boyfriend last night. He's been thinking about it as well. The problem seems to break down into a few things. A, he grew up thinking he would have a relationship like his parents, being the provider and protector role. And I don't need those things from him, so he doesn't know how to be. B, he's been feeling weird because he feels like his family almost likes me better than him. Despite the differences in lifestyle, I'm the first girlfriend they've ever pointedly invited to things. Asked about and said is a keeper and the only one his brothers would hang out with. He had some feelings over his dad bonding with me over vet stuff when he and his dad struggled a lot when he was younger. See, he likes the banter and he likes that I can jump in with him and his brothers and keep pace. But it bothers him sometimes that everything rolls off me so easily because it doesn't for him. And D, he feels like he doesn't measure up to my first husband. I was married to another service member who unfortunately died only a couple of years in. And he thinks that because he would be just the Navy wife instead of an equal, his words, I won't respect him as much. The subject of Thanksgiving came up with his mum the other day when they were making Christmas plans and she told him that she's heard him saying things to me in front of the family, that she would have slapped him and broken up with him on the spot over. And he should think about what he's actually mad about. So he has been and has decided that he's just not sure what his place in the relationship is. He knows the Navy wife comment was meant to be affectionate, but he was already feeling weird around his family that night with all that going on and lashed out at me. We've decided to table it, hold the banter on both sides for a while to reset and put off engagement talk until he decides whether the military spouse's lifestyle is something he actually wants to do. If he decides he doesn't, fair enough. It's better for both of us for him to figure that out now and avoid a worse situation down the road. And I wouldn't hold it against him if the answer was no. And it sounds like a pretty mature update to me. I'm not sure what I was expecting out of that update, but it sounds like they're, they're doing the right thing and, you know, tabling the engagement for the time being and just thinking things over with a bit of adult conversation thrown in there as well. But what do you guys make of this one? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to another story. Now, you're going to have to brace yourself on this next title. This is from Apprehensive Fix 3425 who asks, am I the asshole for not attending my daughter's gender reveal for her lizard? This is literally really stupid, but she's really upset about it. So my 48 daughter, 23, has a blue tongue skink who she heavily adores. She jokingly refers to it as her daughter. I found it weird, but she says it's because it's the closest thing she'd have to a child and she feels a strong emotional bond similar to a child. She has decided to remain child-free for multiple reasons and I have been very supportive of this decision. 
Well, she recently took her skink to the vet for a checkup and she was excited to find out her skink's gender. Afterwards, I got a text asking if I'd come to her gender reveal party she was having. She explained it was just a small get together with cake and food for her friends she hasn't seen in a while, with the gender reveal being mostly a joke and a way to make fun of real gender reveals. Well, I didn't come. I didn't see a point. It's just a lizard and I'm a busy person. She later called me and expressed that she was kind of sad I didn't come because it had been a while since I had seen her, but she understood I was busy. I told her she couldn't actually expect me to come to a gender reveal for a lizard. She said that it wasn't a real gender reveal. That was more of a joke and it was really just a small gathering to catch up with everyone. I told her if that was really the case, she should have just called it a gathering because I'm not coming to a gender reveal unless it's for a real granddaughter. She got quiet for a minute and then turned my words around, claiming I wasn't supportive of her decision to be child-free. I told her she can't possibly expect me to treat a lizard as a granddaughter. She said she didn't expect me to, but it was clear I didn't respect her bond with a lizard and her decision. And she just wanted to see me and my reason for coming was hurtful. I told her she was being ridiculous over a lizard. She claimed it wasn't over the lizard and it was a gathering and not even centered around the lizard. But I stick to what I said. It's ridiculous to have a gender reveal for a lizard. She hung up and I got a message from her best friend about how I'm an asshole for treating her that way but I don't think I'm the asshole for not wanting to go to a party for a lizard. And we do have an edit on this one, which has some replies to the comments, so we'll cover that after the fact. From the second paragraph, it came into this one saying, the gender reveal is mostly a joke and a way to make fun of real gender reveals. So basically it is just a party and you can't see through this. It's just that she wanted to see you and was just using this as a bit of a, a theme in some ways. So yes, you're going to be the asshole for this situation. And it feels weird saying it with that title. <laughs> but also another part to me that really jumped out to me and it said, I'm not coming to a gender reveal unless it's for a real granddaughter. And then how did you expect your daughter to feel when she's already made a decision to be child free? It felt like, to me, it felt like a dig at your daughter because she is child free and Clearly, that's how she felt in that situation as well when she went quiet and claimed that you weren't supportive of a decision to be child-free. And instead of saying, no, that wasn't the case, you turned around and said, you expect me to treat a lizard as a granddaughter. And this, you're totally missing the point of this whole thing. So yes, you're going to be the asshole to me in this situation. Waffle Ho says, great name, you're the asshole. That's your grand lizard. <laughs> ETA, it was obviously not just about the gender reveal and your daughter wanted to see you. Nancy Whipple says, I seem to be the odd one out, but I say not the asshole. but call her up and invite her out for lunch and make amends. This would be a silly thing to disrupt your relationship over. And for all your animal lovers out there, I have lost a pet and I've lost a child. It's not the same. Yes, a pet is part of your life and things will be different, but it's not the same. Affectionate Data says, everyone sucks here. I can see how your daughter interpreted your statements as criticism. I've been sensitive to similar comments from my own mother because I'm 28 and haven't had kids yet. It's very hurtful. It's also a sensitive topic because lots of people do end up changing their minds on whether or not they want to have kids and women tend to get a lot of criticism for these decisions. No matter what decision they made or if they changed their minds or if they actually want to have kids but haven't or can't for many valid and personal reasons. However, I do think it's strange to invite your mother to a gathering of yourself and your friends in order to spend time with her. I wouldn't expect my mum to come to a party I threw for myself and my friends at 23 years old. 
She wouldn't really be able to spend quality time with you in that situation anyway because her attention will be split between you and everyone else. Would she expect you to mingle and try to socialize with people in their early 20s? I'd be uncomfortable with that and I'm only in my late 20s. It doesn't sound like she explicitly told you, please come to this party because I want to spend time with you. So I'm not sure how you were expected to read her mind and, and know that's what she wanted. You all should just find a day in the next couple of weeks or so and use that day to spend with each other where you can give each other your full attention. Stress release says, you're the asshole. Your daughter sounds cool though. <laughs> and sound like, but actually who says and quotes, I got a text asking if I'd come to a gender reveal party she was having. She explained it was a small get together with cake and food for her friend she hasn't seen in a while, with a gender reveal being mostly a joke, and a way to make fun of real gender reveals. I told her if that was the case, she should have just called it a gathering, and then says she did. She told you it was a small get-together to see people she hadn't seen in a while, with a gender reveal being a joke. Your daughter wanted to see you and you refused because your fifi's got hurt over a silly joke. You don't have a granddaughter, and if you carry on acting like this, you won't have a daughter for much longer either. You're the arsehole. So now we cover the edit to see what that says. Edit. In the time I was away, I got many replies and it was a lot to read through. Let me clear up a couple of things. One, my issue is that she said the party was a gender reveal. If she had just called it a party, I would have come. But calling it a gender reveal makes it sound like it's for the lizard. And I'm not going to that, even if it's a joke. Two, I don't know why it matters, but the skink is a girl, which is why I said I'm not coming to a gender reveal unless it's for a real granddaughter. Three, even though I don't agree with my daughter for being child-free, I have been supportive and only shown mild frustration. The reason she decided to be child-free is she claims she's asexual. She just doesn't want one. She has emotional baggage and feels unable to care for a real child. She fears pregnancy and she has a carrier gene like me and doesn't want to go through what I did. I had four miscarriages and a highly defect child that died after three months due to the gene. Yes, there has been slight tension between us because I think she just hasn't found the right man. She never dated growing up and her other fears are unnecessarily exaggerated, but it's ultimately her decision and I don't resent her. Four, we haven't seen each other in three months. I'm a single mother and we have always been close, which is why she invited me with her friends. I just didn't want to go to a party with a lizard and if it wasn't for the lizard, she should have called it a party instead of a gender reveal. Now, what do you guys make of this one? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Says, my 42 female best friend, 42 female, told my husband, 44 male, I cheated and he's leaving. I'll go right ahead and say the obvious. I deserve this. I'm the villain. It's all my fault, I know. But my goodness, I can't handle this. I'm posting here in the hopes that someone has advice on how to win back a betrayed spouse. Back in 2001, yes, 20 years ago, I was young and dumb and did something horrible. I'd been with my husband, boyfriend at the time for five years at that point. We grew up in the same hometown, part of the same friend group as kids and fell in love in high school. We've been together ever since. After college, however, I got it into my head that my relationship was holding me down and stifling my self-expression. My best friend Julia agreed with the sentiment. Together, we'd go out clubbing, leaving our boyfriends at home. We wouldn't do anything bad, but there was still a thrill to knowing that other guys were looking at us. Well, as they say, never play with fire. The more we partied, the more Julia wanted to cheat. Eventually, she started making out with other guys at clubs, and I'm ashamed to say that for a few nights, I did the same, dancing with guys and kissing them. 
I put a stop to this after a few such incidents. I felt disgusted with myself, with her, with these strangers I was kissing, and most of all, I felt horrible about cheating on the love of my life. I told her that I couldn't hang out with her anymore if she was going to continue her cheating ways. She understood and she put a stop to it as well. Of course, all my moral indignation didn't give me the courage to actually fess up to what I did, so we kept it our secret. Skip 20 years later. I've hence married that boyfriend and he's my husband now. We have four children, 18, 17, 14, and 14. Over these 20 years, my best friend has practically faded out of the dating pool entirely. She has a successful business of her own, inherited from family, and she dedicates her life to running it. Her social life is essentially hanging out with me or my husband and sometimes babysitting the kids. Well, it turns out that she's gotten so chummy with my husband that one night in February of this year, she had too much to drink and she ended up letting spill our little cheating incidents back in the day. She didn't mention that I only did it four times, kissing four different guys in total. Understandably, she doesn't remember those specifics. She just remembers that she cheated for almost an entire year and remembers I was doing generally the same. To make matters worse, she said this while my oldest son was upstairs and my son heard everything. I was away for the weekend with our three other kids, visiting my parents and my poor husband had to calm my son down while also trying to make sense of what Julia was telling him. I never knew that the night I left would be the last time the love of my life would ever kiss me. I came home the next day and my husband sat me down and asked me point blank if I ever cheated on him. I could tell from the look in his eyes that he knew everything. I admitted that I had. He was so calm that it scared me. I was afraid for his well-being. He's usually so proud and charismatic and that day he just looked serene, detached from our relationship, detached from me. He told me that he wants a DNA test on all of our children, which I of course agreed to because they are his. He's the only man I've ever slept with. We waited for the test results for one week and my son wanted nothing to do with me during this time. When the results came back, I thought that we could finally start on rebuilding our foundation of, of trust. I had all the energy in the world to put in our marriage and to show my man that I was worth his time and his love. The day the results came back, he told me he wanted a divorce. We have been separated since March of this year. He has pursued a condo in the downtown area of our city. My oldest two kids spend 100% of their time there, while my youngest twins split their time with me and him. He refuses to go to marital counseling. Our jurisdiction has a six-month wait before a divorce can be finalized, and that expired in October. So as if October 23rd, I'm a 42-year-old divorcee with four kids, two of whom hate me. The others see me as the reason their lives were upturned. I cut Julia out of my life. I know this wasn't her fault. I know I was the one who chose to lie and I deserve the consequences, but still I associate my life's total ruin to her. I blame her, even though it doesn't make sense. And just last weekend, one of my younger kids mentioned that Julia has been sleeping over at my husband's condo. I am incensed with jealousy and hatred for her and anguish at this whole situation. I need to win him back. This isn't how our lives are supposed to end. We have worked so damn hard to build our home and he can't share it all with her while I rot out here in the cold. Even the thought of calling him my ex makes me want to shrivel up and disappear. Yes, and from the post, it looks like OP knows that they totally, royally messed up here. And you've got to stand in husband's shoes in this one and say, how does he feel in this situation? You know, 20 years ago, he finds out that there was lies from that long ago. 
Surely it would just make you question everything, and it has. Wanting the DNA test, it just makes you think, you can't trust this person through all these years, that this life from 20 years has come up now. And me personally, I can't give any advice that would help in this situation because I don't think I could trust someone who'd done that to me either. It would leave me questioning absolutely everything. He just has to take your word that it was kissing. And and it wasn't just kissing, it's a betrayal of trust. That's the big thing here. But what is Julia up to that she's staying around his condo now? That does raise some questions. Did she intentionally bring out this news to split you up? Maybe she liked your husband. Just some things that were going through my head as I was reading. Maybe totally false though. But we do have an update to this one, which we'll cover in a moment. But first, we're going to cover some comments. And I went into OP's comment history to see if they replied to anyone, to see if we could get any additional information. Not that we particularly need it in this one, but DanRoman79 says, Gotta say, after reading both of these posts, there is nothing about this relationship that seems healthy in any way. I think I'd worry more about rebuilding your relationship with your kids more than anything. OP says, yep, my kids are always my priority. I know these posts here in the relationship subreddit probably don't capture that, but that's because I'm not asking for advice about my children. So I don't focus on that aspect. The reality is right now, my older two boys don't want to talk to me. I've had my younger girls talk to their older brothers about this. And what they tell me is that they don't want a relationship with me right now. I don't want to force the subject because I fear they will only withdraw further. I still keep close tabs on their studies and in the last few months I've been able to help with their scheduling. Still, no direct conversations though. Next in line is mine replies that saying, why do you think your oldest sons are out of contact with you? OP replies saying, I don't want to go into too much detail because it hurts to talk about it. And that's really not the point of this thread. To summarize, my oldest son witnessed his father cry for the first and only, I pray, time in his life. This happened the night that Julia said what she did in her drunken stupor. Julia was too far gone to actually answer any follow-up questions or to temper her words and now she can't even remember what she said so I'm assuming she phrased it in the most vulgar way possible. She's a mean drunk and sometimes she will say things in distasteful ways for no reason. My older son idolizes my husband and so does my second son. My husband is their hero in a very real way. He used to coach basketball in their school. All the kids in elementary and middle school adored him and I know our sons were always very proud of that. And in general, my husband's got an aura to him that makes people want to stay close. So to see him cry must have shattered my poor son's heart. He then told his younger brother and the two of them have cut me out of their lives ever since. OK Replacement says, your biggest mistake, not counting cheating, was hiding it for 20 years. It's their entire relationship. For him, it is as if everything were false and a lie. Not only that, but you could also be calm with all that. As he sees it, their relationship was built on the basis of a lie and he never knew it. There are many cases where it can be recovered, but in this, I do not think it would be possible, at least in a few years. The amount of time is too much and it's literally their entire relationship. What have you been doing all this time that you've been separated? Have you been with someone else? He refuses to talk to you. I hope you update. OP replied saying, I haven't been with anyone else. There have been plenty of opportunities, but I'm just not interested. This is almost entirely because the thought of a relationship with anyone but him repulses me. I can't explain it as anything beyond just a carnal revolt in my stomach. I don't want to hold some other guy's hand. I don't want some other guy's arm around me. I don't want any of it. I've been focusing on my two younger kids. We all moved back to my mother's house. She's old and needs someone to help her. And it hurt me too much to stay at our old house because it feels so empty without him. I recognize that I am probably lingering at the outskirts of depression as I've lost about 30 pounds since we separated. 
A few times a week, I will message him or message my two older sons and dutifully, they ignore me. So now we're gonna head on to the update to see what that says. Well, I did something I never thought I'd do. I unblocked Julia and reached out to her. We set up a time to meet for coffee at my mum's house when the place would be empty. We spoke for hours, though I can't say that it was like old times. I found myself stuck with a tenseness in my stomach. I realized I still hate her for what she did. I'll never be able to let loose with her like I once did, and that's a reality I have to accept. Anyway, reiterate the facts as she told them. What were her intentions in telling my husband about my cheating? It was purely a drunken mistake with no real rhyme or reason behind it. She doesn't even remember it happening. She just remembers my oldest son being very short with her the next morning and my husband later explaining what she had said. How did she behave with my husband after the revelation? My husband cut her off a day or so after I did. He did this because a few days after the incident via text, she tried to convince him that she was drunk and confused. But this happened after he had confronted me, so he knew that it was the truth she had spilled. He wanted space from her because he associated her to all of my lies. How did she get back in touch with him after he blocked her? He didn't block her. He just told her to not contact him again. She promised to keep her distance from him and the kids. Three months later, she reached out to him again because she has been getting help without alcohol abuse and she wanted to apologize for all the harm she did. After that conversation, they kept in touch. Why is she spending nights at his place? She'd been finding it hard to stay at home alone during winter because of her old drinking habits and wanted some company. She sleeps in the guest bedroom and obviously they don't drink together or anything. She apologized for the confusion it caused my twin daughters. I allowed myself to feel hopeful here. They are not together. This wasn't some grand conspiracy for her to steal him away. I still have a chance, but I had to make sure. Did she ever sleep with him? Yes. After the divorce finalized, they hooked up a few times to let off steam. She insisted that I shouldn't worry because they never tried to pursue a relationship. There's way too much resentment and baggage for it to work, and she doesn't think she's his type. There it is. I cried when she admitted this. She cried and apologized. I must have told her that I hated her a thousand times. I really do hate her. I hate her more than I thought it was possible. She knows how much I love him. She knows how much I need him. And yet she still manages to knock things over and out of place no matter how it hurts me. I told her to get out after that. I haven't blocked her again. She wants to be back in my life, but there's no chance in hell I ever want to lay my eyes on her if she's sleeping with a man I love. I know some women can swallow their pride and do it, but I can't. So that's where I'm at. At least they're not in love or running off to get married. I tell myself that he's just using her to try and fill a hole in his heart. I tell myself that letting off steam is not how anyone would describe meaningful sex. It's a physical reaction to stress and circumstance. But then I remember what she said about her not being his type. I wish I asked her if she's dating now or if he has eyes on someone. I wish I wrote down notes on what I wanted to learn and express instead of just going in unprepared. My emotions got the best of me and now here I am weeping again until my body hurts from exhaustion. This hasn't helped my obsession with the prospect of him moving on. All this meeting has done is humble me at the thought of him and her making love. I can't let this go on. I need to get him back before he falls in love with someone else. Given the new information I've learned, does anyone have any advice on what to do? 
And there's just a couple of posts on the update that I'd like to read out. One from unknown928121 who quotes, I can't let this go on. I need to get him back before he falls in love with someone else. Then goes on to say, use these feelings as motivation to better yourself. Get therapy, get a hobby, write a book, do something, but let this man go. Catharsism says this, my biggest concern here is that Opie began dating her ex-husband at 15, married around 21, had kids, etc. And now she's in her 40s, divorced, and still trying to win him back. She's never been a person without him, so she's heavily dependent on him and that she has no idea how to be whole without him or exist without him. OP, you need therapy, not family counseling or marital counseling. You need to learn to be your own person. I understand that you're in a world of hurt, especially with your children cutting you off. But right now, you need to accept that this is your life now and you need to get a hold of yourself. If for no other reason than the fact that suffering for this long will not help anyone, not you, not your kids, and it won't bring your ex back. You need to get up and start working on yourself. Even if you feel you deserve to suffer and feel guilty, this was 20 years ago. You cannot change what happened 20 years ago. You didn't murder a family. You didn't abuse your children. You made a series of bad decisions that cost you your marriage. Whether or not I or anyone else think that his reaction is justified is not relevant. Your marriage is over, but your life isn't over. You cannot live your entire life revolving around another human being. You've suffered enough. Life is complicated. People are complicated. People make bad decisions and tough choices and have a right to feel the way they feel. But the world is still spinning. The sun is still shining. You need to get up and get therapy and start picking up the pieces for your own sake. Just because you don't get to have your ex back doesn't mean you don't get to live and function as a human being. You don't need to feel miserable forever, even if it feels inevitable. And you don't deserve to feel miserable forever. Not for something like this. Even if you don't deserve to have your husband, which is entirely his decision, no one else's. You do deserve to be able to exist and function as an independent person and God forbid, feel moderately okay to even happy, even if you don't think you deserve it. And one more from Luna Muna who replies that one saying, I have to say though that this Julia is truly an evil person. Goaded her into fooling around all those years ago, presented her few weeks as a year, which she herself did, blew up the marriage after almost two decades and then goes and sleeps with her separate husband. It's almost cartoonishly evil. I feel like she felt jealous she didn't have the relationship OP had and well now, OP doesn't. Doesn't take away from OP's misdeeds, but what a terrible thing. What ex-husband is doing isn't healthy either. Sleeping with evil ex-best friend. Now, what do you guys make of this one? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. And it's from Sal Slytherin who says, my husband beat cancer and now he's given up on our marriage. It's been six months since my 21 female husband, 21 male, has a stem cell transplant. This was in conjunction with chemotherapy to help improve his quality of life if the chemo worked as treatment. He had metastatic brain cancer in his bones and his chances weren't good. He still has to worry about the cancer coming back in the future, but the treatment did work and now he's back to normal life. Except nothing has been normal. He's been depressed ever since he got home from the transplant. I've tried talking to him about it and showing my support. I talked to his family, basically just telling them he's feeling burned out and asked if they could reach out more. I've tried to handle a lot of my own struggles on my own. I have clinical depression and now I'm recovering from pushing that aside to be his caregiver for two years. I'm in counseling and I still work full time. This past week, he told me he's been thinking about it for a few weeks and he doesn't think he can do this anymore. This being our marriage. He says, I always take my anger out on him and the past year has been all about me. 
I took a few deep breaths and told him, that's hard to believe since in this past year, all I've done is work and use all my vacation days on being there for his treatments. This summer, we used all our extra money on him getting his dream motorcycle and all the accessories to go with it. We had planned on getting me one too, but it ended up being too expensive so we agreed on him doing the motorcycle course and getting the bike himself. I've been focused on my therapy and healing. I've been going to work every day. I also got basically ghosted by my best friends after she got married this summer. I've had repressed memories and childhood traumas come up in the last month that I've been working through basically on my own. My husband knows, but we've had a total of two conversations about it. And when I try bringing it up, he makes the conversation about something unrelated. I said I wanted us to go to marriage counseling since he's been refusing to see his own therapist or counselor for the last three years. He finally got himself a counselor instead and I feel like it's too late for that. After he told me this week he thought our relationship was over, I snapped. I told him if he was giving up, then I wasn't going to shut up about the pain I'm dealing with anymore. I am always forced to be quiet and listen to him talk about what he's been going through. And I've done it happily our entire marriage. And to hear him say these things felt like the ultimate betrayal. Now he wants to take it back. He says he never should have said that. And he wants me to give him time to work with his counselor and heal. But I still think the problem isn't addressed. He thinks the last year ahead has been about me. When our entire marriage has been about him. And he never acknowledged that. He refuses to talk about his treatment and things we were together for, but he makes jokes about his own funeral, even though it makes me cry. Does anyone have advice or questions are welcome? I think he's given up and now that he's verbalized it, part of me just wants to be done. And there isn't too many comments on this one and the comments that are there are just saying, you know, be done with it. You don't have to put up with this. Cancer doesn't make you do these things or be horrible to someone else, etc. And I found it very interesting that it got to the point of you, you know, totally having enough of it after he said, you know, he wants to split up with you and he's had enough of this being your marriage, doesn't want to listen to you with, you know, some issues that you may be facing. And then when you finally exploded and said, you know, this feels like the ultimate betrayal, then then he wants to take it back and wants you to give him time to work with his counselor and heal. But you also went on to say he still thinks the last year ahead has been all about OP. Which whether we're talking about, you know, husband's depression or, or whatever's going on at the moment. It's still an incredibly horrible situation for OP to be dealing with. After everything that they went through, you know, taking days off work to help them through their treatment. To help with everything. And I know OP is doing it out of love. We all do these things out of love. But it is no small task to help people through cancer and I, and I know that might sound like a horrible thing to say but it is a big it is a big uptaking I mean I often bring up my dad in these situations and dealing with you know him and going through his chemo and the many appointments he has I mean I can't count how many times I was in hospital with my father for appointment checkups chemo lung drains just so much stuff going on it was an absolute whirlwind of a time to then feel like that was potentially thrown in your face after all of this must hurt and i as i said i we do this out of love we don't do this for recognition from the other person but then to be treated negatively after the fact must incredibly hurt so i'm going to be very interested to know how the update goes so let's dive straight into it update here's the skinny my 21 female husband, 21 male, had two years of intense treatment for cancer. He went into remission after a stem cell transplant this past spring. Ever since, he's been negligent of my feelings and our relationship. He rarely wants to do anything I want to do, and there's always a reason why we can't at the time. 
but he'll never consider it again after he said no. And this is about stupid things like going to the zoo or out late on a weeknight. He won't spend any extra money on me, even to get a lamp to go over my vanity or new clothes when I've hardly shopped since we got married. I make my own money, but he does all the budgets. When he was in treatment, we developed a system where I'd send him what he needed to pay the bills. He'd send my money back to me if there was extra. When we moved in the spring, our rent went up and he said we had to cut our spending money. He told me to just keep $100 every month and send him the rest. I don't. I always say there's a few extra things I need to keep money for and hang on to a bit. But I still end up with a very little in my account and I always told him that I wasn't okay with doing that for more than a month or two while we figured out our finances. I'm not comfortable just sending all my money to him to handle but ever since it's been reason after reason why we haven't been able to merge our accounts. He said a few times that he understands why I want a joint account but he doesn't see the difference since he's my husband and I can trust him with it. He knows my parents are really bad with money and they never taught me to manage money. Sometimes he hints at that when I talk about wanting to share in our finances. But I had more savings than my husband ever did. I owned my own car before he even had one and then his dad paid for half of it. I paid for our wedding. It was small, but it was still nice and cost about 8K. While we were engaged, he bought a pickup that died before our wedding. He spent his savings paying the rest of the loan on it, about 10K. I paid first and last on our apartment and covered rent while he couldn't find a job. This is after I got him a job at a pizzeria I've been at for six months. He got us both fired. He always says they were shady anyways, which is true, but not the point. After my original post, I told him I want to set up a mutual fund so we can at least have our cash and bills coming from the same place. He just asked me to move the appointment with the bank, then a few minutes later came out with a plan he and his brother made for us to get a joint checking account. I said that's not a mutual fund and I want to do what we already planned. At this point, the red flags are off the map. I've talked, we've talked, he explained and explains, but things never get better for me. I can't focus on myself at all because I'm basically babysitting a grown man. I have so much healing to do and I want to do it together, but he's not letting it happen. I think I should be over, but part of me wants to keep fighting for this. After everything, I just want us to work so bad. Could this possibly be salvageable? If not, how do I pick myself up enough to face that fact? Edits, I got stoned 22 hours into replying to my comments, so that's why I'm chatty. Thanks so very much to everyone who's helping me think this through. Tonight, I canceled our 2022 trip to Mexico. I think it's time I leave this relationship. And again, thank you so, so much to everyone who helped me realize that. I plan to update in a few days. I probably still need advice and I'll let you know how it's going. Now at the point in that update where you said red flags, I was feeling the red flags too. This does seem like some sort of financial abuse to me. And the fact that you can't get this joint account that you keep asking for multiple times and why is his brother involved and when he said to you you know when you mentioned it you know you should be able to basically trust me you should be able to trust me to look after the account you're bad with money kind of thing and the way husband is going about this i think you're potentially doing the right thing he doesn't sound like he's changing very much and even doubling down in some aspects of your relationship but i really hope it does work out for you and maybe go 2022 trip to mexico by yourself <laughs> I hope everything works out for you, OP. And what do you guys make of this one? What advice would you give to OP about their relationship? What would you do if you was in their shoes? Guys, let me... Now, this story comes from Pokegirl040992 with multiple updates as well. And it's titled, I made my dad choose between me and his new family. 
my father 52, and I 25 female, along with my three years older Cocker Spaniel, Moxie, live in my mum's ancestral house that I inherited along with other assets when she died when I was 16 due to cancer. My father got married to his high school sweetheart a few months ago while he was on a trip with his friends. Apparently, they've been in contact for almost two years now. I was shocked, but it is his life and if he's happy, then I'm okay with it. They moved in a week after the small wedding that I wasn't even invited to since I had no idea that they were even dating or that he was dating. She, my dad's wife, that we're called Steph, 51, came with baggage. I mean, twin stepsisters, 20 female Lizzie and Lexi, fake names, and their two chihuahuas, Gucci and Hermes. They go to the state college nearby and thought that it would save them money if they lived here instead of paying rent, etc. My dad asked if it would be okay and he also stated that the house is big enough for us. Seven bedrooms, 8.5 baths, a basement and a huge yard with a pool. To make my dad happy, I said yes. Big mistake. 8.5 baths? The hell? First issue was the argument of me moving to a smaller room since my room has the second biggest closet out of all the rooms in the house. She needed it to store all her luxury bags and clothes, etc. I said no. I told her it's been my room since I can remember and she's not making me move when it's my house. My dad compromised with her that he'll give his side of the closet to her while his things are in the other room. Second issue, the twins have this habit of barging into people's room without knocking and that includes my office, currently working from home due to COVID. Lexi walked in one time wearing a bikini looking for something while I was in the middle of a business meeting. She literally walked behind me where everyone could see her. I was pissed off and embarrassed. Third, their dogs are not potty trained and would leave poops and pee around the house and the twins wouldn't even clean up after them. They are also very aggressive towards Moxie. I found Moxie one time with a scratch on her left eye, but the two other dogs would usually nip at when they get the chance. Fourth, all the family photos in the house were removed and put in the attic without my approval. That includes my grandparents, my great-grandparents, my mother's family photo, my family photo, my baby pictures, etc. I took my time to put them all back up where they belonged. This happened a few times. Two days ago, Steph did it again, but this time she replaced them with her pictures, the twins and her family, etc. Steph and I had a heated argument about it. I told her that she can't do anything regarding the decorations, etc. in my house without my approval and that her daughter should also learn to knock on doors and have their dogs potty trained. She said they can do whatever they want in her house and that she'll be making up house rules that we will all follow since she thinks I'm such a wild animal doing whatever I want and that I was not raised properly due to having a bad, useless mother. I was livid. That's an understatement. I told her that she can pack her things along with her twins because I am kicking her out. She said that I have no right to kick them out from her house. I told her and I quote, Lady, you're living under my roof. This is my house. I inherited it from my mother and right now you, your twins and your dogs are trespassing. Get out before I call the cops. My dad got home early that day after Steph told him what happened. I told him my side of the story. He said that they're still getting used to the house and the move here was difficult for them. I told him about all the issues surrounding them but he kept insisting that it's going to get better and that to just give them some time. I told him that I've put up with all their shit and I've had enough. Enough is enough. He was defending them more, taking their side. So I told him that he can either move out with them or stay and that he has until the end of the week. Did I do the right thing here? 
making my dad choose between me and his new family. I literally gave them a chance and I've put up with so much of their shit for the past few months. What she said about my mother was my breaking point. There's no way that, that she will disrespect her in the house where she grew up in, where I grew up in. I know it's the wrong subreddit, but I'm definitely coming in with a not the asshole in this situation. The disrespect this person's given to you as they come into your house, putting myself in that person's shoes, you know, coming with two kids, two dogs into someone else's house. I'd have so much respect for that person to allow me to be living there like that. And like you said in this, disrespecting your mother as well would send me over the top to say that she didn't raise you right, yet here you are allowing someone else to live in your house. Hell no, kick them out. And this is your father's choice. It's really strange that, you know, you didn't find out. I know you're not entitled to know about his dating life, but this is your father. So, you know, you'd have thought, why was he keeping this away from you like that? Not inviting you to the wedding, all very suspicious. Maybe he knew you wouldn't approve of this person maybe and assuming he would love you that he would share this information. But before we move on to our first update, we're gonna cover a couple of comments from PHL Fusion One Fan who says, girl, you did what you had to do and I would 100% do the exact same thing. Your father on the other hand needs to grow some spine. It seems like she got him wrapped around her fingers. I doubt it was even his idea to get married without inviting you. If he ends up choosing them, just cut them out. Go no contact. You don't need that kind of toxicity in your life. Also, make sure that he can't contest your inheritance regarding the house. Just so he can stay there. You know people these days. I hope it turns up in your favor. Bebem says, the audacity of this woman. Her house. Then has the nerve to talk shit about your mother. I would have packed her shit and thrown it out the door. OP, please have all the locks changed and get a security gate. Do not give any of them a new key, even your dad. I get the feeling your dad will go with his new wife. You have been more than kind to them all. Did your dad have anything to say about his new wife's comment about your mother being bad and useless? I'm proud of you for standing your ground and kicking these worthless, shitty women out. BBT Carr says, Yes, this amount of entitlement your father's wife and stepdaughters is absurd. I'm so glad you kicked them out. As for your dad, his behavior is also pretty terrible. The whole thing where, whoops, I got married, didn't tell you. Oh, can my new family move in? He is not showing any courtesy or respect, honestly. Cat Claw says, yes, you absolutely and without a doubt did the right thing. Your father is the one in the wrong here, imposing these strangers on you and now he'll have to live with the consequences. So glad the house is legally yours. If it was your dad's, I could have seen a Cinderella type situation within a few more months. Change your locks once they've left. Tuna Tofu says, you could move them out and find paying roommates to share or just live there alone. Dad made a lot of assumptions about your house. They probably thought you would just put up with it because you were young. Dad also probably lied through his teeth about his awesome house and your steps are obviously gold diggers trolling for a rich widower. They are hoping for a whole Cinderella thing. Not this time, motherfuckers. <laughs> Nin says, wow, that's a mess. So the end of the week will be this coming Sunday. Stay strong. They will not just move out. Get ready to call the cops, hire movers, put their stuff on the lawn or dumpster, change the locks. Steph is a bitch, but your dad is the one you should be mad at. Stay strong. This won't be easy. Then OP gave a mini update in the comments as well before the update update. <laughs> so we're going to cover that now. So OP replied saying, so just a quick update. I've read the comments and thank you for your support. 
I really do appreciate it. It does make it seem like I'm a pushover. Well, maybe I am. I just don't like confrontation, arguing, or anything that ends up with fighting with someone. I'm just not that type of person. I will be changing the lock around the house as some of you suggested. Unfortunately, the gate in the property is old and rusted and it's been open for who knows how long, so I can't really do much about it right now. Anyway, I called the same lawyer that handled my mum's will to review if there's any loophole or any chance that my dad can contest it. I will be seeing her in a couple of hours. Regarding my dad, he's a good man and he's worked hard to provide for me and my needs when my mum died. He's never asked me to tap on my money to help with living expenses, etc. He makes a decent amount of money as an engineer, like six figures, so I don't think he's after my money. I could be wrong though. I just think he's been blindsided that someone still finds him attractive at his age. Also didn't help how it was his high school sweetheart. I've also talked to him about his impromptu wedding and how he kept things from me. He just said he didn't know how I was going to react if I knew that he was dating the ex-girlfriend before we met and married my mum. I was pissed off, but I got over it since he seemed happy having her around. I don't know what their whole history is or if there's bad blood between her and my mum to make her lash out like that and disrespect her. Steph and her evil spawns are staying somewhere in town. No idea where and I don't care or want to find out. They have the money to take care of themselves and if they run out, they always have their luxury bags to sell. Honestly, who needs so much bags that they require a whole closet just to store them? If anyone's wondering where my relatives are, well, my mum was an only child and grandparents left her everything. When my mum died, I got most of what she inherited. She left some to my dad as well. My grandparents on my dad's side lives about six hours away with my uncles and aunts. It's literally just me and my dad here and Moxie. Moxie is doing well. She's happier and seems to enjoy the quietness around the house. I will update as soon as I can, but thank you for all the support. And it sort of left me wondering what's going to happen next. I don't know. I, I can't predict what might happen. Is she going to come back and insist that she move in? I don't know. So we're going to go to the first update of this saga. Here's the update. I spoke with my mother's previous lawyer, Amy, fake name, about the issue on Saturday and asked if there's a way to contest the will. She showed me the documents and my, and I assume dad is missing there, and I both signed an agreement in summary that we agree on what was left to us and that we will not be contesting it in the future. Mum for the win. She also advised to give them at least 30 days to find a place and move out to avoid any legal troubles, etc. So inheritance issue is solved. Saturday night, I was supposed to have dinner with just my dad. Apparently, a private discussion between father and daughter is a whole family affair. Steph and twins were there. To make it quick and to end the misery, I stated that I spoke with Amy regarding the house and other legal issues. I also added that they have 30 days to find a place and move out. Steph tried to object, but dad shut her down saying that we can fix the issue and that we can all go to family therapy and that we just need time to get to know each other. Cue my eyes rolling. I informed him that it's been months since they moved in and not once did they try to be family unless they need something. I put my foot down. Enough is enough. So I asked him if he's going with them or staying so I'll know which items he'll be taking. He asked if I'm kicking him out, which I told him I'm not, that he's free to choose to wherever he goes, but I told him that he should not expect me to keep in contact with him if he decides to leave. Steph asked why I'm kicking him out of his house. I told her that I inherited my house from my mother. She said that he told her that I live with him. I guess she thought that I live with my dad in his house. Big misunderstanding on their part. 
Lexi argued that's going to be hard to move since they're finishing up spring semester and that finals are in a couple of weeks. I just smiled and said, to better hurry and find a place. I left after that. Yesterday, Easter Sunday, I invited my boyfriend and his family and my two best friends over to celebrate Easter Sunday. My dad has been calling me and I didn't bother answering the call. He tried to invite me to spend the day with him. As far as I'm concerned, the only family I have right now are my two best friends, my boyfriend and his family. It was a good Sunday. We did some egg hunting and a few games and a big dinner, which I haven't had in a long time. I felt right. Anyway, right now I'm finishing up documenting everything that's worth over $500 in the house. I had a few people over to help document them. All locks have been changed. I only gave a copy to my boyfriend. Don't worry about my dad asking him about the key. He doesn't approve of him since he's middle class. I also hired professionals to install a security system around the house and property, and I'm scheduled to meet with someone regarding the fences and gate. I have not tapped into the fund that my mum left since I started college to help with tuition, dorm, and other expenses, but this is an emergency and it calls for it. All the family pictures, portraits, etc. are currently in storage. All other valuables that are small are in a safety deposit box. All documents are in a water and fireproof safe that requires a key and pin to open currently in my room. I'm trying to take all the precautions and advice that you guys wrote on that comment section in my previous post. Thank you for those. So that's about it for now. Not really sure why dad is choosing to be with them than me, his own flesh and blood. I'll update this if there's any news or something stupid happens, but I've come to accept that for some unknown or explainable reason, they're more important to him than me. It's hard since he's the only family I have left here and I'm really not that close with his side of the family. So once they move out, I'm cutting contact with them. He's a grown man and he can decide whatever the fuck he wants to do with his life. Thanks for all the support and well wishes. Now, I was kind of expecting that part where dad's wife thought that the dad owned the house and she was just living there. So I would like to send the shock on her face when, when she finally realized, you know, no, actually daughter owns the house. And we do have the final conclusion update to this story as well, which we'll get right into. My email has been blowing up regarding this and a lot of people were asking how I'm doing, what happened to my dad, etc. So here's the final update. One of my high school friends is a real estate agent and I had to help find them a house nearby, about 15 minutes away after thinking through my decisions. I helped with a down payment just to get them started just so that they don't feel like I didn't help them, etc, etc. Regarding my dad, we had a long discussion about the issue. He moved in with them, but we decided that we would have dinner every Sunday night, just us two, and to celebrate any special occasions together. I did remind him I can't have him or any of his new family in the house after his wife disrespected my mum. I don't know much about their history and I don't really want to find out, but as far as I know, and as far as I can remember, my mother was nothing but kind to everyone. She raised me to be that way, but I guess she'll be disappointed in me after kicking them out. Oh well. He changed his will and added them in, but I advised him not to tell them. Been watching too many crime stories for the months and I'm just looking out for him. He did say he was proud of my decisions and that I've grown up well and strong and that my mum would be proud of me and what I have accomplished in life so far. After that whole ordeal and after making sure that the house is secure, etc., I went on a vacation with my boyfriend. Well, now fiance, to unwind and relax. The whole issue took a toll on my mental health and it was a struggle getting back to, I guess, being normal, being my usual self. Also, no wedding bells anytime soon. He's focused on his intern year up in NY, pursuing his career in medicine. 
wants to be a pediatrician. For all those wondering, he did sign a prenup. He was more than willing to sign it. Also, my mum's side of the family had a big military and finance background, lots of investments and such. I could have followed in their footsteps and joined the military, but my hand-eye coordination is abysmal, so that's why I took work in finance. I try not to depend on my family's money and learn how to make my own money through investments, stocks, etc. I did take out a little bit to do some remodeling in and around the house. Gotta keep it well maintained if I want to pass it down. I think that's about it. My dad and I aren't exactly back to our old relationship. I don't think we'll ever get back to it, but we're, hmm, civil about the situation. I've seen Steph and her daughters around town a few times, but I don't acknowledge them. Why would I when they took my dad from me? Thank you for all your support and well wishes. It's been hard these past few months, but I am managing. Happy holidays and stay safe and healthy. Now, I've got to say that ending left me with mixed feelings. I was sort of happy that, you know, that you're having these Sundays with your father and sort of getting some of your relationship back, which is a good thing. But it also left a sour taste in my mouth that, you know, this all stemmed from your father meeting this entitled person who thought they was entitled to so much. But from some of your lines in this post as well, you clearly love your father a lot. So I am glad for you that you are finding some sort of relationship with him, even if it's like at arm's length, which is a very smart thing to do by yourself as well. I don't need to tell you that. You know that already. But (laughs) what do you guys make of this story? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Bit of a wild one there. And how would you deal with it if you found yourself in a similar situation to OP? 8.5 baths. (laughs) Says Husband, 30 male, cheated on me, 27 female, with my own sister, 21 female. I'm upset, confused, and angry. Forgive me if it's confusing in places. I'm still shaken and confused by the whole situation. So me and my partner have been together for six years, live together and have a five-week-old daughter. Me and my sister have a very close relationship since my parents haven't always been the best or supportive figures in our lives. So we clung together and would even consider myself the mother and father figure in our life. Mine and my partner's relationship has been fairly strained since my daughter has been born. He would stay late at work, been dismissive when I would want to communicate our feelings and huff and puff when I would tend to our daughter. I had a fairly rough pregnancy and and quite a traumatic birth, so my libido and overall body confidence is scarce. I don't feel like being intimate most days and my partner would give me the silent treatment, but I never worried about him being unfaithful. I was feeding my daughter on the sofa tonight with my husband sitting next to me. We were both watching TV and his phone kept vibrating, but I had a feeling something wasn't right with the amount of notifications and how quickly he would answer. He got up to go to the bathroom and didn't take his phone with him this time. I grabbed it, put the passcode in and had a look who the messages were coming from. It was my sister. Before I looked at the messages, my heart dropped and my heart was in my mouth when I started looking at the messages. There was nudes, sexting, and conversations on how I'm not putting out like I used to, which was a knife in my chest. They had met about four times, in which I realized was the times where I was taking myself to the doctor for scans and checkups and getting shopping for my grandparents. I am beyond distraught. I have no idea what to do, where to go, and how to go about confronting them. I feel like my whole world has come crashing down. I have lost my husband and my sister. 
And we do have a couple of updates on this story and some comments as well from this initial post, which we'll cover in a second. But whenever we've covered like cheating posts and stuff like that and where potentially it could end in divorce, the first thing people always say is, you know, take your time, don't say anything initially and get your ducks in a row. I always get that saying wrong, so I may have got it wrong again. So like if you can get copies of the messages, whatever. And I was looking at it, your daughter's five weeks old. They had met four times in these five weeks, or has it been going on before all this? But No Outlaw for me says, send yourself copies of those messages and any replies that he may have sent and get yourself a lawyer or woman's aid advocate before you let him know what you found out. Things you said about him before you wrote about the text that you saw led me to believe that he was a jerk. You don't need to put up with a jerk like that in your life. You deserve better. A deleted user says, I second this. This is a double betrayal here. How could they both do this to you at a vulnerable time is despicable. Also, please find a therapist to help you here. Note, you did nothing wrong here. They both did. Prepare yourself to boot him out and go no contact with both of them. You have other friends and your child to think about here. Those two are both off their rockers and only if they both accept their responsibility in all this and get some serious mental help, their lives may be redeemable, but prepare that they will not and project all the blame on you. Please try to take care of yourself here by eating, drinking water and resting as much as you can with a newborn and this information. Another deleted user says, I'm sorry you're going through this. Welcome to the shittiest club to ever be a member of. As I have said often, and you kind of led to it when you called your marriage strained. So often we BS take life's changes in stride and over time let them become the new normal. Like the frog on the pot whose temperature rises slowly. Our wayward spouses find their outlet in starting new relationships elsewhere. Generally this starts with removing all communication from you and outletting it somewhere else. Work friends, old friends, new friends, etc. Eventually this turns into a relationship and their life is on the uptick. They have a new relationship feels and they have moved on from you. Then in some way the truth comes out and this all crashes down. On one hand, I'm jealous that you found out ahead of time. I got the your wife has been fucking my husband text to find out about D-Day number one. On the other hand, the fact that you are dealing with both your husband and your sister betraying you is a new load that I didn't have to experience. Here's what I can tell you not to do. Number one, do not okay the pick me dance and try to fight for your husband back from your sister. It only leaves you worse. When you lower yourself to that level, you will only feel worse in retrospect. You're a great wife, a great mother, and your husband is just a douchebag. And that's the real story. Not that you did something to deserve this. Two, do not try to take the leading role in anything you do if reconciliation is what you chose. He fucked up, not you. You will find that if you take the lead, he will regret getting caught, but never feel remorseful for what he did to you. Three, prioritize your time with your daughter. Get on the record, his aloofness, and then use that in court when you fight for full custody. And one more from Vaguely Aware who says first, Sorry you are here. Your husband sounds awful. How can he expect sex? You're five weeks postpartum. You're not supposed to have any sort of penetrating intimacy for at least six to eight weeks. I want to make sure you know that isn't your fault in any way. This was an evil series of choices made by people you trusted. People who were supposed to be looking out for your mental, emotional, and physical well-being. I honestly don't see how divorce isn't a choice here, and I'm honestly pro-reconciliation if the wandering spouse is remorseful. But these two people, I don't think they can be a healthy part in you or your child's life after this. Please consider contacting a divorce lawyer. Find out what divorce would cost. Get an idea of what asset division, custody, child support, or alimony may look like. 
Contact a therapist if you have the means. You've experienced an emotional trauma. Let them help you get back to your feet. I'd especially encourage this given the absolute mindfuck of who the ape is. Make sure you're taking care of yourself and your baby. Eat as best as you can, stay hydrated, and sleep when you can. I know that's no easy task with a newborn. As messed up as this is, you're going to be okay. You didn't deserve this. We're here for you. So the first update. A lot has happened since I last posted. A lot came out. A lot has been said and now it's all on the table. I called an aunt of mine after I posted and saw some comments saying I should have a friend or family member by. I packed my baby bag, bottles and stuff for a short stay with my auntie who's been close by for the pregnancy and knows how to look after my baby because I don't want my child in the house whilst I talk about this. My husband who was confused and was asking why I was packing stuff for her and not me also. I told him he will see. I texted my sister come over right now and she pushed Y and called me but I just messaged her to get over here. Took her about 15 minutes to come and my aunt came and took my daughter in that time and my husband was getting increasingly worried. When my sister pulled up, my husband's ass fell out. The sudden look of realization hit him and he started crying. My sister came in and I told her to sit down and I did as you all asked. Took pictures of the chat, her number and all the contents that was on the chat. Pulled it up on the smart TV and told them both to tell me what the fuck had been going on. Admittedly, I did look quite insane, but I didn't care. She started crying. He started saying he was sorry over and over, and I explained that they had broken me. How I raised my sister and gave my husband a daughter, and this is how they repay me. They confessed it had been happening for at least seven months. He fucked her in our bed a couple of times, and they said it wasn't like they were in love with each other. Getting the lawyer in the morning, he's confessed to kissing a co-worker also. I'll be picking my daughter up in an hour and he's currently packing his shit whilst my sister is crying and begging me not to disown her. I'm ignoring it whilst I'm writing this. Really see I can only depend on myself in this time and divorce is an only option for me because I don't want my daughter thinking men can do this to her. He's begging me and they are both begging me but I'm not cracking. They made their bed, they can lie in it. Thank you everyone for your support and kindness. Edit. Also highly suspect grooming in my sister when she was 15. Leaving rooms together and having a great bond feels very stupid for missing that and putting my sister in danger. And we have an update too, which we're going to go into straight away. Hi guys, I want to first say how thankful I am for the people who were so supportive and even went out their way to message me. I really appreciate you all for that and it has given me a lot of strength. This is an update following on from my last post about what's happened in the week that followed. That night I was in shock and went into get away from me mode. I just wanted them out of my house and not in my vision. There was lots of trying to persuade me, apologizing, crying and it was chaos. My partner left with things in a bag and presumably went to his mother's and he's yet to make a return. My sister was quite distraught and I felt like she was truly sorry but it doesn't make what happened go away. She left not long after and I collected my daughter. It was a Christmas that didn't feel much like Christmas and spent it with my daughter alone. I cried a lot, ate a lot and decided to send my sister contact details for a therapist my therapist had recommended. I wanted to give her the space we both need right now, following on from the suspected grooming going on from when she was younger with my partner. Just assumptions at this point. It's her chance to open up about it if that was the case. As for my partner, he's not messaged me. Asked about our daughter or anything that I would have expected like, I'm really sorry that this has happened or can I come collect XYZ. 
His mother has removed me from all social media and I haven't tried the number to see if she has blocked me. I honestly think he has up and ran and used his mother as a bunker. All the legal divorce stuff is underway and I'm currently focusing on myself and my daughter. It's deeply upsetting and it caught up to me a few days after, but I'm doing better now. Thank you all for the concern and support. I also have to use this experience to now help others here. And we have one more update as well, which again, we're going to go straight into. Hello again. Nice to finally be back. I took a good month off Reddit, sort of, and all social media in general, just to clear my head and a few things up. I didn't expect this story to blow up like it did and was pretty shocked about a YouTube video covering it too. Not expected, but glad I could maybe help some more people in a similar situation. Can I also just say I received 78 private messages from people with overwhelming amounts of support and advice since posting the first post, which seemed to have disappeared for everyone but me. Some people messaged me with that I was faking and deleted it out of guilt. Well, it's on my profile for me and I don't quite know why it's disappeared and I really wish I made it up to be honest. But anyway, moving on. Divorce is up and running and he has signed the papers but won't come back to the house or see his daughter. Sister is a no-show too and from unpopular demand, I've tried to bridge the gap slightly but with no avail. I'm just accepting he has literally up and ran and won't be back anytime soon. He's been messaging me with really worrying messages though. He asked if I was alone in the house at 3am one night. I said no because it just felt right to say that because it was really fucking strange to be woken up at that time then nothing. Hasn't asked about our daughter or even divorce proceedings. He just says, hey, now and again, but I'm keeping low contact for now. So not replying often and only to important things. Hasn't overtly attempted reconciliation. Not that I want to. He's just acting off. He messaged me, it's time now one day and then nothing for a few days followed up by hey again. There's messages that have been removed by him that I didn't see, but they were usually at like 3 to 4 a.m. You know, when you can feel someone's personality through text, especially when you've known someone for a while. Can't really explain it, but it's fucking weird and it's like he's a different person. My daughter and I are loving life right now and are thriving. Just want to know your thoughts on these random ass messages. Now, what a weird ass ending. And it sort of left me on edge at the very end of that about what's going on now. And I hope OP and daughter are absolutely fine, but it certainly sent a couple of shivers down my spine. Maybe I've read one too many no sleep stories, but you know, when people are texting a message at 3am, it's either going to be, you know, he's been drinking all night and feels completely guilty about it. So it's just sending messages that's incoherent and stuff like that. He's being purposely creepy like this for a reason, or he's, or he's having some mental issues right now that need to be resolved. And I'm not sure if Opie would be able to do anything with these messages. I, I'm thinking like along the lines of restraining order. I don't know if that's too much right now, but I would certainly feel worried about receiving something like that, especially if the person knew my address as well. But what is your thoughts on this story? What would you do if you was in OP situation? How would you handle it? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to another story. And our next story comes from 898-7600 who asks, Is my 24 female mother, 56 female, overreacting about me wanting to spend Christmas as a newlywed with just my husband, 27 male, or am I in the wrong? I'm using a throwaway account since my main account is known by my family and friends. I got married in September of this year to my boyfriend of five years. We chose to elope. Legally, it was more of a blessing owing to the differences between marriage laws in our home country and this one. 
While on holiday in one of our favorite countries, we then returned home and had a ceremony where we signed all the official documents and legally became husband and wife. This was attended by our parents and siblings, so seven people in total. I promise this is all related to the overall issue. This wasn't at all a spur of the moment decision. We wanted a wedding exactly like this, something that everyone knew about and was seemingly on board with. For many years as I can remember, I wanted to spend my first Christmas as a married couple with the proviso that I, we had our own place. By this, I mean the day itself, cooking together, potentially burning the meal together, napping in front of the TV when the Queen's speech is on. It's something I've always envisaged. I told my boyfriend about it years ago and he loved the idea as much as me. To clarify, this would just be the day itself, not the whole festive period. This was something that mine and my husband's family were made aware of and both sides said they initially understood. We live around 80 miles away from my family and 170 miles from my husband's family. The initial plan was to see my boyfriend's family over this coming weekend and my parents on Boxing Day. As Christmas has come closer, it's become clear that my family, namely my mother, has become increasingly uncomfortable with the fact we're not going to be spending Christmas with either her or my husband's family. To give you an idea of past Christmases, for the first three years of our relationship, we spent Christmas apart, then spent Christmas with my family the year after, and last Christmas with my husband's family. My mother started by making comments that they're going to miss out on seeing me on Christmas for two years in a row, while my husband's parents are only missing out on a year. I pointed out that if we go visit my parents next Christmas, then his parents won't have seen him for two years, and, and so they'll be even. But that it wasn't a competition in the slightest. To highlight family structures, Christmas with my family is with my parents, my brother and his girlfriend on alternate years. They are with them this year though, and my uncle, mother's brother, and his husband. My husband's family is his parents, his two brothers, and his mother's brother, so it's not as if either family is having distinctly smaller Christmas if we are not attending. My mother has been asking if it's better just post our presents, and implying that we won't be making a trip down to them on Boxing Day. Again, I've shut her down about this. The reason I'm posting is that we rang my mother-in-law yesterday to confirm plans for visiting over the weekend. And she said that my mother had been in contact with her to ask if we are secretly spending Christmas with them and lying to the family about it. She told my mother that as far as she knew, we're sticking to our original plan of Christmas together and we definitely weren't going to them. It hurts that my mother thinks we're trying to get out of seeing them. My mother has recently been raising the point that since our wedding that she disagreed with our choice to elope and that spending Christmas alone is an extension of that. In the past few days, she has said that she thinks we're alienating ourselves from the rest of the world. I disagree. We love spending time with both of our families and our choice to elope was due to a combination of cost and overall need. We don't have thousands of pounds to spend on just one day so that random cousins, one or other of us, have never met can get loaded from an open bar. This was something that once again my mother said she completely understood. I just want to get the wider perspective to see what I'm doing is out of line. As a final note, I do browse the sub and, and usually whenever anyone posts about their parents, the advice is to go to specific subreddits and to call out parents abusive narcissists. I don't believe at all that my mother falls into that category. I believe that she is openly sharing her personal opinion and feelings with me and she is completely justified in doing that without being at all narcissistic. I just want to see if I'm the one in the situation who is acting in the wrong. Edit. Thank you for all the comments and messages I've received offering guidance. The first thing I'm planning on doing is talking to my mother to reaffirm why we want to and are doing this. Hopefully this will be a positive first start. Also I received messages criticizing my choice to elope and our reasons for deciding to do that. 
That's obviously not something we can change, so please don't send me something telling me I'm horrible daughter over it, because it won't get any kind of response. Now, we do have an update to this one as well. Now, I've been in one of these situations where I wanted to spend, you know, Christmas myself doing my own thing, but always felt the pressure of visiting, you know, a family member of some sort. I'm not criticizing the family member, but you get one side telling you, oh, you're coming to visit this year. Another side, you're coming to visit this year. And in the end, you have to set your own boundaries and what you want to do. And like you said, it must hurt to think that your mother is thinking of you, that you're lying to her. So she's phoning the other side of the family saying, are they secretly coming to you this year? It doesn't sound like a very good way to be dealing with things to me. And whilst I can imagine you'd love to see your children at Christmas and stuff like that, but you'd also love for them to have their own lives and be doing their own thing and being happy in their own lives as well. And I think that's what's most important to me. But let's stroll on straight over to the update to find out how OP dealt with it. What did they do? Did they talk to mother? Did mother blow up about it? Who knows? Let's find out right now. So Christmas has been and gone. And there was a bit more drama than I wanted. After my original post, I contacted my mother to reaffirm two other reasons we wanted to spend Christmas Day itself on our own. And she said that she understood and said she looked forward to seeing us on Boxing Day. However, a few hours later, I got a call from my father asking why mother was crying and saying that I'd rung her up screaming and shouting about her interfering with our life. I said that nothing like that happened and that it hurt that she was accusing me of that when I was just trying to be mature about the situation. My father sympathized and said he'd try to talk to her about it. I checked in frequently in the days up to Christmas, but my mother read and ignored my messages. Whenever I spoke to my father, he said she was telling him I hadn't been in contact and she was waiting for me to apologize, but he had seen I was in a call and text history. He advised that visiting on Boxing Day might not be the best idea, but it got to the stage he would visit us alone since none of this was our doing. We had our own private Christmas day, during which we found out that I was pregnant. We had started trying for our first child in secret a few months ago, but didn't suspect anything until I felt sick at the smell of turkey. We're going to keep this our little secret for the next few weeks, at least with everyone, my husband's family included. I text my mother to wish her happy Christmas in the morning and send another text in the evening, asking if she still wanted us to go up to visit tomorrow. I got a one-word reply, no. We took my mother at her word and didn't visit the following day. I think she was expecting me to grovel at her feet, begging for forgiveness, but that's not going to happen anymore. I called my father and told him that she had decided that we weren't visiting and it definitely wasn't on our end. He visited in the afternoon and brought the dog and we all went for a walk instead of worry about what my mother was doing or saying to other people about it. Apparently a horde of her friends have been told that I shredded her Christmas card and posted it back to them, among other things but I'm done with worrying about what my mother says. I'm not at this stage going to completely cut her off or say she can't see her future grandchild, but our relationship is definitely strained. And I'm not saying it to be the case in this one, but we've covered a couple of stories recently, in fact, you know, where mothers or mother-in-laws, their behavior is completely switched and it ended up being much more than that person just being narcissistic or spiteful or anything like that and there was a medical issue behind it. I'm not saying that's the case in this one, but it certainly did pop into my mind as I was reading through it, you know, to be telling people that, you know, she tore the card up and sent it back to them after generally being completely, you know, fine about the situation before. Well, not completely fine, but, you know, not crazy level behavior. So I do wonder if that would be something to look out for. And imagine when... When mum finds out about her being pregnant, 
Holy moly, I've got a feeling we're not going to see the end of this one just yet. I think there could be future updates on that. But for now, I think OP dealt with it in the best way they can. The only way they can in some ways, you know. Dad is seeing the behavior is slightly strange as well and visiting them separate. And it was much like another story we covered just recently. Sort of a fairly similar situation. But I'm going to turn this one to you guys and see what your thoughts are on the situation. As always, I would love to hear them if you have a moment in your day to share them. It's titled, My 26 Female Mums 54 Female Plan to Surprise My Dad 55 Male With a Divorce Is Kind of Cruel. My parents have been married for almost 30 years. Their marriage is not great. My dad's the kind of person who will come home from work and get angry that there isn't dinner on the table. Growing up, my dad never treated my mother like an equal. She was expected to do all the housework and look after the children and dote on her husband at all times. My parents have been empty nesting for a few years now. I have one younger sister and we're both out of the house and have our own lives. Neither of us kids have particularly liked our dad. Like, we love him in the way that you love family and we are grateful that he provided for us and helped us pay for college. But my dad is an asshole who treats my mum poorly and I never respected him for this. I recently got brunch with my mother and she dropped some pretty heavy news. She's planning on divorcing my father. I was honestly relieved and happy for her that she's finally doing this, but her plan to do so is rather troubling. My parents are Chinese immigrants. My dad's best friend growing up, Daniel, and his family have been saving for a trip to the US for years. They will be visiting my parents over Christmas. My dad naturally put the burden of this whole trip on my mother. He told her to organize their whole vacation, planning meals, reservations, activities, etc. Basically, my mum is expected to be the complete tour guide and handle all the stress and organization of their visit, including picking them up from the airport. Well, my dad just gets to hang out with a childhood friend and not deal with anything. My mum doesn't even know these people. Apparently, however, this was the last straw for my mum. She is retaliating. She has only been pretending to organize this trip and faked a bunch of reservations and stuff to appease my dad. My dad thinks everything is organized and Daniel's family is being completely taken care of. Her plan instead is to serve him with divorce papers the day she is supposed to pick up Daniel's family from the airport. My dad will be out of town on a business trip until the day Daniel arrives, so she will be moved out by then. Daniel's family will be stranded at the airport and my dad will come home to an empty house and no family. While I support the divorce, I can't help but feel this plan is a little too cruel. She can be as vindictive towards my father as she wants, but to drag another family into this seems unfair. My dad completely deserves this, but Daniel didn't do anything, and his family doesn't deserve to fly into the US and face this level of commotion. Is it my place to say anything? I voiced to my mother my concerns, and she was basically like, fuck it and fuck him. I barely talk to my father, but I don't know who I should reach out to or who I can talk some sense into. My dad has never been violent towards my mum or anything, but I'm also nervous about what would happen if I told my father the truth before my mum had a chance to gather herself and move out of the house without him being present. It just seems like an explosive argument waiting to happen. Wow, wow, wow. And we do have an update on what happens in the story. I haven't read it myself yet. As I said, I like to read along with you guys at the same time. And the thing that was going through my head is, you know, you said you're finding it incredibly cruel. But I'm wondering what mum has been through with father 
to make her feel this way, to feel so strongly like, you know, fuck him and fuck them or whatever, you know, fuck the situation, I don't care anymore kind of thing. For her to be so done with it, this is how she's feeling. And, you know, whilst I don't agree with leaving a family in the dust like that, it did leave me questioning how the mum is feeling in this. And I'm sure we're about to find out very soon. But we're going to cover a couple of the comments, then move on to the update. Your Franks who says, propose an alternative idea serve him divorce papers right before he leaves on his business trip like as she drops him off at the airport she can immediately leave and wait for him to go on his trip make his professional interactions agonizing so he loses faith in front of his co-workers make him scramble to plan the trip himself or tell his friends to cancel this still shames the hell out of him what she wants while making it less terrible on this random family but he will still have to explain so he will still lose faith in the process which is also what she wants be at home when she drops him off to help her get the fuck out as soon as possible and pack while she's driving him to the airport. Your participation in exchange for sparing this random family. I mean, it's not the most dignified plan, but it gets shit done without involving this random family as much, which is what your worry seems to be. Infinite Cobweb says OP does not need to play substitute wife and organize events. I keep seeing this in the responses and it's a really bad idea. If OP's father gets the idea that he can call on her to arrange things for him, it opens the door to an expectation of OP maintaining his house and life just like OP's mother did. OP should stay out of the events. Her parents' relationship is theirs to manage. OP's father is an adult and can make alternative arrangements himself. Fargirl says this, I've seen my family have these exact type of relationships. My aunt has a husband exactly like the dad here. My aunt always has to leave events or fun things we were doing just to cook the asshole dinner or she would be screamed at for hours. If my aunt was sick, hurt or out of town, he would make his daughter do everything. Go mum. Being treated like a lowlife servant with no respect for 30 plus years, she was waiting until you were all up, out and established before getting out. She took a 30 year bullet for you guys, probably after realizing what a horrible decision she made marrying or getting knocked up by this asshole and made the best of it for you. That woman deserves some respect. Curious A. Crane says, do not get involved with your mum's plan. Seriously, just because he didn't abuse her physically doesn't mean she wasn't saddled with emotional abuse all these years. And she probably knows that shaming in front of his friends is the best way to get her revenge. Will Daniel feel some discomfort? Yes. Will it be life-threatening or put him in any real danger? No, he will most likely be embarrassed for his friend. I might not agree with what your mum's doing, but I haven't lived through her circumstances with your dad. As long as she's not physically and mentally hurting this other family, I say, let it be. And one more from Nana Leone who says, could you maybe quickly pitch in and do some planning for the visiting family? This is a horrible way for your mum to handle it, but what occurs to me is that she's trying to get out of the house while your father is out of town. She may very well be afraid of him and feels this is the only way she can escape. Now we're gonna move on to the update. So update, thank you to everyone who replied. It's been about a month since my post. Reading everyone's responses made a few things to me very clear that I especially had not thought of before. It is highly unlikely that Daniel's family being stranded at a large international airport in the US would be that big of an issue. They speak good enough English. They have cell phones. They have money. They have my dad's contact information. My mum's decision to wait for him to get his news until he returns from his trip is a strategic one so she can move out calmly and safely. While my father is not physically abusive, he certainly would not let my mum leave comfortably. She doesn't need that stress. 
While some suggested that I step in and take over her duties, others claimed that it was risky for me to take over this role. My father may then just see me as a replacement for his wife. This may set a bad precedent. While I initially found her plan to be cruel, some of you rightly pointed out that surely this act of cruelty pales tremendously compared to the years of mistreatment she has dealt with. So Reddit, I opted to know nothing and do nothing. Here's what happened. Around the time Daniel's family was to be picked up, I get a phone call from my father. I decided, especially since this was the middle of a workday, to ignore it because I frankly did not want to get wrapped up in the commotion. He called again and then sent me a series of texts, demanding to know the whereabouts of my mother. Now, if you recall, my father had been on a business trip this entire week. His first chain of messages and calls was when he had a layover in Denver. He was to be in Denver for three hours before he could get on his connection home. This means that at this point, my dad is aware that Daniel's family has not been picked up because Daniel obviously called my father and that my mother was not answering her phone, but he did not know why. He also called my younger sister who said she genuinely had no idea what was going on, but also lived out of state so was unable to help. I later find out that my sister, who was also briefed by my mother about what might happen so that she wouldn't get caught off guard and she was just playing a fool to help my mother along. I eventually text my dad back saying I have no idea what's going on but I'm very busy at work and won't be able to get back to him for a while. My dad, unable to find immediate answers, told Daniel there must have been some miscommunication. He told them to get a cab from the airport to the house and just make themselves at home until my father could get to them. He gave Daniel the key code to the house, told him to call back once Daniel and his family were safely at home. Here's where things get a bit theatrical. My mother apparently attached the divorce papers to an easel with a nice big divorce label and note and, and placed the easel right at the entrance hall to the house so it's the first thing you see when you open the door. So as you guessed it, who gets the divorce news first? Daniel and his family. Daniel then has to tell my father that my mother is divorcing him. This is precisely what happens. Daniel recounts this to me in private later, which is how I know. But apparently my father went through a range of emotions from disbelief to a fumbling stutter to anger, you name it. This, by the way, is happening while he is at the Denver airport, surrounded by his colleagues. He then has to presumably give some sort of explanation to his work friends and deal with an awkward and uncomfortable plane ride back home. Long story short, my dad was incredibly embarrassed and flustered. He had no idea what to do or how to help himself or anyone. Daniel actually ended up coming to the rescue because he is apparently quite the meticulous planner and had many suggestions for activities and sightseeing. Basically, Daniel took charge of his own vacation, while my dad fumbled around like a lost puppy, just tagging along on their trip while being completely discombobulated. I expected my dad to put on a fast for Daniel and his family and pretend things were fine, but he was unable to do that at all. I think he legitimately and honestly believed that my mum would never leave him and was too much at a loss for words to even be angry. Later on, I stepped in to help out Daniel's family and make sure they were doing okay, giving my dad some time to himself. Overall, while they weren't wined and dining quite the way they probably expected, Daniel seemed like a good and understanding friend and they managed to have a productive vacation. Daniel said towards the end, when the shock had worn off, my dad and he were able to have a little fun. It was probably a good thing that Daniel was around to help my dad through it. As for my parents, in general, they're only communicating through their lawyers. My mum moved out to her own apartment. She hasn't told my father where she lives and I'm completely staying out of it. My mum seems like a brand new person to me. 
I'm incredibly happy for her for being so brave and finally taking charge of her own life. My dad is pathetic and completely helpless. He's been wrapping himself up in his work and eating lots of takeout. I've been careful with my involvement. I will be supportive enough so he doesn't feel completely alone, but I am adamant to not become some sort of caregiver for him. I refuse to answer questions about my mother's whereabouts, but I do express sympathy for her. It's important for me to make sure my father recognizes that honestly, I am on my mother's side and that I never agreed with the way he treated her. That being said, I'm also careful not to antagonize my parents towards each other. I want this breakup to be as clean as possible. And then we have a section where OP answers some relevant comments. Yes, my mum works. She makes less than my dad, but more than enough to support herself. I would say in terms of distribution, my dad probably made around 60% more of our household wealth. My mum 40%. In response to a heavily downvoted comment about how OP's mum needed to take personal responsibility and walk away sooner instead of allowing all this to happen to her. Then says, I'm going to give you some specific examples of why she didn't just leave or take personal responsibility. Because I think your victim blaming tirade is pure crap. Cultural stigma. Even grasping your head around the concept of divorce is such feat when you grow up in China and are raised in a traditional family. When every family you know follows the same pattern of subservient wife and oppressive husband. That mentality dictates your worldview and it is way harder to pick up and leave it dependence. Even when you get over the cultural stigma, you come to realize that this man, your husband, is your only connection out here in the States. You move to the US to be with him and your family. Everyone else you know is back home in China. Emotional manipulation. Do you think abusers behave this way when you first meet them? A classic pattern of emotional abuse is this kind of manipulation, where they are attentive and caring for months, even years before their true colors start to show. By the time you get to that point, each instance of abuse seems like such a confusing and even just one type instance. You can justify it to yourself for years. Trauma. I bet you don't even begin to understand how much it fucks up your mental state when someone you were supposed to love and who loves you back continually treats you like a servant, who yells at you for not preparing dinner, who consistently embarrasses you in public for not complying. One time my mum was out getting her hair done and my dad stormed into the salon and yelled at her for not answering her phone. Children. My mum waited until both my sister and I graduated college and had our own jobs and lives before she even tried to formulate a plan for her own existence. This is a tremendous sacrifice and so incredibly selfless on her part. So you're, some people have no options such as children or people being held captive, but this woman had options. Line makes zero sense. I think you're self-righteous, especially since you hadn't read the post before you started commenting, is completely vile. And I think that last part there, where they went through the cultural stigma and dependence and emotional manipulation, you know, moving to the US with your partner, I think all that information is so incredibly important and shows the mindset of what the person may be going through. And it's not that easy. You know, we read a lot of these stories where people say, you know, just leave the person. And it's really not that simple, is it? When you've been stuck in that position for so long, for so many years, you've got two kids who, you know, you want to raise them and get their own jobs and have their own lives before you can even do anything because you're worried about what hap- what might happen to them. They may be in OP's position right now if OP had left earlier. They may be the ones pandering to father and, and doing all the chores and stuff like that and whatever father wants. And I'm incredibly grateful when people share that sort of information with us as well. 
I think out of every post, you know, we can learn a little bit more about ourselves and, and, and just remind ourselves about what's going on out there all the time with other people. This is happening to other people right now. And whilst we can't do anything for them families right now because we don't know who they are, we can be reminded that it is happening. And it's a start, I think. And before we finish up, let's cover some of the comments that did reply to this update in the end. Limberine says, I'm so happy for your mum. I think you've played it just right. Thanks for the update. I wondered how things ended up going for her. But I'm still hungry says, warning, long story. This is so weird. Had to reread your title and make sure my siblings or my alter ego didn't write this post. We're the exact same age and our parents are the exact same age. And my mum just left my physically and verbally abusive dad last fall. As my youngest sibling left for college, we packed up essentials and disappeared. We had to hurry and move everything in less than a workday. You haul and all in under six hours. So when he came home, our stuff was gone and there were divorce papers on the counter with a letter from my mum. It sounds cruel, but there was no way she could have done this in person and left unscathed. He left us threatening and guilt-tripping voicemails for months and even tracked her down at her work few times, but she always saw his car first and hid. What's much crueler is abusing your wife and kids for 20 plus years and threatening to put a bullet in our heads if we ever told anyone or did anything remotely out of line, which made for very dark and lonely lives for us, for all of us. We went no contact and the first few months were rough, looking over our shoulders constantly and dealing with a fallout with whomever he told his sob story. In the end, we really see this like a new lease on life. My dad doesn't know where we are and we're all breathing so much easier now that we're no longer essentially hostages in our own home. My mum got a new apartment and the furniture that she wanted and eats what she wants and sees her friends and goes on trips with her friends. She has become a totally different person. So much bubblier and happy. Oh, that one almost set me off. Noon Snack 2 says your mum is an inspiration for how well she handled that. I'm so glad you just let it play out. Great update. It also sounds like you set a good precedent for moving forward for your role in this situation. Black Fiesta says, reading this made my desk at work raise up a few inches from the justice boner I got. Best of luck to your mum. There had to be one, didn't there? Code Verity says, I'm happy for your mother that she got out of there, but I can't help but feel for the family. It doesn't matter how well you speak the language or how much money you have. Having to figure out shit like that on the spot at the end of a long flight is crappy. And then being pulled into a messy private business at the end of it that they probably wanted no part of. I didn't know. I'd be so incredibly uncomfortable if that was me. I don't want to be dragged into the middle of someone else's personal business, especially not something like divorce. So yeah, I'm really glad that your mum got out of there, but I still feel sorry for David's family. And one more from TX Blue Jay who says, First, I was thinking that while I was happy your mum was getting out, I was sad for Daniel being put in such an awkward position. Then I read about the easel and I was totally enamored with your mum. What a spectacular move on her part. But again, sorry, albeit much less sorry, for Daniel having to live that moment. Proud of Daniel for negotiating those treacherous waters like a pro, and I wish I could hear his telling of the trip from Hell Tale to his friends in China. P.S. I hope your mum is happy that your dad learns to cope and that you and your sister navigate this yucky situation okay. Now, what do you guys make of this situation? What do you think about mum, Daniel's family? What are your thoughts on it? And I wonder what they're all up to now. Now, today's first story does follow with an update as well from Dash Troop who says, am I the asshole for attending the funeral of my mother? 
I-24 female was given up by my parents as a baby because they were both 18 and had no way to properly care for me. I didn't have a very good life until I got into college off a sports scholarship and, and it was then I decided to investigate my past. I found out my parents were still together, that they had two other kids and a lot younger than me and had overall become very successful in life. I started to feel very resentful and although I almost reached out, I decided that I couldn't. I still kept tabs on them to see how they were doing, how my siblings are and stuff, when I found out that my mother died. I did attend the funeral a few weeks ago. It was a big funeral, a lot of people attended, but it wasn't packed. The thing is, other than my hair being jet black, I looked just like my mother did. So when people were leaving, I got spotted by my mother's hysterical great aunt who assumed I was my mother. I excused myself, but I'm pretty sure I exposed who I was because just a few days ago, my father managed to find me and reached out to me. When we met at a coffee shop three days ago, he apologized for having given me up not reaching out sooner and ended up crying over not getting to raise me. In the first time I saw a grown man cry. He asked me if I needed anything from a car to a place to stay, but I couldn't help but feel like I was embarrassing him. So I said goodbye and left, but I received a lot of texts and voicemails from him since then, asking why I left early. If I'll meet him again, but I don't feel like I can talk to him. Then I got a phone call from a woman saying she was his cousin and my aunt and I should have stayed away because he's inconsolable now and I'm an asshole for choosing a funeral to reveal myself. I feel like my aunt is right because what I've done is brought him new grief after he just lost his wife. Wow, what an incredibly sad run and as I said we do have an update to this post as well. Now to me in this I don't feel like you're the asshole at all, you know. It is your biological mother and you have a right to be at that funeral. And from what it sounds like, it's the the aunt that's raised this issue. She must have been the one to talk to your father who then found you and got in contact with you because otherwise it's a bit of a coincidence that he suddenly starts to track you down now. For then the aunt to get in contact with you and saying you should have stayed away because he's inconsolable now. It's not your fault that you look like your mother and you didn't choose the funeral to reveal yourself. You just attended the funeral of your mum. But I got to say, not the arsehole for you and the father. Aunt is an arsehole in this one to me, I got to say. But I can't imagine what OP is going through, you know, seeing that your biological parents have a new family and, you know, were thriving at that time and after you was adopted. And I'm not saying they're bad for doing that because I don't know their situation. I didn't know their situation when they was younger. But to be OP and then see your family have a new family and, you know, doing well and all this sort of stuff, it's got to bring some sort of resentment towards it, hasn't it, really? But perhaps I'm thinking about this the wrong way. Kano B says, not the arsehole. I feel bad for you and your biological father, honestly. This is just a tough situation. Your aunt should seriously shut up. Motorcycle Addict says not the arsehole. You didn't ask your aunt to out you. She is the arsehole by telling your father. The cat is out the bag now, so I do think you need to communicate and not shut him out. You did kind of bring this on yourself. It's an unintended consequence. By going to a funeral, which was an honorable thing and right to do, you did create a situation where this could occur. I do think you need to see this through. I suggest you try and ignore everyone else and just talk to him and tell him you didn't mean to reveal yourself at a funeral. You just came to quietly pay your respects and now things have escalated. OP replies and quotes, not the arsehole. You didn't ask your aunt to out you. She is the arsehole by telling your father. Then goes on to say, I mean, she just lost her niece and was crying more than anybody I'd ever seen. I don't blame her for exposing me. She lost more than I ever knew. 
then quotes the section where the cat is out of the bag and then says, it's just that I carried years of sadness at being abandoned. The only thing they gave me was a name. When I found out how successful they were, it made me feel even worse. I went to the funeral because I didn't want to have never been in a room with my mother, but I never planned on connecting with anybody. It's why I feel I'm in the wrong here. By going, I took this situation that wasn't about me and made it about me. And I feel like if I back away, I'd be making it even worse. Vet says not the arsehole, you had a right to be at that funeral. You didn't make a scene. You didn't involve yourself in the funeral process. Someone saw you. It's their reaction to you being there that people are complaining about. You have absolutely no control how people are going to react in any given situation. Definitely not the arsehole. As for building a relationship with your father, I do believe he is reaching out to you in his grief since you do look much like your mother. I'm sure he's feeling guilty too for having put you up for adoption. It's up to you whether or not you'd like a relationship with him. But from what I'm getting in your writing is that he's well off now and he'd buy you the moon if you'd give him a second chance. If you're up to owning the moon, you might want to give him a chance, but that's up to you. OP replies saying I don't want his money or anything and I especially don't want people to think I only came into his life for cash. I've never planned on revealing myself to him and now I've taken the situation that was supposed to be about grieving for somebody else into me. I never should have done that. Prudent student says not the asshole, but talk to the guy. He seems really interested in you. Let go of the past and good luck in the future. And one more from Empress Jane, a solo who says no one's an asshole here, but I think you should talk to someone about why exactly you went to that funeral. It sounds like your history makes it hard to let people in, but it also sounds like that may be something you want. It also sounds like you heard your birth father tell you everything you ever wanted 24 years too late. There's a lot to unpack here. It's okay not to do it alone. OP quotes saying, I went because I didn't want it to be like I'd never been in the same room as my mother, outside of the hospital room, I guess. Then quotes, it also sounds like you heard your birth father tell you everything you've ever wanted 24 years too late. There's a lot to unpack here. It's okay not to do it alone. And then says, until I found out who he was, I'd always had some dream that my dad would come and take me from the orphanage. It didn't happen. I don't want anything from him, but now I feel like I came and exploded a bomb in front of him in the, in the most vulnerable part of his life. Now we're going to move on to the update to see what happens next. So update. So I'm posting this because I said I would in a month. Things happened and it's gotten better. The first thing was my aunt, dad's cousin, phoned me like the day after and apologized to me. She told me she practically raised my dad and seen him like he was, made her act without thinking. She told me my dad wanted to see me again and would appreciate it if I would meet her too. I told her how hurtful what she said was and I needed time before seeing her, but did agree to meet him. Fast forward a week ago, I got to meet my dad. I kept rereading everyone's advice and using it to prepare what to say. He was more composed. I told him it hurt me so much to be abandoned and it hurt seeing how successful he was and it made me feel not wanted and meeting him made me want to be forgotten. He told me he never forgot about me and showed me a small baby photo of me he keeps in his wallet and told me he still sees me as his baby even though I'm grown. He told me he and my mum used to cry for me every day after giving me up but they still prayed for me every day even until the end. He once again told me whatever I wanted, he could give me if I'd let him. I told him I wanted no money or anything from him and I didn't intend to reveal myself. 
He told me it was okay if I wanted nothing to do with him but asked I'd be a part of my mum's great aunt's life as she hadn't stopped asking about me since exposing me and gave me her address. He insisted I was always wanted but he always thought I'd been adopted and didn't want to ruin my life and that's something a lot of you said so I was prepared for it. He asked me to forgive him for not being there for me and said he'd do whatever to be my dad. I guess I realized I could push him away or finally have what I wanted. I told him my teenage fantasy that he'd come save me from the orphanage and we both started crying. I'm almost crying too, Jesus. He told me we can save each other and I hugged him and forgave him. Since then, I started seeing him more. Visit my great aunt every other day. She started calling me my baby nickname she had for my mum. My dad also started coming to the gym that me, my fiance and my best friend started after grad. He has been trying to do all the dad stuff I missed out on that we can still do like teaching me how to drive, business advice and stuff. I also finally don't feel so upset over my siblings getting a better life than me. He also got us both into counseling and I've finally been able to talk about all my years in the system before I aged out. He's hosting a New Year's party and asked me to come so I can meet all my relatives, cousins and siblings. And yes, I'm going. So I wanted to thank everybody that prepared me for how he felt in giving me up and how he felt in getting to see me again. I think that if you all hadn't pointed that out to me, I probably would have just tried to stay hidden and wouldn't have finally gotten a dad. Bloody people chopping onions around my computer, gee whiz. What a wonderful update that is. You know, after the first post, I wasn't sure if Opie would want anything to do with their father or this family again, especially the way the, the aunt acted. And it's good that she came back, you know, realized her wrongs and apologized. Didn't double down like we see a lot of times in these posts and just apologized. Admitted she was acting without thinking and yeah, apologized in the end. But I think it was also good that you pointed out that, you know, you did tell her how much she hurt you and and that you're going to need time before seeing her because that's the correct way to deal with things. She does need to realize the hurt she's caused there. And all in all, just everything I could ask for in an update. How about you guys? What do you feel about this one? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to another story. And our next story comes from Judy3453434, who says, Am I the asshole for asking my son and daughter-in-law for a copy of the key to the new house they bought? Two weeks ago, my son, Ethan27, and his wife, Jess30, bought a small one-story house in the town we live in. After settling down, they invited us for a small party for the occasion. We sat for dinner and talked about the house a bit. Me and my husband and Jess continued conversing after Ethan excused himself to take an important call. Jess showed me the original key to the house and I asked if she made copies yet and she said no. I said she should also give one copy to me as well. She looked at me funny and asked why she should. I explained that it's necessary so that it could be used in emergencies. She rudely said, I don't know what kind of emergency that would require you having a key to our house, so sure won't be a fire incident. She obviously didn't seem to have any idea that a fire incident wasn't what I meant and, and I got offended by her sarcasm. I pointed out that it's not just her decision because this is my son's house as well. She smiled at me trying to be polite and stated that only the ones who contributed towards the house get a copy and that I really don't need one anyway also assured me that my son will have the same answer for me. Basically saying, don't bother bring this up with Ethan. He'll tell you the same thing. But I did, and she spoke on his behalf the entire argument, repeating what she said over and over. 
things escalated to her calling me pushy and me telling her she was being unnecessarily rude and disrespectful. My husband and I left in a rush and I felt horrible. My husband went on and on about how paranoid and controlling I was to basically be demanding a copy of the key to the new house. But again, I stated that I was trying to be helpful and taking extra precautions since anything could happen. But he insisted I overstepped and ruined Ethan's and Jess's joy for their new house as well as dinner. I genuinely do not think what I said was out of line and I'm not sure why Jess reacted so intensely. I think my request was innocent. Holy just no mother-in-law, what have we got here? Whilst to me, I leave keys of my place at other family members' houses for emergencies. And I know it's not everyone's thing to, you know, leave family, to leave keys at other family members' houses and stuff like that. But there are times it has come in useful for me. If I ever lose a key, I know a family member's got it. If I leave it somewhere else and I can go to a close by family member, pick up my key, etc., etc. There's lots of reasons it's cut it's benefited me but as again i understand it's not for everyone so i can see some logic to it but if you're arguing about it in this situation so intensely it seems like you got some ulterior motive going on in the background like you want to sneak in the house and snoop about or something like that or you just want some sort of control in their life it's simple as to me that the key should be offered not expected from them so 100 you're going to be the asshole to me in this situation but Electric Moccasin says, my husband went on and on about how paranoid and controlling I was to basically be demanding a copy of the key to the new house and then says, he's right, you're the asshole. Books and Food replies to that saying, it's all about phrasing. Do people offer copies of their keys to trusted family members in case they get locked out or need their plants watered, etc.? Yes, definitely. The key word is offer though. You said to two adults, you'll need to give me a copy of your key which is why you're the asshole, and then you doubled down by continuing to push. Even if you said, hey, if you wanted us to keep a copy of your key for you for emergencies and then left it alone, you wouldn't be the asshole. So phrasing, and I imagine, tone. Spare article says you sound like one of those overbearing mother-in-laws on Just No Mother-in-Law. You had a point about someone having a key, but that someone didn't have to be you, and you should have talked to them together. You should have dropped it once you said no. But instead, you pulled it's my son's house too card and made a power play for your son and which women he'd listened to, which is weird and unnecessary. Then you got offended and had to make a scene. Your son is married and has a new priority now. Leave her alone. You're the arsehole. Dominique Lane says you're the arsehole. It's their house and their choice who gets keys. When she said no the first time, you should have dropped it. Your husband and Jess are right. You are being pushy and controlling and that behavior ruined the dinner. And one more from A. Mick who says you're the arsehole. You don't ask for a copy of a key to someone's house, even if it is your son's. If they offer, fine. But no, you don't ask. It is rude and overbearing. Now, what do you guys make of this one? Do you have spare keys at your family's house? Did you offer it? Did people demand it? What would you do if someone did demand it? It'd make me feel a bit on edge, I think. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to another story. And our next story comes from HopefulCry7158 who asks, am I the asshole for expecting my brother to uninvite my soon-to-be ex-husband and my friends from his wedding? My 34 female brother, 31 male, is getting married in a month. My brother is not friends with my friends, but he knows them by association and gets along with them, and he's invited them to his wedding. My soon-to-be ex is also invited. He was invited anyway before I found out certain stuff. 
My husband and I have known each other since high school and we shared the same friend group. His friends are my friends and vice versa. Recently, I found out my husband has been cheating on me for four months with another woman and all of our friends have been covering for him. They all knew and enabled him. I immediately filed for divorce. I came clean to my family about it a few days after I found out. They were all shocked and angry. My dad was more focused on my husband cheating, but my mum was more focused on our friends covering for him. My brother was also upset because he was close to my husband. My husband has left home and he's living with his sister for now. Yesterday, the topic of my brother's wedding came up and he was talking about the seating arrangements with me and my parents. He asked me if I'd be comfortable to be seated next to my husband and our friends. I looked at him in disbelief and told him he shouldn't have been asking that question. I'm also upset that he's inviting them after all, especially my friends since they're not his friends at all and he just knows them by association. He said it would be mean if I invited all of them just one month before the wedding and said that he understands why I feel uncomfortable, but he doesn't want to be mean. I reminded him how my husband cheated on me and I got lied on by all my friends who were enabling him. He says he's unaware, but I should not insist on him uninviting them because it's his wedding and he makes the rules. I dropped it and didn't continue the conversation, but am I the asshole for expecting my cheating husband and friends who covered for him to get uninvited from my brother's wedding? I want to highlight that the whole cheating issue is fresh. It's been barely a month since I found out. Now I'm going to put myself in, you know, brother's shoes in this situation. My sister came up to me. She told me she got cheated on by her husband and the friends all enabled it. I would instantly cut those people out. (laughs) And that may be just... And that may be just my thoughts, but it certainly doesn't feel like an overreaction to me to not want these people at the wedding who just cheated on my sister and played her for a fool. I wouldn't want those people there. Absolutely not. I don't care if it would be mean. I'm throwing air quotes up here because what they did is effing despicable. And the brother's attitude in this would piss me off as well. He's just so blasé about it. You know, you you got cheated on, but I don't think it's quite enough to warrant the, you know, uninviting them from the wedding. I mean, come on. It was just cheating, wasn't it? Come on now. Bro, sort it out. Not the asshole to me. Mrs. Jonesy 2012 says not the asshole. I would make this my hill to die on. Brother, it's fine if you want to invite them, but I will no longer be attending. I value my mental health and do not want to spend time with them. I hope you have a lovely wedding. If your brother is choosing people he isn't even friends with over you, then it proves what a terrible brother he is. Also, the fact he was going to sit you next to your soon-to-be ex-husband shows how little he actually values you. Shit, I forgot about that too. Sunflower Shine replies that saying, not the arsehole. OP, take this advice if you take any from this post. I wouldn't even give my brother the choice. Tell him and your family that you would much rather be at home alone than be surrounded by people who betrayed you. And make sure you tell your brother he's on that list as well. If you have the opportunity, get a hotel and treat yourself to a vacation. Turn your phone on, do not disturb and enjoy the day yourself rather than being miserable just because your brother doesn't want to be mean. His refusal to take back the invitation to them shows that he approves of their actions. I'd also go low contact with my brother if he put me in such an uncomfortable situation like this. But I'm spiteful and can hold a grudge for years. Someone who doesn't have enough of a spine to support his sister in a difficult time because he doesn't want to be mean does not deserve to be in your life right now. It is his day, but that does not mean he gets to make you miserable because of it. OP, I'm sorry you're going through this. You deserve a much more considerate brother. Fanula says, not the asshole. He says he doesn't want to be mean, but doesn't realize how mean it is to force you to sit through all of that. 
his reason isn't that he doesn't want to be mean. It'd be something more pathetic like they've already had their table plan printed. And Nia says not the asshole at all. Your brother needs to adjust his priorities. It is worse to be rude to a shitty lying group of people who he's not actually friends with or alienate his sister whom he loves by putting her in an, in an upsetting and uncomfortable situation. In 10 years time, those friends probably won't remember this event, but you sure will. OP replies saying his reasoning was that he and the bride will look like bad hosts if they do that and that they can communicate better with me and expect me to understand than if he simply uninvited those people because they'd talk badly about him and his fiance. Basically, they expect me to suck it up. GemGem04 says, I hope your future sister-in-law takes note of how your brother values cheaters and their enablers, not the arsehole. To which OP replies saying, she agreed with my brother, that's the thing. Jem replies that again saying, she's in for an interesting future, so a lot of people here are advising you not to go to the wedding. How would you feel about staying away? OP says, I would feel absolutely horrible. It's not just about going or not going to the wedding, but about my brother's priorities here. Whether I go or not, he cares more about being a good host and pleasing these people than respecting my feelings about something so fresh. And one more reply from that from Toga Sucks, who says he made his priorities clear. He values these acquaintances more than he values your mental health and well-being. RSVP no, and do not phrase it as not going. I do not feel comfortable or safe around these people after what they did to me. I'm sorry, but I will not be able to attend. If you have anyone close to you still going, make sure they are able to tell people exactly why Groom Sister is not there and can point out exactly which table your cheating ex and his cohorts are occupying. Not the arsehole. Now, what do you guys make of this one? Let me know your thoughts. If you know a sibling was to do this to you after you've been cheated on by not just your husband, but your friends as well. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Throwaway separation. See who says what my 37 male wife, 35 female did during our separation makes me want to make it permanent. And again, follows with an update. My wife and I had been married for six years. We have no children. Last July, tensions were high between us. I'm an essential worker. I work the night shift and sleep during the day while she's at work. She was working from home due to COVID and was very loud. This kept waking me up and making me a very crabby person. So I was admittedly very short with her and she was not accommodating to me at all. As a result, the time we did have together was very tense between us. It's normally a very happy time, but we weren't able to enjoy it at all. We made the decision to do a trial separation, both go to therapy separately and try couples therapy after a few months. As my company was frontline, they offered to put us up in a hotel so as not to risk our families. So I took advantage of this and moved out. I asked my wife for ground rules. My exact wording was, so that I understand this, are we seeing other people during this time? She angrily replied, if that's the first place your mind goes, then maybe it's not even worth it. I want to save our marriage, not give you an opportunity to go screw around. I apologized and assured her that I only wanted to understand where we stood. So over the past year, I've been in therapy. I talked to my boss and got my shift at work changed to the day shift because I realized that the night shift was really taking a toll on my mental health. I've learned to be firm, but open and communicative and not bottle things up. I honestly feel so much better about myself as a person. My wife and I started couples counseling at the beginning of this year and it's been really great for us. We both were open about what was wrong, both recognized the faults that we had and both committed to wanting to make things better. 
we made the decision for me to move back in the next month and bring the separation to an end. During our most recent session, our counselor asked if I had completely broken off any relationships that I had during our separation. I replied, I didn't have any relationships during our separation. We established ground rules that this wasn't about having fun with other people. It was about getting better for our relationship to survive. My wife replied, we never established that as a ground rule. I quoted her words back to her and she responded, well, I was letting you know that shouldn't be your main focus. I mean, if you were just going to fool around with random women and not try to improve yourself, then there was no point in trying to save things. I responded, so you were using weasel words to have things both ways. Did you date anyone? She unashamedly stated that she had slept with seven men during the past year, that it was perfectly allowed and I was free to be with someone else if I chose. She stated that if I didn't want that, I should have clearly stated it. I countered that when I tried to broach it. She got angry and shut the subject down and now she was trying to rewrite history. I told her at that point I need to think if I want to move in again or even try anymore because it's clear that she treated the last year as a free pass to sleep around on me. She says that I need to grow up and get over it. I responded, see, that's where you're wrong. I don't need to do either of those things. I just need to get over you. And after today, I feel that's going to be the easier thing to do. She insists that I'm in the wrong on this and that when you are separated, it's completely understood that you are free to see other people. Honestly, this behavior, the weasel words, deliberately ambiguous statements, and the constant deflection are the things that triggered me to blow up at her in the past. And the fact that this is still happening is just leading me to feel like I need to file for divorce and walk away. Am I making too much of this? I feel like I've made so much progress in therapy, and I know she has too, but I just feel disgusted every time I look at her. I feel like she cheated on me and I get so angry. I don't know if there's any way to move forward with her. She keeps saying she did everything right and I need to stop trying to punish her because I didn't explore while I could. Would I be the worst person in the world for filing for a divorce at this point? I feel like I'm too close to the situation and can't think straight. What the hell do I even do at this point? I've been working for a year to fix my marriage and I thought she was too. Now I feel like we've been working on opposing teams. Now, I just feel in this one, you know, the trust is completely gone. There's no way you're going to be able to rebuild this relationship on there. And I feel like she's gaslighting you in some ways as well, that you did try to establish those ground rules and she just twisted them with, was it weasel words that you said? Something like that. But I'm going to attempt to find some, some relevant replies to comments from OP down in the comments section. And we're starting off with Swansong92 who says, Wow, looks like therapy has just enabled her to use the slippery fancy words to have her cake and eat it too. People like her don't change. Speaking from extensive experience with a mother like her. Please divorce in a hurry and move on. OP replies saying, She did that before therapy. I mean, she has come a long way. She realizes that my frustration at being woken up was justified and that she just needs to be more considerate of my feelings and needs. She used to give me half answers, mumble or answer a question with a question rather than give a straight answer. This would always lead to fights. While she's come a long way and admittedly the weasel words were prior to our separation, she's still using the same justification. I guarantee you if I'd come out and admitted to sleeping with people during our separation, I did not for clarification, she would have immediately said we had ground rules, not admitted to the men she had been with and made me feel like I betrayed her. There's just no winning with her. An OP replied to a deleted user where I can't see their comment, but said, I had no intention of seeing anyone else, so I brought it up specifically to address this situation. If she told me she was going to be sleeping with other people during the separation, I would have just moved right into divorce. 
After she got upset, I said, I'm sorry, I don't want to be with anyone else. I want to know where we stood and what is happening during the separation. I'm sorry for upsetting you. That wasn't my intention. She slept with other people because she left it ambiguous enough for me to believe neither of us would, but also for her to be able to blame me for not being clearer afterwards. Had I not said anything, she would have relied on the other part of her argument, that everyone knows when you're separated, that you see other people. Dr. Asma says, I say leave her, but I'm curious. What did the therapist have to say about it? Opie said, our therapist asked me why I believed that we had established ground rules. I quoted my wife back and said that when I had broached the subject, she became angry and stated that it was the wrong mindset to have for separation. And to me, that was her saying we weren't going to date other people. My wife responded that we had never talked about it beyond her saying that it shouldn't be my focus. We had established ground rules and I just had made assumptions without bothering to state my understanding to her. Our therapist then asked how we could be clear with each other so that we both understand the meaning of what the other person is asking and saying. When she said seven men, our therapist looked very taken back. So now we're going to move on to the update. I've gotten a few requests for updates and as much as I'm embarrassed over this whole thing, I think it helps to get it out. We're getting divorced. Shortly after the big revelation, our counselor asked to speak to me one-on-one. She told me, you need to walk away for your own health. You've made so much progress and so many positive changes. This won't work unless you are both trying and Tina is not trying. This can't all be on you because she'll keep dragging you back down. She told me that she was crossing a line by telling me what to do, but she literally could not sleep after finishing up our session and seeing the look on my face. When I thought about it, she's right. I've been using this time to become a better, more rounded person while my wife has been using it as a free pass to act like a teenager and has kept up the deceitful gaslighting behaviors that plagued our marriage for far too long. When I told her it was over, she broke down sobbing. She begged me not to leave, told me that I could have a free pass to go do what I wanted to get even and swore that if I'd been clear, she never would have touched another man. I have to admit, I felt myself wanting to say yes because for a second, she was the woman I fell in love with again. But it was just a second that I knew would end and would be back to walking on eggshells and playing head games soon enough. I told her we both deserved better than the people we had been to each other and the fact she thought I wanted revenge and still blame me for her actions told me that she hadn't learned to be better. She told me she'd do anything to make it work and asked what I wanted to see from her. I told her that I'd seen everything I needed from her and if she could only be better when divorce became a reality then she hadn't made the progress I believed she had before that session. I served her with papers and I'm moving forward with a divorce. She asked me to please resume counseling sessions, but I've refused. I know it's the right decision, but I feel very conflicted. There's something inside me that feels like I'm doing wrong, even though I know it's the only way I'll eventually be happy. And we'll just finish up some comments on the overall post from Joshua who says, my first time reading this and holy moly, my jaw dropped at the wife's news in therapy. Defo Not A Pirate says, at the end of my marriage, we were seeing a couple's counselor. After one of our sessions, my wife told me, you know, she thinks it's all your fault, right? So I decided to bring that up in our next session. When I told the therapist what she said, the therapist replied, that's not true at all. And wife, the fact that you think that shows you aren't taking the therapy seriously. You both need to work on this marriage. And if you think that only he needs to change, let's switch to talking about how to navigate a clean and amicable divorce. My ex-wife's face turned beet red and she started breathing hard then shot up and walked out of the therapist's office. Filed the next day on the advice of our counselor. 
And one more from Easy Wormet who says, as someone who went through their own terrible breakup with tons of gaslighting, it's complicated. The best way I can describe it is being at war with yourself. Your logical side tells you, no, this isn't right. No, that's not what happened. No, that's not what was said. No, why do I have to fight for your attention? And so on. While your emotional side makes up every excuse in the book for them and you fool yourself into thinking it's just a temporary thing or they get better or they didn't really mean it, the emotional side usually wins. Things like emotional abuse, gaslighting, manipulation and other red flags are much easier to recognize in hindsight. You'd be surprised just how much a person will bend over backwards to make something work with a person they love. Most often, red flags go unnoticed because a person refuses to see them or are simply blinded by love and can't see them. That is not taking into account mental illnesses like borderline personality disorder or a person being a sociopath. That turns everything up to 11 to the point when things finally end. You feel like a shell of your former self. Now, what do you guys make of this story? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to another story. My boyfriend doesn't want to marry me because I'm an immigrant. I, 29 female, moved to the US seven years ago as a grad school student from Indonesia. I met my boyfriend, 30 male, a few months after I moved and we've been together ever since. My boyfriend is a US citizen. After I graduated, we had a serious discussion about where our relationship was headed. I made it very clear that I wanted to eventually get married and have children. My boyfriend echoed the sentiments. I remember asking him if he saw that happening with me because I didn't want to be in a relationship with no future. He told me he loved me and that we were definitely headed in that direction. As of last week, we've been dating for seven years. We've occasionally talked about marriage, but we were both busy with our respective careers. So the timing didn't seem quite right. However, recently, my company announced that there's a chance that my departments will be outsourced. I'm on an H-1B visa, temporary worker. So this means that I need to start looking for a job ASAP if I want to continue staying in the US. Last week, during our anniversary, I brought this up. I asked him if he thought it was the right time to think about getting married, as that will also help sorting out my visa issues. He looked like he was about to vomit. After much prodding, he confessed that he wasn't planning on us getting married before I was able to get a green card, permanent resident in the US. I was incredibly confused because he'd never mentioned this before. His reason was that he didn't want to be used as a visa mule his words, not mine, by me, and that he wanted to make sure that I married him because I loved him and not because it was a ticket getting to stay in the US, which can only happen when I get a green card. It took me a while to process what he said and I asked him if, if he'd be okay to move to Indonesia with me, which he wasn't. I did not react well and ended up leaving because I couldn't deal with what just happened. I am still in disbelief. I started dating him because he was the kindest, most thoughtful and generous man I'd met. I now feel like I've wasted seven years. While the visa issues are certainly a problem, I did not date him with the intention of making him my safety net. I cannot believe that even after nearly a decade together, he doesn't know what kind of person I am. I feel like this relationship is possibly over and it hurts, it hurts so much. Now, I think he's the one who's been the asshole in this. I think you made your goals very clear from the outset and you've been together a decade now. I mean, if you was really going for that visa, wouldn't you have pushed for that a long, long time ago? And sorry, I meant nearly a decade, not quite a decade. I think it was like seven years or something. But as always, before we head on to the update, we're gonna cover a couple of the comments and some relevant ones as well. So we'll start off with Sonic Master XYZ, who says, that's a really messed up thing for him to do. 
If it's not clear to him after seven years that you love him, then there's something wrong on his end. Immigrant status should not matter. It doesn't define you. Helpful Problem 2 says, you know what, this might be unpopular, but I think he just wanted to break up with you anyway, and he just used that visa mule thing as an excuse to do so. Again, I could be wrong, but I'm 90%. He either just did not want to get married or wanted to break up. The visa thing was the final nail in the coffin. You were with him for seven years. Did he ever make you feel like this before? Ain't no way this guy thinks he's being used as a visa mule after seven fucking year relationship. It's just an excuse in my opinion. Manville says, seriously, if you were using him, wouldn't you have pushed for marriage much sooner? Like right after you graduated? Unbelievable, I am so sorry. He is a complete asshole for saying that. I really want to believe there is something else going on and he spoke out of his ass and feels terrible about it, but I don't know him like you do. You need to decide if having a larger conversation is worth having before sending the relationship to the grave. Recyclopath says, you've been with him for seven fucking years and he said that about you. I'd be so disgusted that I don't think I could look at him after that. He strung you along and lied to you for the better part of a decade. ATGF says seven years is a lot of fucking work to pull the wool over someone's eyes in order to obtain a green card. Is someone whispering in his ear? Either way, think about whether or not you can remain with someone who thinks the worst of you, influenced or not. Now, let's go on to the update to see what that says. So, update. A few days back, I made a post about how my boyfriend of seven years didn't want to marry me because I was an immigrant on an H-1B and he didn't want to be a visa mule. I got a lot of wonderful comments and DMs, a few trolls too, but that's expected from Reddit, lol. Because the thread got locked and the post was subsequently removed, because I have a low karma account, I was unable to respond to anyone. I'm posting this update to do that, plus add in some more things that have transpired since. Addressing some of the stuff in the comments. I've been on a H-1B visa for a bit more than two years now. I was on STEM opt for about three years after grad school. I had terrible luck with a H-1B lottery and I got one in the last round. I was eligible to apply in. Getting PR in the US is not easy. I know people who have been here for 15 plus years who are still waiting for their PR. For those of you who DM'd me calling me a gold digger, you guys made me lol. I'm aware of the legalities around sponsoring a spouse for a PR, including the financial aspect. It shouldn't have been a problem for the following reasons. 1. I'm a STEM major who recently shifted into management. I work for a large company and I do quite well for myself. My boyfriend is a teacher and our incomes are not comparable. He earns around 60k, I earn close to 300k. 2. We've been living together for 6 years. We have a shared account to pay for expenses like rent and utilities that we both deposit a large percentage of our salary into. The rest of our money goes into our own private accounts and we don't manage each other's money. 3. Because I'm very frugal, I've saved up quite a bit of money in the form of savings plus investments. If my boyfriend was worried about the legality of sponsoring me financially for 10 plus years, I would have happily discussed moving the money around. I was even considering buying a house so we could have made that a joint ownership thing. The point is, we could have figured it out. I haven't relied on him financially ever and I don't intend on doing that in the future. 4. I might not have considered everything, but you have to note that I thought about the marriage for visa thing very recently. Only when the threat of possibility having to leave loomed over me. This isn't something I thought about in detail at all. Regarding my situation back home in Indonesia, I come from a very religious and conservative family and had a horrible childhood. 
My family doesn't support my career choices. I cut contact with my family when I moved to the US, so they're not in the picture at all. I was on great terms with boyfriend's family. They loved me. Now for the actual update. Here's now my ex-boyfriend. I took a few days to collect myself and then reached out to him, wanting to talk. He agreed. It turns out that he has been insecure about earning less than I did for a while. Apparently, his friends have been poking fun at our relationship, calling me the sugar mummy because I take care of most of the expenses. He never told me this until now. He apparently didn't feel like an equal because of our pay differs so much and started feeling that I was only with him as a quick way to get a PR here. I was speechless. I couldn't believe that his friends gaslighted him into doubting our relationship. I reminded him how he had supported me when I was in grad school, like getting me groceries when I had little money to spare, allowing me to stay with him rent-free in my last year of grad school to help me minimize expenses so I didn't have to take out a loan, letting me use his car when I was attending interviews. I told him that he did them because he loved me and me taking on the majority of household expenses since I started working is my way of paying him back for all the things he did for me back then. He said that he gets what I'm saying, but also that he didn't expect me to start earning more than him straight off the bat. I asked if there was any chance he'd consider going to couples therapy, like some of you have suggested, and he declined because he didn't think he was being unreasonable. He said that he wanted to be the provider in a relationship and that he didn't feel like one in ours. So there's no going back from this unless I quit my job and found another job that paid substantially less, which isn't going to happen. Well, long story short, we broke up. His family is in disbelief. They were hoping that he would propose soon. I moved into an Airbnb for now. A little bit of good news to end this update with. My company offered me a similar role in a different department. However, this is based out of France and there's a small decrease in pay. I've always dreamed about living in Europe and I've accepted this offer. I've signed the relocation agreement and I'll move there in the next eight to 12 weeks. So I don't get this one completely that he wanted you to take a lower paid job just so he could be the provider. Oh my God, what a moron. <laughs> that guy's going to wake up one day and he's going to go, what have I done? <laughs> but Dr. Librarian says, imagine conning yourself out of a happy relationship with a partner who loves you and allows you to be better off financially because your friends tease you about not earning the most. One earth would you not be overjoyed at the possibility of having a happy relationship, plus the bonus of living way above what your means would have been without your partner. I'm so glad this has turned into a positive for UOP, and I hope Europe treats you well. Electronic Amphibian 7 says, never saw your original post, but congratulations. This probably hurts a lot, but you sound like you will always be able to take care of yourself financially, and you're going to fulfill a dream. I hope love comes for you again soon. I don't know you, but I'm so proud of you for making such mature and difficult choices and choosing yourself. I'm a mum too, so know you have mum support in your corner. You'll build the life and family support system you've always deserved. Jane the Queen says, and quotes his family is in disbelief. They were hoping that he would propose soon. And then says, I hope he told them the real reason for the breakup. His ego is too fragile to accept the wife who makes five times what he does and he doesn't want to live a comfortable life with few to no money concerns. I doubt he has. BR Edwards 1031 says, wow, my SO and I work at the same place in the same position currently. Though right now I'm making a little more due to a shift differential. He's perfectly happy for me to make more money than him and would laugh in anyone's face who tried to make fun of him for it, even if I made substantially more. I think you lucked out, even though I'm sure it's hard. 
that insecurity and old-fashioned perspective is nonsense. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be a provider, but to expect your partner to quit their job and make a lot less money so you can feel better is ridiculous. You don't lower other people to your level. You raise yourself up. Now, what do you guys make of this one? How would you deal with this situation? I think Opie handled it the best way possible, really. If you've made it to the end of this compilation, congratulations and thank you so much for sticking with me today. Just a huge happy Christmas to you and just a huge thank you for your love and support throughout the year. It's been absolutely amazing. I'm always very, very thankful because, you know, taking your time out of your day, out of your lives and spending it, listen to me and listen to the stories as well. It's just absolutely incredible. We all have busy lives and things that other things that we need to be getting on with. So just a huge thank you. And hopefully we'll be doing more of the same of it next year as well. And much love to you. Happy Christmas, guys.